It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, October 12, 2015. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Halwani inside our New York City studio. If you're watching us live in the United States, happy Columbus Day to you. I have no idea what Columbus Day is all about. Of course, I'm sure it has something to do with Christopher Columbus. But really, what does it all mean? And why are people not working for the most part? today in America. I don't know. I'm working. I'm here. I'm happy to be here. I can't wait for today's show. Also, happy Thanksgiving to all my fellow Canadians out there enjoying Thanksgiving. Truth be told, I never celebrated Thanksgiving as a youngster. It wasn't really a big deal in Quebec. I'm not sure why either. I got a lot of questions that have been uh, unanswered at this point in my life, and uh, I'd like to know why in Quebec we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Regardless, it's Thanksgiving in Canada, so happy Thanksgiving. If you're off, I hope you're I hope you're watching our show with your family while eating turkey, if that's what you do in Canada. But most importantly, happy seven-year wedding anniversary to my lovely wife, who you saw on this show last week. What a ride it has been from the beginning, and uh, I love her very much. And uh, I can think of no better way than spending our seven-year wedding anniversary than me doing this show right here and her alone at home. All right, what are we talking about? By the way, I, I first have to say, speaking of last week, I feel like I'm still coming down from that emotional roller coaster. I, I can't thank you all enough for the kind words and that video. I mean, Monday night, Tuesday even, I was still whew, very, very, very worked up over it. It was something that I'll always cherish. So again, thank you to Andy Mayer and New York Rick for that. By the way, big week for New York Rick. He's getting married on Saturday. How about that? Actually, no, incorrect. His wedding is Saturday. He already got married. That's how weird of a guy he is. He got married on one day and a year later, it's his wedding. Very strange. We will dig into that a little deeper later on in the show, but we got a lot to discuss on this show. Once again, thank you very much for uh, all the, the kind words, about 300. And like I said, I try to make every episode 300-esque, 400-esque. I try to raise the bar each and every week, and I think this week we have proven that. Very interesting cast of characters joining us this week. What's going on? All right. Around 3.05, John Fitch, who is facing Yushin Okami in a welterweight fight at WSOF 24 this Saturday at Foxwoods in Connecticut, will be joining us in studio. John Fitch returning. He liked it so much the first time. He's back for more a second time around. So I look forward to that. Cody Garbrandt of Team Alpha Male will stop by. Big week for them. He'll, uh, he'll stop by at 2.45. 225, Joseph Duffy, who, of course, headlines UFC Fight Night Dublin in a little less than two weeks. We'll stop by at 225. Joseph Duffy, currently in my hometown of Montreal right now, training at TriStar. 205, Sage Northcutt, Super Sage Northcutt, the rising star that is the 19-year-old Sage Northcutt. He'll stop by to talk about his whirlwind of a week, UFC 192, that whole fight week experience, his amazing debut, all that, and then some looking forward to talking to him for the first time. 145, we'll talk to Travis Brown in his first interview since uh, his, his suspension and, and then his, his suspension being lifted. Lots going on with Travis Brown. Of course, he has a fight coming up in January against Matt Mitrione. Looking forward to talking to him. 125, we're going to talk to Johnny Hendricks about what happened to him at 192 and 1 o'clock as... 
I promised last week. Don't doubt me. Dwayne Ludwig will stop by to talk about all that's going on in his life. Of course, as always, we'll take your questions and comments at around 3.50 this week. So hit us up using the hashtag the MMA hour, leave a question or comment in the comment section below. We are starting earlier this week, 20 minutes early, because we had to accommodate the biggest newsmaker of last week. So very excited that he is joining us. Excited that he's leading off the show. Apropos, if you ask me, we're talking to the UFC bantamweight champion, TJ Dillashaw, right off the bat. He joins us right now via the phone. TJ, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it as well. So Wow, what a week it has been for you. Uh, from what I understand, it was around this time last week, Monday of last week, that you informed some of the, the members of Team Alpha Male that you'll be going to Colorado for your next camp, in particular, uh, Elevation Fight Team. And of course, once this news came out on Tuesday, it spread like wild, wildfire, a lot of takes going back and forth. A week later, given the reaction and what has transpired since, are you still happy with the decision you made? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's no other way I would, I would have done made the decision. I mean, obviously, it's been really tough, actually a lot tougher than I even imagined. I thought it was going to be going over a little bit easier. Um, but you really find out who people, people are when, uh, when you've got to make these kind of decisions. So, so why, why tougher than you thought? What, what happened that you weren't expecting? Um, you know, I thought um, some of the guys on the team would, I mean, actually most everyone did actually take it that way, but I feel that, you know, Uriah took it a little bit harder than I thought he was going to take it. You know, I thought he was going to uh, understand my position and understand where I'm at and, you know, kind of feeling like he almost put me in this position. In what respect? Um, you know, I, I kind of want to, like, talk about the, the, the position I've been put in. Like, you know, I've been stuck in between Uriah and Dwayne Ludwig for this last camp, going back and forth from my training camp, and these guys bickering at each other, and, and making it tough on me, you know. I mean, he brought a coach into Team Alpha Male in my last two years of my career that I learned to believe in, I learned to love, and I learned to, to trust with my career. And then he leaves, and then a bunch of drama happens, and, you know, I'm having to choose where I want to go and who I want to train with. You know, am I not supposed to train with a coach that I put all my, my faith into and help me win a world title? You know, I believe if you go back and look at my fights in the last two years and see how my kickboxing, kickboxing has developed, I mean, I don't all that to Dwayne, you know, I mean, it, it's a very, very tough situation to be put in. So do you feel almost like your hand was forced, like, uh, given what's happened, especially in the last couple months, that you had to make a decision one way or the other, either you're staying with Alpha Male full-time or you're going to Colorado to be closer to Dwayne, but you couldn't keep doing what you were doing for the last couple fights? Um, yeah, I guess so. You know, obviously more in this last week, I was forced into a lot of more, more things than I, than I thought was going to happen. You know, um, my, my plan was I told Uriah, Look, man, like I got a big fight coming up. I gotta, I gotta do what I believe is best for me getting ready for this fight, and that's being spending my whole camp in Colorado. You know, I split it half and half. My last camp, and it was really tough. It was hard to do. You know, um, going back and forth, and uh, I just felt, you know, with the team they have out there, with the coaches they have out there, I felt a little more comfortable with spending my camp out there. And uh, you know, he took it pretty hard, and I, I was actually forced out of the gym. You know, I'm not allowed to work out at Alpha Male anymore because of that decision I made. You know, I, uh, I live in Sacramento. I've lived in Sacramento the last six years, and I've been putting in a lot of work here and helping the guys out as much as possible. I mean, shoot, I teach kickboxing classes on Mondays and, and Thursdays, you know, and uh, that's just not really going to fly with me when I, when I get into camp. And it's tough for someone that I understand that I put my heart and soul into this team as much as I possibly can to kick me out of the gym. You know, like I'm, I'm not allowed to show my face wow. at Alpha Male, which is, which is kind of crazy to me. 
how how have you been handling that? Is that heartbreaking for you? You've been banned from a gym that you've been a part of for your entire career, right? Oh, yeah. So what's that like for you? How do you stomach that? Um, One day at a time, and I don't know, man, it's tough. Super tough. Um, Just know that I'm making the right decision and that I got a big fight coming up, and ultimately that's the most important thing. You know, I I made this decision to train somewhere else. You know, like I said, I didn't think it was going to be as blown up and as ridiculous as, as it is now. Um, but it, it's real tough, man. I mean, especially when I'm best friends with all these guys, you know, not only, not only is it training partners and guys I want to do well in their careers, but guys that I love and care about every single day, you know? So it, it's a super tough, super tough thing going on. How are you with your eye now after that decision? And I, I don't know if you heard it, but I'm sure you've seen some, some quotes, uh, he was on the Stud Show radio podcast, which is an alpha male podcast, talked a lot about this situation. After all of this, in the last five days or so, what's your relationship like with him? Um, you know, I'm just trying to look past all this and understand that maybe his feelings are hurt. But, uh, you know, he kind of put me on blast when he went on that, on that podcast. You know, I'm trying to be the bigger man and not to bring out any negativity in, in what he's doing here in, in Sacramento because it would be very easy for me to do so, you know, especially after him putting me on blast on uh, on such a radio when I went and just talked about the positives of Sacramento and the positives of me moving camps, you know, and then he, he got to get on there and, you know, talk a little crap and, and, you know, throw me under the bus. Uh, I just don't want to, don't want to be that guy and I want to keep my relationship going with him. And the only way to do that is to, uh, just look past it. You know, I understand that his feelings are hurt that I'm going elsewhere, but you know, I feel like he should understand it just like everyone else on the team. You know, I feel it's a little bit more understandable with some other guys on the team and, uh, he's, he's, you know, it's going to hurt, I guess. Uh, I want to continue a relationship with him. I want to continue to be his friend. So I'm just going to be the bigger man. So are you done with Sacramento? Are you moving to Colorado full-time, especially now that you're no longer welcome at Alpha Male? Um, yeah, I'm actually heading today. I'm catching a flight to Colorado to go and find a house to lease out there for the next year. You know, I mean, I'm definitely set out there for the next year. I mean, not saying I'm not going to be in Sacramento at all. I mean, my family lives here. You know, they live an hour and a half from Sacramento. I've created a life here the last six years in Sacramento, so it's not like I'm not going to be here. I'm keeping my house in Sacramento, but I'm not allowed to be in the gym outside of... I'm not allowed to be in the gym in Sacramento, so it's almost kind of pointless to come back when getting better is in the off-season, you know? I mean, you, you, you prepare yourself in camp, you sharpen your tools in camp, you get better out of camp, you know? And so if I'm not allowed to come back here and work out, then, you know, it's pretty ridiculous. I'm, yeah, I'm full-time in Colorado. So, okay, so so ever since this news came out, and I'm sure you've seen it because you look at your Instagram, your Twitter, it's amazing the amount of negativity that has been thrown your way. And a lot of it started with what Conor McGregor said about you. We talked about this on, on my show. And, and now you've yeah. been viewed as this or painted as this Benedict Arnold, this quote-unquote snake in the grass. I mean, a lot of venom thrown your way. Has this blindsided yeah. you? Did you expect, when you knew that this was coming out, did you say, oh, okay, this is going to happen to a degree, but, but the amount in which it's happened, I mean, did that surprise you or were you fully expecting that? Because it's been pretty amazing. So just look at the comments. It's all negative towards you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, it was just, I guess, timing timing is everything, I guess, on that. And it all happens at the time of Connor calling this out. Um, you know, it, it's actually kind of ridiculous for him to call me a snake or a traitor, you know, when the fact that I made a business decision. You know, I feel like that's, you know, like that's like Connor's thing is making business decisions. It's all about business the fight business, you know, and I'm getting, I'm getting told I'm a snake because I made a business decision for my career, 
You know, and that's just pretty hypocritical, hypocritical to me. And now we got all these people believing in what he says. You know, if if I'm a traitor, then I feel like he's even a bigger traitor to his country. You know, he reps Ireland and and he, he's a big countryman, and then he lives in the United States now. He moved to Las Vegas. Why? It's better for his career, his business. You know, and so I hope everyone understands that. Like, I'm just trying to stay on top. I want to become the best MMA fighter possible, and I need coaches to do so. You know, and. Uh, Right now in Sacramento, I'm teaching kickboxing classes. Martin Campman's moving home. We have a great mitt man and a boxing coach, but he's a boxing coach. You know, like We have to coach each other at Team Off Mill right now, and that's a big problem for me. When I've noticed what a coach is going to do for you and how much better it can make you, I need that in my life. So it ultimately is a business decision. I can have these uh, haters out there, but haters are going to hate. <laughs> Dwayne isn't officially a part of Elevation Fight Team, although he lives in the same city, and I know he has a good relationship with Leister Bowling and those guys. If if they weren't based in Colorado, and Denver in particular, would you have not even entertained that thought? Does this make it easier because he's there as well? Absolutely. I mean, the only reason why I even know about this great team is because of going to Colorado. So I wouldn't even have known about Elevation Fight Team and all the great coaches out there if I wouldn't have gone to Colorado. I mean, Lisa Bowling is an awesome wrestling coach and as well as a head coach. And he, he leads by example. He makes everyone accountable. He like, makes you feel bad for missing practice. we got Elliot Marshall teaching jiu-jitsu. Um, Lauren Mandel, one of the best strength conditioning coaches out there. You know, they got an awesome striking coach out there, Christian, that I'll be hitting mitts with. And then Dwayne. So, yes, Dwayne is a huge influence on this. I mean, I was going to work out with Dwayne no matter what. That's why I went to Colorado for my last camp, you know, not even knowing what was out there. I went out there. You know, I just packed myself up and knew that I need to be around Dwayne. He makes me more confident, and I know that I'm a better fighter around him. So, yeah, he's a huge influence on this. When, when Uriah was on this show and spent around 80 minutes or so talking about the whole story between him and and uh, and Dwayne and uh, the falling out, if you will, was was that the breaking point for you? Was that, you know, the, the, the final straw, or was it something else? Uh, I wouldn't say it was the final straw. You know, I mean, the final straw is just, you know, talking to some of the coaches out in Colorado and thinking about my career in the long run, you know, um, that definitely helped. I mean, that, that, that wasn't, wasn't very cool in my eyes. You know, I mean, a lot of it was true, you know, on both ends from what they've been saying about each other, but a lot of it's blown out of proportion too. And, uh, to go on, to go on uh, an 80 minute rant about someone's a little bit ridiculous. And both those guys going back and forth at each other through the media is a little childish. And so that, that, uh, it definitely helped me push me in one direction, but ultimately it's about me wanting the best for my next fights and my career, and I think I'm going to grow more as an MMA fighter with some coaches around me. When you first came out and talked about this news last Tuesday, you talked about it being a business decision and, and, and you getting paid, and who can fault you? You're, you're a fighter for a very short amount of time. you you got to make that money. We all, we all understand that. Uh, since then, you know, Uriah on that show talked about how I think if you dedicated your life to mowing lawn for a year, you'd make the same amount. So, and, and even Brian Stan, while complimenting your decision, said maybe in hindsight you shouldn't have talked about the money because that leads to to uh, other issues. Yeah. Guys, compare. In, in hindsight, you regret saying that, or are you fine with you know putting out the reasons? I, I think a lot of people appreciate that honesty, but it has brought upon these other comments. Yeah, I mean, I don't regret it at all. Um... You know, it's just the, the fact that if I would have stayed here at Alpha Male, I would have put a lot of money in to be my own coach to where I'm getting sponsored. You know, it's all about, it's a sponsorship from, from Muscle Farm that's willing to put some money behind me. Not only money, but to set up my camp the way I need it, you know, to bring in training partners that I need to figure out the best situation for me to be the best fighter possible. So, no, I don't regret talking about it. It's a, 
situation I couldn't pass up. It was on my mind. You know, I'm a very honest person, and I'm going to tell you exactly how it is. You know, I can't really hide any details of what's going on, and uh, I'm in a very fortunate situation, you know, and, you know, Muscle Farm believes in me, and, you know, I want to believe in what they're going to do for me. Are they paying you big money to go over there? No, I wouldn't say it's definitely not huge money, but it definitely makes a difference. Okay, here's what it does. It's pretty much just going to help me pay for my coaching. You know, I still have to pay for my coaches. I still have to do that. It's just helped me do so. It's just, it's pretty much the same thing as getting me uh, a sponsored monthly from someone else. You know, it's, it's helped me figure out my camp and be able to put as much energy into my camp as well. I don't have to, I don't have to go and mow lawns, if, if that makes a difference. Right. To the camp. Uh, you're no dummy. I, I know you see the the comments out there and what people in the media and fans are saying. This is all leading to a fight between TJ Dillashaw and Uriah Faber. Are you open to this fight now based on what's happened over the past week? You know, I didn't think I would be until Uriah started saying the stuff he did. You know, he's the one saying that he's more than willing to fight me, you know. You know? And uh, I thought we were a lot closer friends than that. You know, I put my, my heart and soul into this team, and uh, I thought we were a lot closer than that. So, I mean... He's obviously looking for, I think, a big fight in his career, and I'm. I don't want to have to do it, but you know, I'll be the last last statement on his career if that if that be. But that's not the way I really want to do it. Mm. But but now you know he talked about Dana White asking him twice and and him turning it down. If if you get that call after Cruz that they want you to fight Faber, you can understand why they would want it. The amount of attention this has received is pretty insane. Uh, do you say yes at this point? Um. Yeah. Probably most likely. Yeah. And, and, and given your, your training sessions in the past, how confident are you? Because he knows a lot about you. I mean, he helped groom you into the fight yeah. you are today to agree. Is this a fight you're comfortable as far as skill versus skill is concerned? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, how, how strange would that be for, for you and, and, and with your relationship to the guys? Or do you feel like there is no more relationship with those guys anymore? You're your own. No, there's, there's definitely a relationship with the guys, even with Uriah. I mean, I, I don't want to have to fight Uriah. That's not something I want to do. I love the guys. You know, um, I think I think the in his court. You know, I'm the champion. I have the belt. Hmm. Both in his court, and what he what he wants. I'm leaving it that way. What he wants to do. Um, I want to keep relationships with all these guys. I love them all. They're family to me, not only teammates. You know, there's not one guy in that team I don't like. Even even the guys coming up, we're gonna have they're gonna have a future at Team Alpha Male with all the young guys coming up. They have some studs coming out of that room. You know, it's it's a bunch of iron sharpening iron. You know, I just feel that they could benefit from having some coaches there. You know, they they could benefit from me being around teaching kickboxing classes, you know, which I've already been doing, but now I'm forced out of the gym, which is very hurtful. Um, you know, it's just, I need a coach as well. I can't be coaching everyone else and coach myself. And I just don't understand how your eye doesn't see that. You know, it's, the sport is growing. The sport is, is getting, becoming amazing. There's guys like Sage Northcutt coming in at 19 years old and looking good. You know, like these guys are going to catch up to us and I got to continue to get better. I understand Joseph Benavidez got married on Friday. You were all there. I saw pictures of this photo evidence. What was that like? I mean, I saw pictures of you sort of next to Uriah. Did you guys talk? Did you try to clear the air? Or was it awkward? No, it was good, man. I mean, it's fine. I mean, maybe I guess a little bit of awkwardness. But, no, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, I mean, I, he's making his decision, I guess, maybe strictly off of business, too. Who knows, you know? Um I'm, I'm going to be the bigger man, like I said, and I want to continue a relationship with you. I, I don't want this to be a bunch of drama, you know, so I'm trying to continue life as it was. You know, it was, I had a great time at the wedding. It was one of the best weddings I've ever been to. It was amazing. Are you fully expecting in the back of your mind, given how big of a fight this would be after Cruz, that you're going to be offered this? Um, yeah, I've definitely talked about it, you know, with my management, with my wife. You know, it's probably something that's going to be pushed towards me, I'd imagine. You know, um, 
I guess it's just uh, I'd, I'd imagine Zeus is pretty happy about this. Yeah. Uh, do Do you think that you know? I mean, you can't foresee the future, but it's amazing. You, you still have three months, more than three months before the cruise fight. How are you going to every single interview that you do from now till then? I bet, and it's amazing. The cruise fight is a fascinating fight. Like I said, I think to you uh, last time we were on the show, it's maybe the fight I'm most looking forward to stylistically coming up. And I, I, I would imagine like 80% of your interviews are going to be about this topic. How are you going to deal with that distraction? Um, so that's what I'm dealing with it now. You know, I'm getting everything I want out now. I'm coming on your show now. It's speaking my mind. When my fight gets closer and I get into camp, I'm going to tell them, if you want to ask me a fight about me and Dominic Cruz, I'm more than happy to do an interview with you. If you want to talk about me leaving Team Alpha Mill, I will not do an interview with you. If you ask me that question at all, I will stop the interview. You know, it's just the way I'm going to have to play it. I mean, this isn't about me and leaving Team Alpha Mill. It's like, what about all these other fighters that leave camps to go to different camps to get, become a better fighter? Like, this is being blown out of the water. And uh, if you want to ask me about Dominic Cruz, the biggest fight of my life coming up, by all means, so I'll, I'll talk about it and how I'm going to win this fight. But anything else, I, I will just stop the interview. Why do you think it's being made into such a big deal? Um, you know, maybe just because the fact of how close Team Alpha Male is. You know, we haven't had anybody. Yeah. I mean, I, we've had guys leave, and no one has been the, like the prime group, the prime group of the last six, seven years. You know, I mean, we've all stuck through. We've we've worked through um, some problems and tried to get, figure some things out. That's why we brought Dwayne in. You know, I mean, that's the only reason why Dwayne even came in is because a bunch of the guys met up with Uriah and told me he's a coach. Uriah did a great job of research on who we should bring in, and it was a fantastic thing, you know, and then it turned into this. So it's just, it's just because I'm, I think I'm the first one that, of, of the big name that's, that's leading from the team. Just throwing it out there, do you think part of it has to do with the fact that you're the first champion? Did you ever feel afterwards that there was any resentment towards you? Oh, I didn't. They've done a great job backing me, you know. Every guy in my weight class, every guy on the team has done a great job supporting me, and you know, I actually never felt any resentment. You know, I'm, maybe there is, I don't know, but I definitely did not feel it. You know, they've, they've done a great job staying as a family. Um, you know, I mean, I think just, I, I don't know. I don't know what this is all about. Yeah, and, and of course, I should clarify first, UFC champion, of course, Uriah Faber, decorated yeah. WC champion. But, I mean, it's a big deal. It's, it's, a, it's a much bigger stage, and, and you were the first. That will always be the case. So, right now, you know, you're going to Colorado. Is that it? I mean, are you all packed up, or you're just going to check it out? You're coming back to Sacramento. I, I would imagine Sacramento, not a very big place. You're going to run into these guys. It's, it's going yeah. to gonna linger until I you leave, so. probably, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope I run into these guys. Like okay. I said, I'm famous, so I want to continue to be friends with these guys. Um, yeah, I leave today to go find a house. You know, I'm not, I don't have all my stuff packed up yet. I need to uh, figure out where I'm living and figure out that whole situation. I'm going to go out there and get some practicing in right now since I can't practice here, you know, yeah. other than shadow boxing in my backyard doing whatever. But go out there, practice, find a house, hang out with the team. You know, that's one thing that I, I feel bad about as well is that the guys that started the Elevation Fight Team, the guys that are out there that are already really good, I kind of, I feel like getting overlooked by this, you know, you got the, the Neil Magnes, the Brandon Thatches, the Tony Stans, you know, the guys that aren't even in the UFC that are amazing, one of those sparring partners for my last three or four camps, Corey out there, you know, there, there's so many talented fighters out there that I don't want them to be overshadowed by this drama that's going on, you know, I'm, I'm moving into an established great team, and I'm excited about it, and I'm glad they're letting me come, you know, they're, they're letting me join their team. In the back of your mind, can you understand why Uriah uh, said to you, you can't come to the gym anymore, or, or do you feel like that's completely off-base and unfair? I do think it's unfair. I mean, I can understand where he's coming from. Um, him thinking that 
I have to leave to do what I can because it's not good enough there, you know, that's a, that's a hard truth. You know, I mean, hopefully it lights a fire under his ass and he fixes some things out the most for the rest of the guys, you know. Um, but I do think it's unfair because I've given back, I, I feel, more to this team than he has in the last few years. You know, I'm in there teaching practices when he's not even in the gym. You know, it's funny, he said since he since his whole announcement of me saying I was leaving, he's seen me more at the gym. The only reason why he's seen me more at the gym is because he's been around more, you know. I'm the one putting in all the, the, the hard time there and teaching classes and being there. You know, I'm one of the guys that's in the gym year-round. Um, so, yeah, I, I do feel like it's unfair. I feel like I put in a, a lot of effort to, to make the team better. What about this reputation that you have this temper and that you, you hurt guys and things like that? Is that unfair? Um, I definitely have something I've had to work on. It's just my competitive edge, you know, in practice. Um, I definitely don't do it maliciously. It's something that I'm just an aggressive. Like when I get into sparring, I spar a little bit, a little bit aggressive. I'd say I got blown out of the water. You know, it's definitely a fault of mine that I have, but I think it was hard on a little bit too much, you know? I mean... I'm aggressive. I feel like that's what's won me my world title, though, as well. You know, but I've I've had to control it, and I mean, have to continue to try to control it as need controlled aggression. You know, to bring it out when I need it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The two last quick things, and then we'll let you go, and I really appreciate the time. Um, you know, he, he, he used this term family, and, and actually I do really believe that the alpha male team is a family. Like when you won the belt, it was amazing to look at your teammates react to the win because you can tell there was no jealousy there. I mean, they were so happy for you. Um, do, you mm -hmm. feel, do you feel like that's salvageable at all to still remain a part of that family? Just, so, you know, like... You're part of the sister camp, if you will, and you're still viewed as you know one of those guys. Or do you think as time goes on, because it's all well and good a week later to say you want to be a part of it, but you know how this thing will blow up. Do you think as time goes on, it's just going to be impossible to remain that way? I don't think so. I think as time goes on, it'll make it easier. Okay. At least I hope so. I hope some feelings get less hurt from it. But uh, I would. I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to put my effort in and try to continue to be a part of this family because it's it's helped me in so many ways with just life in my career. You know, there's. There's no way of uh, around it. You know, I, I love these guys. So, um, yeah, I think we'll see that it'll be a little bit easier here in the near future, actually, even, too. And like I said, uh, you know, th this this situation has been brewing for quite some time, and I think anyone leaves another camp and we don't see this coming. It's just a story, a guy leaves a camp. But because of the, the back and forth and all that, it, it's turned into this soap opera, if you will. Is there anything that in hindsight you wish you could have done differently, or is this just the case of a champion somewhat outgrowing his team and, and looking to, you know, remain as competitive as possible, keep that edge, and, and, and go find some, some fresh training elsewhere? Is that all that this is, or is there more to it that you wish you could have done differently that is what it is, is everything you just said the only thing i would have done differently is maybe the timing you know mm. <laughs> you guys before conor mcgregor decided to talk some crap on the on the multi fighter and then all of his minions are going to follow and talk a bunch of crap you know i got a very influential person um he's growing huge he's you know he's smart with his words i think he saw this coming before uriah did he knew that you know i have a close relationship with the coach like that's something you can't pass up, you know, once you get that relationship. I have a guy that works harder at his job than I do, and that's, you know, it's hard to find. Um, so I guess, yeah, just the timing. I would have done it maybe either probably earlier, you know, if I could have. Mm. Okay. So oh, but I was trying to figure out, though. You know, I was trying to salvage what I have as a family, and I was trying to figure out, hopefully we're going to switch some things up. We're going to bring in some coaching, and it's going to be a different situation. So I was trying to hold on as long as I possibly could to this, because like I said, it's a very tough situation for me. Even, for me, even just to tell Uriah that I wanted to do my full camp in Colorado, 
was a really hard thing for me to do, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I wish I was done earlier, but it was hard because I was trying to hold on to something, you know? Last quick thing, uh, was this 100% your decision or did Dwayne try to get you to go over Leicester Bowling, anyone else try to recruit you to leave the team? Oh, 100% mine. Yeah, when Uriah said that Leicester recruited me, yeah. that was kind of crazy because Leicester was the one that told me, uh, like, do what's best for you. If saying that Sacramento is best for you, then you need to do that. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't telling me, it, it was before anything of me being sponsored came into the question, you know, saying that, you know, I need to figure out what's best for me. And do you think traveling back and forth is the best thing? Staying in one spot. And he, he, he liked me as a person. I like him as a person. And he just wanted the best for me. He didn't try recruiting me. It was me making this decision all on my own. TJ, I really appreciate you coming on, especially before your flight. Good luck with the, with the move and, and looking for a place and all that. Good luck with this transition. And, of course, good luck in camp. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, there he is, the UFC bantamweight champion, TJ Dillashaw, joining us a... Emotional week, a hectic week for him, uh, a lot of news coming his way and from his neck of the woods in Sacramento. What a story this has been. And, and like I said, I think a lot of people, uh, as much as there are some who feel like, oh, you know, this is all about mano y mano and martial arts, everyone's attracted to this kind of soap opera, this kind of drama. And it's one that we've been seeing for quite some time. And when you throw out words like family and the references or, or the, 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 uh, similarities to the godfather and all that i mean this is a guy who was brought in by uriah faber and they appear to have had a great relationship and he became a champion he was a part of a very tight-knit team i think he nailed it not a lot of guys leave alpha male and uh and the reason for that is i mean they're just they're just a bunch of good guys that everyone seems to get along and and there's no reason for that they've really developed something amazing from the ground up in a very short amount of time for for one guy to leave and him also being the champion it, it you know it starts to raise questions, and we saw this coming a long time ago. I mean, it just it turned into this this uh, crazy story, and it all came to a head uh, last week. And uh, I can imagine it's it's going to play out for uh, weeks and months to come. Uh, obviously, uh, a part of this story, as we were just talking about with TJ, is Dwayne Ludwig. We had your eye on the show a couple weeks ago, and uh, as I talked about last week, really wanted to have him on. Uh, this week's show, and uh, as promised, here he is, Dwayne Bang Ludwig, joining us on the phone right now. Dwayne, how are you? No good, Ariel. Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate the time, and uh, again, as I said last week, I, I apologize for the misunderstanding. Uh, I, I hate that it had to kind of go down like that last week, but uh, always wanted to have you on and, 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 and talk to you. You know I have a lot of respect for you, and you've been on the show many times before, so I'm happy that uh, you were able to give us some time here today. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. It was just a, it was just a weird, you know, obviously, interview, of course, but something with that in the future, you probably have to have the, the guy on somewhat soon or have that in your mind to have him on somewhat soon before some kind of those allegations that just take place. But either way. Yeah, fair enough. It's your show. Thanks for having me on. And it was good, too, because uh, I got to calm down and, you know, actually look at this in somewhat of a calm manner. So yes. it was better. that. I felt they got blown off, Ariel, but it's cool. <laughs> and you for know, the record, I did have... You had your 200 show or something. 300. I, I got you. Uh, for the record, I did, have, I did have Mark Ramundi call you before I even left the studio to get your side, but I understand everyone wants yes, to come yes, on the number one did. podcast. I, I get that, and this is, uh, this is prime time. You had the guy get yep. some, uh, some quotes for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, so you, where we, yeah, you know, I, I want to talk about the TJ coming out here. You know, it's yes. the best thing is for his career. You know, I think he's going to have dedicated coaches in each field. You know, he's going to have a full-on, you know, space mission coach that's dedicated to TJ. 
You have Leisha Bowling, who's a phenomenal wrestling coach, who is a great wrestling coach for MMA. You know, that's the difference. You know, not just a good wrestling coach, but a great wrestling coach for MMA. And then the Elliot Marshall, who's a great jiu-jitsu coach for MMA. And it's a world-class, top-notch facility, full-on cage, matted area, equipment room, recovery room, therapists on hand. Like, it's, it's the state of the art. So it's definitely in best interest for TJ. It's super unfortunate that uh, Faber kicked him out. I don't think that's quite supportive or being a friend. I think we should all be working together, especially as martial artists. And for anyone to close the door on somebody else just isn't, isn't fair. I don't think that's ethical, but it's his decision. But it's not what's best for TJ or the guys. Should all be working together. When did you find out that he had made this decision, was going to leave the team in Sacramento and move to Colorado? I found out the day... The, the day it was released, I was getting hit up by a whole bunch of people asking me about it. I'm like, what the hell? So I actually didn't know that that was happening, mm. but it's definitely the best decision for sure. I would have liked to keep the bridge open for the Afghan guys to come out here and TJ to go back and forth. I think that's the best recipe. We all work together. But, um, you know, some someone's emotions got in the way, and I think it'll work out in the end. Do you think that... If you weren't involved in this scenario, Uriah would have kept the door open, but because of your relationship with Uriah, that's why he closed the door? You know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I reached out to the guy a little bit before, all this, you, know, well, I, he, you know, he was going on interviews, you know, with you and stuff, so I reached out to him, like, to figure out what the problem was, and, uh, you know, to handle this kind of behind the closed doors, but uh, what's the case? And I was just like, man, like I'm, I text him, like I'm not trying to steer fires. I don't know why he's blowing up, you know, because there was a team being formed out here, and I was thinking maybe he thinks I'm trying to steer those guys. So I text him, like, look, man, I'm not trying to steer your guys. Like, like, like let's just talk about this. And he wasn't having it. He was a bit emotional about it all. So I just let it wash under the bridge. And I kept doing more interviews, talking crap. So I'm like, let the guy just do his thing. And you know, I'm focused on my martial art academy here. I love this martial arts. I got my affiliate business. I got my system, and I'm focused on that. And I know I have a limited time. And, to work with fighters and I only work with specific guys like TJ, Danny, and just a handful of guys I'm going to work with. So I'm not going to be a part of the elevation fight team. I'm just going to do my stuff, but they'll send guys to me and we have guys that want to fight and I'll send them to, to muscle farm, you know, to go work with the elevation fight team. So, and, uh, you know, so anyway, short story, TJ is going to have dedicated coaches in each field watching after him. And then we'll do our network on the side. I'll probably pop in there on sparring days and help out and make sure I keep eye on, on TJ and making sure that I feel we're going the correct direction. So, um, there's not like a, a team up where I'm coaching the fight team. I'm still going to be there for TJ hundred percent, but uh, I'm not going to be a part of the actual fight team itself. Are you hoping, or do you know if any other alpha male members are going to follow suit? Oh, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I wish, I wish there was open door policy like, uh, you know, elevation fight team has, and I have, and, Alphamil has opened our policy to every way except for the champion, which is seems a little bit funny. But uh, and I, you know, I don't want anyone. I think if 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 it would have been like okay, if you leave, then you can't come back. If it was one of those scenarios, then you know I don't know. I actually wasn't I wasn't um, in negotiations when this was all going down, so I'm still kind of figuring pieces out. But you know, in short, this is the best decision for TJ for any fighter that wants to have to be at the top of the sport. You know, they have to have dedicated coaches in each field. I mean, why not? And then obviously being, you know, close to me, I'm, I'm a half hour drive away. Like I'm going to be hands on TJ because all the games that are made, not all the games, but a lot of the games that are made for an athlete are between camps. We don't have all, all the stress and everything that's going on with the fight camp. The games are made between camps. So look how, look how well TJ performed last fight. And that happened with him going back and forth. 
Hmm. And now if I'm just staying here and getting games in between the fights, it's only going to be better. Uh, it's just, I just wish everyone was working together. And, you know, just, that's just what we need to do as martial arts, just work together and not be catty. I think it's, uh, it's you know, it, it'll all work out. When we were setting this up, uh, you told me you wanted to focus on the positive, and, and I definitely respect that. There's yeah. just one question I want to ask you about the Uriah stuff, because I don't need to get into the whole back and forth. To a degree, you've yeah. already addressed that. Silly. But he did throw out you know, accusations of, of, of sexism and racism. Can, can you just tell me what is your response to that? I mean, it, that, that's a big thing to, to well, put I on someone. Have a, yeah, I, I have a problem with uh, seeing women get punched in the face, you know? Yeah. Like, that's an issue. So... You know, I'm, and I'm getting more accustomed to that now as I have some female students and, and, I'm, and I'm seeing it more. But I just, I just still don't really like it. You know, I don't want to see women get punched in the face. And I'm definitely not freaking racist, that's for sure. I mean, my wife's Mexican. It's, that's just, I mean, it's, those are emotional accusations, and I don't even care to bother. I mean, anyone who knows me know, knows how I am. Okay. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Tell, uh, tell some students bye-bye. I just wanted to give you the, the, the opportunity to address that if you want. Yeah, because... I already addressed those two. I'm a fighter and the kids, you know. Fair enough. Me, you know, they reached out to me, which I thought was cool, so that so was good. Actually, I had quite a few people not respond to me, and for sure, like, you know, you can say what you want, but I think for sure it was, uh, you know, it was a little bit blackballed on my response to being, being so delayed. Well, what do you mean by that? I reached out to quite a few people to get a report out, and, and they, I got blown off. Really? Really. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know if that was a request by somebody or not. Say, say it again, sorry? It's sticking, so I don't know if it was a request by somebody or not. Oh. But I've never had a problem reaching out to people before until uh, that happened. But Are, are you... Are you, know, you that's why I know like, the whole fight world is just crazy, man. Like, I'm focused on martial arts and stuff, not fighting stuff, but have we, you know, reserve time for people who, who are worthy, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I I certainly hope that you don't feel like that's the case here. But any, you know, we could go back. For sure, you, for sure, you blew me off for a little bit, man. Like for sure, you did that. You know, like I know you had your things scheduled and stuff, but next time, like you can't have someone come on and you know come off all of the accusations and then not let the other guy talk for two weeks. I mean, if someone's going to do that, you have to have a schedule. Okay, I have these weeks scheduled, but for sure, I'm about to get them on just to be fair, and you have to wait two weeks. It's, but you know, again, in the end result. It, uh, it was better that I got to calm down and not make any irrational or irrational decisions and comments. And I say stupid shit all the time. Fair enough. Well, no, that's uh, I, that, that doesn't bother me. Uh, I read our text message conversation on yeah. the air, so I wouldn't consider that a blow off. Also, because yeah, yeah. I was very much upfront with you, and uh, you know, yeah. you 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 actually came to me after the whole thing that happened in Chicago, yeah. and I said, hey, you said you want to come and show you. I think I've been very open to that. Uh, like I said, the second I left this, actually before I left the studio, I had someone call you to get an article out because I said you'd have to wait a whole week. Yeah, you did. So that was cool. Yeah, so that so was cool. I appreciate that. Is that fair? I don't know if it's fair to yeah, keep saying fair. I blew no, you off. Fair. It's cool. It's not fair to keep You're saying good. that, Dwayne. Well, it's not fair to have someone on the show and talk a whole bunch of crap and then uh, leave them leave them in the hangar for two weeks, you know. But, how, but you, I understand. You, you had a chance to tell your side of the story. How many times are we gonna not on air like this? Like, what don't you understand, man? Like, this is my career in business. I'm always accusations coming at me, and then like, and then you just blow me off for two weeks. Like, so you really I, want? I know. I, I still feel I was blown off, but I understand your side of the story. Okay. Fair enough. Um, okay, so I want to know if you were the one. Did you have anything to do with recruiting TJ over, or, or was it 100% his decision? From day one when I started training him, you know, it's one of those things where we are meant to train together, but I'm not telling him to leave Team Off I'm not telling him to move here. You know, 
it, it think it's the best decision for him. But it's also a good piece of the puzzle is to be able to work with the team also, Team Osmo guys. But it's like, you know, every other top 10 athlete in the UFC, like you're going to get good work, and there's a lot of good guys here in Colorado. But just for the camaraderie and commitment with the guys that he already has, it's good to keep that because they all know each other and they all work well together. But I didn't, I didn't tell him, you know, leave there, come over here. That's not what I told him. Mm. My door is always open to, to the guys to come out here and train. But I'm not telling anybody to leave any team or to join any team. I'm wanting they want to work together, <clears throat> and and the actual lines in the sand, and you got to be here and there. I think that's just BS. We should all be working together as martial artists. From your perspective, how is he handling all of this? We haven't been in contact too much, so I think he's handling pretty well. But uh, you know, having you know your supposed friend close the door on you so you can't be in here, that that's 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 not right. So I don't uh, I don't think he's handling that very well, which I wouldn't handle that very well either. Are, are you are you hoping at this point to try to you know squash the beef with your eye, or do you think that ship has sailed? Yeah, like from the beginning, you know, like I, I, I started with that. I'm like, well, make sure we're cool. Like I don't care whatever I feel was uh, whatever you know I thought I was crying about. Like I'm over that shit, man. I just want to make sure we're all working together. Like, I've been saying that from the start, and it keeps coming out more interviews talking crap. I'm like, man. So just let him do his thing and, you know, let him ride his drama wave. It's just, he just wrapped up in drama mode from being punked on the show from Connor so much. Right. I mean, Connor really got in his head, so he's trying to take out on me, and then it's just overspilling and keeps escalating. It's just time to, you know, pull the brakes on it, man. I think it's, it's, it's not right, and nobody needs this right now. We all need to be working together. I keep saying that. You know, I'll say it time and time again. We all need to be working together. Um, how, how are things going at the gym these days? Uh, my academy's running smooth. You know, I have my martial arts academy. I got a bunch of uh, hard-nosed Brazilians working spinning kicks in the back right now. I got three jiu-jitsu black belts working spin kicks in the corner of my academy right now. And these guys are insane. They're just, they're just all about the martial arts. It's awesome. This is what I love. It's just the, the development of martial arts. This is fun. And I understand you had uh, someone at Glory this past yes, weekend. Sir, yeah, Mr. Wells. He's the one who's teaching the Brazilians the black kicks oh, right wow. now. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, he's a, he's a lifelong martial artist, kicks and black belt from the... Chihon Jokunelmia, and uh, it's cool to have the lineage of the arts in, in uh, one academy. Uh, Want to ask you the same question I just asked TJ? Do you wish you could have done anything differently throughout this time with uh, Uriah or the no, team I had in no general? Communication, you know, the team. No, like we, we all kicked ass together. You know, um, Uriah and I, we had a couple of bumps in the road with our, just, you know, our communications. And uh, looking back on it, I would have made sure that what we talked about was on paper was exactly going to come, you know, to reality and in, in the end I'll accept responsibility and say, I wasn't as clear as I should have been, I guess. So I'll accept responsibility and say squash it all. Let's all be friends and, and work together, man. It's like, I love the guys. I, I, I really love TJ and I'm going to do whatever he needs to make sure that he's going to perform at his full potential for the time he chooses to commit to fighting. In whatever hindsight, he needs help with, man, I love TJ. Do you wish you never did? This job, like, do you no, wish no, you never no. agreed to it in, in hindsight? No no, 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 no. I wish I would have made sure our agreements, that we, what we talked about, what was on paper. No, no. I wish, I wish everything else would have been exactly on paper. I get that. But I'm just saying, because oh, sorry, sorry. it just, in, in hindsight, like, this is brought up, I mean, whether we want to admit it or not, it, it has brought about on, upon a lot of drama, right? I mean, this thing continues it to. It has. It's so fucking stupid. Do you wish you just never took this job to begin with and you'd be no 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 no. i 100 percent glad i took the job I, i'm not saying that at all okay 
That, Where'd you get that from? No, no, I'm asking you. Like, if someone says, you know what, this well, is... Don't even ask that, man. Like, I, I love okay. working with those guys. That's, like, that's like a drama question, man. Now you want drama for your show. Can you not do that? Like, I 100% have no regrets at all for taking that job. We all keep that together. When we work together, look at the numbers. Like, even the wrestling increased by 151%. The knockouts, they, they, everything on that team increased. The only thing that went down is them getting hit or taking down. Those are the only numbers that went down, and those were good numbers to go down. So coaching, my, my understanding of martial arts drastically rose. I understand martial arts at a level now that I never would have understood if it wasn't for the opportunity. So I do not regret that at all. I am super thankful for the opportunity, and I've said that time and time again. And, uh, That's a tremendous they, answer, just, but it's one that I can't, only, I can't find out if only, I don't ask the question. That's all. I'm not the, trying to get the, drama. The only, the only thing that I regret is not being as clear as I should have been in our negotiations. I regret that's my own regret. I don't regret anything that they did. I regret some of the way I handled things because I would have been much more clear in our negotiations. How about that? I'll, I'll say I fucked up. A lesson learned in business, right? Yes, we're, we're not all lesson business. learned in business. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. So where do you go from here as far as uh, your relationship with you Elevation? Know, I'm, I'm, go ahead. Uh, with Elevation, you know, I'm gonna I'll pop in on you know spawn days and, and help TJ and and do my thing, you know, and help TJ on the side and do whatever I need to do to make sure TJ's performing at its full potential. Like, that's my commitment. That's why I'm here on this earth is to teach martial arts and to teach martial arts for those who want to learn, like TJ. Is there any chance you go there full-time since you're so close? No. No way. You're not interested? Never. Nope. Not at all. Why? I'm focused on my academy because the fight world, I've given too much of my soul to the fight world. I'm over that. I have limited time, limited hours in the day for the fight world, and those days are going to go to TJ. But isn't... isn't what you're doing the fight world as well your gym you mean it's martial arts martial arts and the fight world are two separate things how so can you explain that there's combative athletes so there's a lot more honor respect discipline rather than a bunch of combative athletes and they're jumping in the cage to to fight each other you know you know people are fighting for different reasons so i won't put out any uh, allegations of that or but i don't i feel there's a lot of martial arts martial arts in the ufc right now that, that compete and fight but there's also a lot of uh non-martial arts in the ufc Okay. Uh, do you foresee a time they where aren't you're... as ethical? They aren't as ethical and uh, you know just honest. Do you foresee a time where you're completely done with that side of things and you just stay in the martial arts world? You know that that's that's interesting. Uh, you know, oh, so you like that question? question because, that's good. Yeah, I like that question <laughs> because you know it, it all is martial arts, but I'm going to work with people who are martial artists, and that's what I'm best at is teaching high level athletes, right? But that's not necessarily what makes me the happiest. So I'm still figuring out life okay. as we all are. Things change on a daily basis. Don't you agree, Ariel? A hundred percent. Would you say that you TJ agree? is more of a martial artist at this point than some of the... He is, a hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent turning into a martial artist more and more each day. Oh, turning and into... And I'm working on it. So, I'm working on it as well. Yeah, it's not just one day you're martial artist, one day you're not, or there's different levels as well, right? Or you can so, start just, on this side of the fence and, and, and move over to that side of the fence. hundred percent. Wow. And vice versa. Right. Did you see, do you see that being the case with uh, Faber? I, you know, he, you know, he came up from, uh, you know, he's been doing commercials since he was eight years old, so he's, he's been programmed to say what he needs to say when the camera comes on or when the mic gets put in his face. Since he was eight, you know, he's been doing commercials, and, and uh, he's very good at that, you know, and, he's, and because of that opportunity that he, that he gave me, helped me get where I'm at today, so I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he's, just, he's been programmed since a child to say what he needs to say on the camera, he came up doing wrestling and, and business world, so 
He's very cunning and manipulative. I can't even freaking say it. He can manipulate stories pretty well to paint the picture that he needs to paint. Um, one thing that he didn't mention out that when I was hustling all my privates and my sponsors and do what I need to do, I was directly sponsoring his athletes that his management company was actually handling. I was putting money out of my pocket into their pocket directly doing the job that his management company should have been doing. But that doesn't get brought up. Uh, last thing, I think what uh, what sparked uh, his appearance, or I guess his answers on this show, was when you said to FoxSports.com, "I apologize for anything like kind of throwing out this blanket apology." Uh, yeah, like coming- whatever he thinks I'm, I, I did wrong. Like I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just trying to be cool and help each other out and make sure we're all growing. Could could you see why that would rub someone the wrong way? No, like whatever whatever you think I did wrong, I'm sorry. No. Okay. That's but but you, did you understand why some people don't, wouldn't like that as opposed to just being like, I, I, I apologize for this specific thing as opposed to this blanket apology because it may seem like... Well, I wasn't quite sure what he felt I did wrong. Okay. And then, he, he, then he's like changing all these stories and, and manipulating them and putting them in this bad, kind of, you know, pin, trying to pin a bad picture of me. With the, but it worked out for me and because everyone who knows me stepped up and, mm-hmm. you know, did their interviews and their, and their posts and... And I'm not a freaking bad guy. I'm here to help people. You know, just people. It's really, it's unfortunate the way he perceived the events. It's crazy to me. But you know, we all see things differently. Fair enough. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to clear up on on this particular show? Uh, you no, know. you know, I you know, I was thankful for the, that opportunity to work with those level of athletes. You know, just like anyone in, in the UFC at the top ten, they're world class athletes, and you know, it was, it was a fun time. You know, the, that two years of my life was. Uh, you know, expedited the martial arts evolution, and uh, it was very, I'm thinking, very thankful to be a part of that. And, you know, I got to thank GLC 2000, a supplement company that's always been sponsoring me on it. Boss Rutan, you're the man. I appreciate you, Sensei Rutan, uh, and, you know, the team. The team's been awesome. And TJ, man, I love you, buddy. And you'll be seeing him soon. He's going out there today. Yes, sir. All yeah, right. he's doing what he needs to do, man. He's, uh, he's going to have dedicated coaching staff to help him reach his full potential. All the best, Dwayne. Thank you. I'm happy uh, you, we got to clear the air, I think, to a degree. Hopefully no hard feelings on the show today. That's good. Thank you, buddy. Okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, a a not-so-reassuring response there. Not quite sure where the hostility comes from, but uh, look, uh, as I said on the show last week, um, uh, it goes on Fox Sports, puts out the apology. That pisses off Faber, comes on this show. I get my man Mark before I even leave the studio to uh, to reply and uh, uh, to get his reply. And in my mind, okay, I tell you in two weeks we're going to have you on because we have our next two shows booked. How many times are we going to go back and forth? Uh, sometimes, like I said, I get accused of going back and forth too much. This time I try to exercise better judgment and look what happened. So hopefully uh, no hard feelings there. Uh, a story that if anyone if anyone thinks is going away anytime soon, I, I think you're you're sorely mistaken. Uh, this this will evolve into something bigger. That's my prediction. I'm not going out on a limb. Uh, perhaps somewhat, unfortunately, it will evolve into something bigger. We'll see where it goes. And if eventually they will fight, because as you can see, there is a lot of animosity. There's a lot of animosity building there. I guess I should take it as a compliment. I wanted to come on this show so badly. Respect. All right, let's move along. Let's go to our next guest. Johnny Hendricks is standing by. Johnny, how are you? Doing great, you? I'm doing very well. Uh, I, I want to know right off the top, just physically, uh, it's been a little over a week, uh, a very traumatic event. You had to go to the hospital. We'll get into the details, but physically, how are you feeling after what transpired right before UFC 192? Uh, I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, my body's actually starting to respond. Um, 
to everything that I'm doing. Um, <clears throat> so I can't complain on that. You know, I, I'm actually able to start running, doing some physical activity without, you know, tiring out or having to sit down for long periods of time. It was weird. Mm. So, so this is the first time we're hearing from you. Can you tell us from, you know, your perspective, your words, what exactly happened before 192? <clears throat> well, everything was doing good. Um, <clears throat> You know, I was drinking, like, it was weird, like, uh, let's say, I was drinking two and a half gallons a day. Um, <clears throat> I was walking around, riding around 193, which is normal. <clears throat> and then uh, my body just quit. I quit going to the bathroom. Quit is sort of like my body was holding on to everything, which is sort of weird. Um, and then uh, we started doing the weight cut, which I was, you know, I was still drinking two and a half gallons a day. And then all of a sudden, I just hit a plateau um, <clears throat> where I would feel like I'm just, you know, you're getting lightheaded, which is common, you know, whenever you cut weight, which is common. So uh, I wouldn't think anything of it. Um, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, <clears throat> I woke up on Thursday feeling good, it, like feeling really good. I was like, you know, 184. I was like, this is going to be perfect. Lose 10 pounds, wake up on Friday and have to lose an extra three. That's going to work out great. Uh, went and sort of <clears throat> went to did my first session. And uh, in an hour, I only lost like two pounds. I was like, uh, oh, boy. You know, and then that's whenever my body sort of <clears throat> started feeling different. And then uh, I tried to push through it. Went and did another another session of uh, trying to work out, and that's whenever I was like, okay, something's definitely wrong, uh, and I didn't know what it was. I just knew something was wrong. Both both of uh, my left and right side started to hurt at that point, and went to the hospital, and that's when I found out that my intestines were dried up, and I had a kidney stone in my on my right side. And right then and there, were you told you will not be able to fight? <clears throat> pretty much yes um they said that you know you can you might be able to continue uh but he said most likely you're not going to be able to lose any more weight mm. how much did you weigh at that point <clears throat> i weighed 180 okay uh that's what was weird is that <clears throat> and, and you know this is what's even more weird than anything is that even my bad weight cut like right around 173 that's where my body would if, if that's where I really had to push, you know, from 173 to 170, you know, definitely for the title fight. Yeah. Uh, that's where I had to push. So I was like, <clears throat> so being that heavy, like something being wrong and my body just sort of wouldn't sweat. Uh, I was like, okay, something physically is wrong with my body. Uh, and so that's whenever I went to the hospital and that's whenever they said, you're, you're depleted. Uh, you know, the, the way that, you know, of course they can't speculate, but, you know, I might have been able to lose an extra pound or two, you know, but how bad does that hurt my body? You know I mean? Uh, I'm, there's a part of that's sort of grateful that I didn't yeah. continue because it took me a week, you know, <clears throat> it's taken me a week to get over what happened. By the way, and did so, you pass the kidney stone? No, I have not passed that yet. I've oh. been drinking two gallons of water a day. I don't, uh, we have a doctor's appointment on the 18th or 19th to go 
either get it dealt with or to have them help me push it. Are you in a lot? I've I've had a kidney stone, so I I definitely feel for you, my friend. Uh, I'm just wondering if you're in a lot of pain um, because it was incredibly painful for me, but you're a much stronger man and tougher man than I am. Well, you know what it is, is that it just feels like somebody's just poking you with a knife in yeah. the right side. Right. You know, um, <clears throat> I get used to, you know, I've been through so many training camps where, you know, you've broken hands, broken noses, or whatever it might be, you know, um, where you sort of just deal with the pain and you try to avoid hitting that spot, if that makes sense. So, like, I've been sleeping a lot on my left side, you know, trying to do everything I can to sort of stay off keep the pressure off that side so it doesn't feel, you don't feel the pain as bad. What was your reaction when you, you, you had to come to terms with the fact that you weren't going to fight in this big fight in, in your home state now where, you know, there was a lot of buildup, a lot of, you know, buzz for this fight, a potential title shot on the line. Like, how, how did you deal with all of that? You know, um, you, you, whenever you're sitting there and you're, you're in that situation, at first, I'm sitting here thinking, my health, if that makes sense. You know, my body my body was hurting uh, to a point where, you know, like I said, I've, I've heard of many fights, and I've always pushed through it. But that one was different, you know. Um, and you're sitting here going, okay, yeah, a lot of this built up. <clears throat> and, you know, what, what people don't understand, too, is that, I just threw away three months of training. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what sucks more than anything because the light at the end of the tunnel is my fight. That's what I enjoy. That's what I want to do. You know, uh, some people, you know, they might not like the, the end result, but that's my, that's my pleasure. That's, that's, what, that's what gets me through the weight cut and the three months of training is that right there. So <laughs> that sucks. But I also know that you have to take a step back and sit here and say, okay, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, how is my body going to handle it? Because, you know, let's say something ha- or something crazy, I lose that weight, I make it. One body shot yeah. doesn't bring me down. Yeah, uh, and now you're sitting here going, okay, well, I now a body shot brings me down. Then people are going to say, well, okay, Johnny's body's weak for one, two, uh, now instead of, you know, instead of being two fights away, like right now I might be two fights away or one fight away still, you know, I might have to do three fights to get back to where I want to be. Uh, you know, and, and, and those are all the things that are going through your head. And whenever you're in that situation and you know, you want to fight, and, yeah, I want to fight in front of my fans in front of Texas and, and do all those things. That's what sucks more than anything is that you work so hard to showcase what you have. And all of a sudden, you know, the diet that we were on backfires, um, which sucks. But <clears throat> I've learned, <laughs> you know, after this, we did a lot of research. And I was eating a lot of deer meat, a lot of high-protein animal protein, which that's a leading cause of kidney stones and your intestines filling. 
uh, did, had no idea because I usually eat a lot of fish and a lot of uh, chicken. Mm. So I was like, you know, I, I wanted to eat more protein, a lot of cleaner protein, and we, so we focused more on that, and it ended up backfiring. And I think that if I would have eaten more chicken and salmon, I wouldn't have been in this situation. Um, last week on this show, your former nutritionist, Mike Dolce, said that there was a comedy of errors based on what he was told leading up to your weight cut, the final days. Is that a fair way to assess this particular weight cut? No, um, I, I, you know what, you know what it was? I think, I think it, what it was is uh, there's a lot of signs that were telling me that I needed to change up my diet. Okay. And it wasn't my weight, <clears throat> my weight. Like I said, I hit 189 three weeks out of the fight. That's the first time, you know, and I have proof. You know, one of my coaches was sitting there because they were all worried. They're like, oh, we don't know where your weight's at. They're sort of giving me my space. I was like, hey, let's hit 189 then. I can do that. I was walking in at 193, hit 189, and then that's whenever everything sort of started to fall apart. Mm. Uh, I play tennis. I know that sounds weird, but <laughs> I play tennis. <clears throat> and... Uh, you know, and even my coach, he was like, we, uh, you know, we didn't think anything of it at the point at the time, but, uh, now looking back, I understand because I play, I, I go, he coached me Monday and Thursdays and every Monday and Thursday, I would only be able to do like a 10 or 20 minute workout with him. And then I have to take a break. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and <clears throat> you know, after doing research, I find out that the, my, the way I did my the high protein <clears throat> was absorbing all my water. So therefore it was, it was hurting me in, a, in the long run, which again, you know, you're drinking a lot of water, but your muscles hold on to it instead of letting it go because your body is, it, it, I, I don't, I don't know the scientific terms of it, but it, it, it hurts you in the long run. The amount of venom spewed your way in, in, in the, you know, 24 hour stretch between this news coming out and 192 was pretty intense. Do you read any of that stuff? Does it make it worse or do you ignore it? <clears throat> no, you know, I don't read it because, you know, here's the thing. I know, I, Hey, I know there's going to be venom spit my way. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. People don't understand. And they, you know, again, people don't understand is that, you know, <clears throat> they just, they don't get to watch one fight. Right. Well, <clears throat> I don't get paid, okay? And I also did, like I said, I had to give up three months of training camp that I worked very hard, and I was very prepared to fight Woodley. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and then, then the next fight, let's say in probably March, September, March, April, I would be fighting for the title. You know, these people that are spitting venom, <clears throat> They don't, they don't look at that. You know, they only look at what's in front of them at that moment. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and what I say to them is come and try to lose 20 pounds. Don't, you know, I, I have to lose 30 pounds each training camp. Okay. <clears throat> I say, come with me and let's lose 20 and I'll give you a week to lose 20. And how many people can actually say that they've lost 20 pounds in one week? Now, and I do know that this is my job, and that's what mm. makes me different than everything else, uh, different than everybody else, should I say. But 
I also know that, <clears throat> you know, whenever I try to, I, I, I try to use a diet, you know, somebody, a dietitianist or a nutritionist, whatever it might be, um, and I learned a lot of great things. And whenever I did it for the Matt Brown fight, I made 170. That was the easiest weight cut I, I have ever had. Yeah. It, it, considering you make 170, it always sucks. But that was the easiest one I've ever had. So I was like, okay, let's build off of that. You know, I'm always about building. I don't like staying the same. Which, on the diet aspect, I should have stayed the same. I should have changed a couple other things. But on the diet, you know, eating eggs in the morning, I still did that. I should have done chicken, salmon. And what I've learned is now, instead of eating venison maybe twice or three times a day, cut it down to once every three days. You know, try to stay away from the animal protein of venison because it's so, it's so high in protein. Uh, you know, and that's what, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a learning curve. It sucks that I had to learn this way. You know, I wish I, I still had uh, a nutritionist. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that sometimes you got to learn the hard way. And, and, you know, like I said, going from the Matt Brown fight to this one, I was like, dude, this is going to be awesome. Another easy weight cut. I was getting my weight down the way I wanted to. Um, I felt strong. I felt big. Um, I was drinking plenty of fluids. I was like, this is going to be cakewalk. And in return, the time that I'm the, the time that I'm the most confident is whenever it goes the worst. So after the fight, Dana White said that he now considers you a middleweight. What's your response to that? <clears throat> you, know, and, you know, hey, there's a part of me that likes that because I wouldn't have to make 170 again, right? But, <laughs> uh, you know, for me as a, as, a, as a competitor, that's a lot harder road, right? And one day I would like to venture out on that road. But at, at, at this time, I, I still want to consider myself a welterweight. Uh, yeah, I want 170 pounder because <clears throat> there's so much more I can do. There's so much better I can be. Um, and that's what I really want to focus on right now. Uh, sort of lay off the weight, lay off of everything just sort of get my body back to where it was sort of for the Matt Brown fight where it's an easy walk around. You know, right now I'm walking around. I've been waking up at 197. I'm going to stay right around there, maybe a little bit lower uh, in the next week. Now that I can actually start running and doing some exercise, that's what I'm going to start focusing on and trying to get back to where I'm right around 195. Uh, that's where I was, 197, 195 to 198 where I was for the Matt Brown fight. Um, and that's sort of what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a mini weight cut here at the end of this month, uh, hit 180. And if I hit 180 and, and everything's doing great, then that's whenever, you know, I talked to Dana and Lorenzo. Uh, and that's when I'm going to call and say, hey, let's book a fight because I, I want to get back in there. I want to train. I want to fight. And I just want to make sure that it's going to be healthy on my body. And if, and if I, let's say I hit 180 and I go through the same thing, well, then I understand, okay, now, it, now I got to sit here and go, okay, is my body sort of tired of making 170? Uh, that I don't know just yet. 
<clears throat> until I do this mini weight cut and see how my body reacts. And hopefully it reacts good because then I can continue my welterweight sort of run. Have you, have you talked to those guys, Dane and Lorenzo in particular? Because, you know, they said this recently about Kelvin Gaslam and John Lineker, and they had to fight a weight class up. Do you know if they're even going to entertain the idea of you fighting at 170 in the near future? I, I have talked to them. I have talked to them. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, like I told you, it, a lot of it depends on this mini weight cut Okay. at the end of this. So they're um, allowing you to I, do that. They're okay with that plan. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> you know, I talked to them. I don't know if they're 100% keen on it. Okay. You know, I know they'd like me to fight, in which I would like to fight too, but I want to make sure that I make the smartest decision in this moment, uh, if that makes sense. You know, I, I believe that, yeah, like I said, I think I could do good at 185 uh, pounds, but what am I going to do better at? What am I going to be better at? Guys, I'm only giving up like two to three inches. And in some cases, you might be giving up six or giving up six inches every fight mm. of reach. You know, um, and that's the thing is that's all I want to make sure that I, I at, at this point, you know, yeah, I've had, I've, I've struggled, but I've also made it easy. And that's the, that's the downfall is that I made it so easy for the Matt Brown fight. Uh, and going off that, that's exactly how I'm going to start running my camps is, is exactly how I did that fight. You know, uh, the, the way I did the chicken and the salmon and alternated with them and all this other stuff. There's a lot of things I try to improve on this weight cut and it failed. Last question. And it's a two-parter. Appreciate the time and, and candor greatly. Are you interested in reconnecting with a Mike Dolce and if not him, maybe someone like a George Lockhart who Daniel Cormier was, uh, was glowing about, you know, after and before his fight. And if you do fight at 170 next and all goes well, do you want the Woodley fight to, to finally put that one to bed? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind, uh, doing the Woodley fight. I okay. think I was ready for this fight. Uh, and I, I needed, uh, that's what that, and again, that's what sucks is that I, I thought that this was going to be a good fight for me and I was going to be able to move forward from this. Instead, now it's hindering me. And, and you know, it's one of those things that, um, and, and another dietitian, yeah, you know, if, if we, ha if we could rekindle, Hey, that'd be fine. You know, it's just one of those things that now, like I said, now knowing what I know, it's only going to make my life easier and whoever I bring in with me. But you're open uh, to that. That makes sense. You're opening to bringing uh, someone? Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm always, you know, here's the thing. I'm always open for it because uh, I don't know everything, obviously. <laughs> you know, I thought I, I thought I improved on that, um, but I failed. And it's because of my miscalculations. But I want to get back to being the best where I don't have to, you know, I don't like worrying about the weight cut. And when you do it yourself, like I said, this one I wasn't worried about. And it, and it backfired huge hmm. on me. Um, I want to get back to where I don't have to worry about it. You know, and if that's, if, you know, that's where staying at 195, eating cleaner, you know, 95% of the time, all the time, then that's what I'm willing to sacrifice to do what I need to do. 
Again, Johnny, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Uh, happy to hear that you are feeling better. Good luck with that kidney stone. I, I know how tricky it can be. I, I'm sure it will pass quite easily. And, uh, of course, looking forward to, to seeing you back in there sooner rather than later. Was really looking forward to that fight, as was everyone. So just happy to hear that you're healthy and okay and hope everything works out from here on out. Well, thank you so much, and you have a wonderful day, okay? Same to you. There he is, Johnny Hendricks, the former UFC welterweight champion. Wish him the best. And uh, owning up to his mistakes, we'll see where he goes from here. All right, let's move along. Let's welcome in our next guest. The train continues to roll along. We now welcome in Big Hoppa, Travis Brown. Of course, he meets Matt Matrione in January. A lot to talk to him about. He's on the phone right now waiting for us. Travis, how are you? What's up, Ariel? How you doing, man? Great to talk to you, my friend. Great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for the time. So like yeah. I said, you have a big fight coming up, a lot to talk to you about, but I, I want to kind of move in a chronological order here, Travis, because uh, I do believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is your first interview in, in quite some time. Uh, so, so there's a few things that you know I, I'd just like to address, if that's okay with you. Um, of course, everyone knows back in July, July 8th to be exact, uh, you were accused by your your wife, uh, of, of domestic violence. And then you were suspended indefinitely. You have since been, uh, you know, released of that suspension. The suspension is no more. Of course, as I said, you're fighting Matt Mitrione in January. Uh, this is your first interview since, like I said, wanted to get your reaction to that because we really don't know how you've been dealing with that. And of course, you know, how, how you've dealt with the news once it came out, what would you like to say about this accusation? Um, you know, first, I mean, yeah, it's just an unfortunate situation. Um, you know, and the, the, the thing about it is it really showed me the, the support from, from the people that I need to have in my life. And it, and it helped me get rid of like fakes and frauds, people that are around me that, you know, would, would, would turn on me in a second for false allegations, um, and false accusations, um, you know, I, I think people have the wrong idea about the about the investigation that the UFC put on. Um, a lot of people feel like it was a it was an investigation to clear me, which that is the farthest thing from the truth. The whole point of that investigation was to find the truth. You know, and that's exactly why they hired Campbell and Campbell, and then also they and then Campbell and Campbell hired an ex. FBI agent that was in the field for 25 years doing this kind of stuff constantly. And, um, you know, they came out and, and I mean, man, I had them sitting at my, my dinner table. I handed over all my information, my phone, I talked with the guys, um, you know, and that's, that's way more than anything that I would ever, ever have to do legally, you know, but I was willing to, because I know what was said was false and, and was a lie. So, um, you know, the, the results of the, uh, of the investigation, the fact that I was cleared that I'm reinstated by the UFC says enough, you know, I don't want to go into details. I've, I, I hold my dignity, you know, th there's, there's more value to my dignity than to lower myself to talk about somebody that really doesn't have any relevance in my life anymore. Um, you know, and, and, and knowing some, some of the history, some of the, um, you know, uh, her and I were, you know, we, we talked to a counselor for over a year together, um, knowing, knowing her health history and knowing, you know, being a part of the, the counseling who was a psychologist, 
I mean, you know, the things that uh, I would love to feel angry. I would love to feel betrayed, but I can't because she has to deal with these situations on a daily basis. And, you know, again, I'm not going to go into, um, I'm not going to go to the public forum and talk ill about somebody when there's no reason for it. What's it going to do? You know, if I were to, if I were to throw stones at every dog that barked at me, I would never get to where I'm going to wherever I'm headed. And so, you know, that's why I kept quiet during this whole situation is I let it play out. I, I, I didn't want to get involved. I didn't want to get in the way of anything, of any investigation. Um, anything they asked me for, I complied with, I gave it to them and I gave them more than what they asked for. Um, you know, and, and, and so it's just, uh, it's an unfortunate situation, but it's been handled. Um, and I have a fight coming up January 17th. So, um, you know, the results speak for themselves. Just a couple more follow-ups. Uh, and for the record, I think it's, it's important to ask, um, and, and appreciate again, you, you, you coming on to answer them. Have you ever been physical? towards your, your, and by the way, is your ex-wife now, have you separated? I'm, I'm not quite sure where you stand. Yeah, we were, we were, we were separated the week after my last fight. Um, uh, you know, I had, I had to go on some PR tours and she took off to go to back to Florida or hang out with her friends or something. And we just never got back together. I mean, you know, there was obvious animosity before, um, any of that started. Um, I think anybody that knows that's been, you know, that's had an end of a relationship, it doesn't just happen overnight. And then one day you guys are just apart. It's been something that's been happening over a, over a period of time. Um, but no, um, have I ever gotten physical torture? No, absolutely not. Um, you know, like I said, there, there's, there's situations surrounding uh, or there's conditions surrounding all of this that, you know, uh, that that's up to her and her family to deal with, um, and you know I'm back. I'm back to fighting again. The the, the results speak for themselves. Uh, when this came out in early July, and uh, and and your ex-wife posted these photos, I mean, there's there's they're pretty jarring to look at. Did you reach and, and and you're saying you were never a part of any of this? You never laid a hand on her. Uh, did you reach out to her and say, you know, okay, you know, we're and we're in a bad spot, whatever. We're separating. Where's this coming from? Why are you doing this? What are these photos all about? What, what, what's going on here? Did you try to nip this in the bud as quickly as possible? Um, you know, the the only thing that I said is that, uh, you know, Jenna, I'm getting I'm getting text messages from people saying that you had posted something. And she she said something like "fuck off," and all that. And I was, and then from then on out, you know, after after that, some my cousin had sent me the post, and after that, I just have not had any any uh, communication with her whatsoever. Um, you know, she's tried to reach out a couple times over some stuff she left at the house, or um, I don't know, I forget what the other one was, but again, I just I don't have any communication with her. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously since, you know, divorce, all the paperwork is, you know, done and turned in and signed. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's been a process that, you know, we're talking about it now here in October, but it's something that I took care of back in July, August, whatever, and, or June, July, August. And, you know, I've already moved on with, with my life. I'm, you know, continuing to progress as an MMA fighter, as a father, and, you know, that's what I took this, this summer to do is to really focus on my kids and, and on my career and, um, you know, let, let the investigation work itself out. Uh, 
you didn't respond. I, I would look at your Instagram. I would see hashtags, little messages here or there, but you, you, you didn't do any interviews or anything like that. And domestic violence is obviously a very serious accusation. It's a very serious label to put on someone. How difficult was it to not respond and, and B, to see, because I would look also at your Twitter and your Instagram to see what people are saying to you, and people were saying some, you know, some pretty, some pretty nasty comments. How difficult was it to look at all of that? Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's tough. You know, people are gonna be sitting by their their computers waiting for something so that they can chime in on. Um, was it hard to respond respond to those to those people, those kind of keyboard warriors, these guys that? You know, they think they're all tough and this and that. But again, you know, Errol, I already said it. I said it once already, and I'll keep saying it. If I threw rocks at yeah. every dog that barked, I would not get to where I'm going. You know what I mean? That's part of being in the public eye. Unfortunately, not everybody understands that. Um, you know, so some of these people that want to say demeaning things, either the things towards me and my kids and this and that. And, you know, again, if people were to ask questions, not necessarily to me. Um, but they would, they would quickly understand that, that the story just doesn't hold water. I mean, to, to have, you know, to have a, to have a feeling like, you know, I I just want to make awareness of this, but I don't want somebody's career or children affected, man, I'll tell you what, I'm a lot of things. I can be an asshole, right? I can be mean, but putting my hands on a woman is, is absolutely not in me. That goes everything against my DNA as a human being. And anybody that, you know, the, the general public may not have an understanding about me and what I do, how I feel about my children, how I feel about my family, how protective I am over, um, you know, my family and children. Um, you know, and they just see a big guy in a cage that fights that, you know, knocks people out or this or that, you know, they, it's unfortunate, but we live in a society that doesn't educate themselves. You know, they don't look, they don't even click on the heading that they're reading. They just take the, the, the heading or the, um, what am I trying to say? Like the, the headline, the headline, the headline, they're trying to, they take the headline. They don't even click on it. And then they come up with their own, their own understanding of the story. You know, there was a, there was some kind of research done. I think it might've been like New York times or I don't know, some big, some big publication where they put out over their media source, like a headline, like, you know, this generation doesn't read enough or something like that. And when you click on it, what it had was like, this is actually a test just to see if people will actually click on the thing or not before commenting. Well, people had comments like, Oh, I read and da 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 this and that. And you know, just comments after comments, thousands of comments and all this kind of stuff off people that need to click on the headline. You know, and so for people to not educate themselves on the situation and come up with their own conclusion is sad. And that's, and unfortunately, that's, the, that's what social media provides for a lot of these people that are too lazy to go out there and find their own answers to educate themselves. After the suspension was lifted, uh, your ex-wife, Jenna, uh, posted... Uh, that she is going to press charges after all. Is that still to come here, or is there an update on that situation? Um, that never happened. Um, I, I don't feel like it's going to. Um, and again, it just, it just confirms what, why I kept quiet. You know, I would have a hashtag. I had a hashtag for a lot of my posts where it's just like, 
you know, confidence is, uh, is silent, insecurities are loud. Because I, I just don't, I don't feel the need to come out and, and, and say anything. I'm sitting there taking care of my children, you know. I, my kids are asking, asking me questions about it. You know, their friends are bringing it up to them. You want to talk about not, you want to talk about bringing it up in a way that's not going to affect hmm. my family or my career. You did this, it was handled the exact opposite way, you know. And for her, and and for there not to be pre- charges pressed, it just kind of shows the the motives that went behind it all. And that's and again, that that comes from having a knowledge of the history of her history of of, of over the last three years, over you know knowing from what she's told me over the last you know over her lifetime and seeing patterns and seeing this and that, um, speaking with a psychologist for over a year about you know about uh, her and I. It was just one of those things where, man, it, it, you know, I would love to be angry. Again, I would love to be angry and, and be resentful and this and that. But I, but it, but I can't. I can't. In all, in all honesty, I can't because there's, there are situations I have to deal with on a daily basis. But, you know, the one thing that I am at this point is indifferent. And I, and I know you can't even really call that a feeling because that's the kind of the definition is the absence of feeling that's, that's indifference. And so, you know, it's just, I've been moving on with my life over the summer. I've been, um, you know, focusing on something else. I had a, I had a hunt this last summer. Um, you know, I have a fight coming up in, in January and that's what I've been handling. That's what I've been, been putting my, uh, my efforts towards or my kids and my career. A byproduct of this story coming out, has been other stories that you are dating Ronda Rousey. What do you want well, to say about this? You know, I remember, I remember when when I used to date. You know, like back in high school, and you know when you'd be cool, have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or this or that. Man, dating dating is for for children. You know what I mean, dating's for kids. Um, you know, over the summer, through through all the all the shit that I kind of had to uh, shuffle through, that to sift through. Um, you know, uh, Rhonda and I started talking, um, throughout the summer and, you know, I'll say now that, that we are together, um, she's my woman and I'm her man. So there's no boyfriend, girlfriend stuff. There's no dating. Um, we're together. Well, congratulations on that. She, uh, she, but I mean, yeah, you don't need me to tell you this in case you didn't hear it, is a mega star. What, what, what is that like for you? That must be an interesting experience. Right, I mean, to, she's she's one of the most famous athletes in the world. Yeah, you know, and and it's really funny because um, you know we've been we've been training out of the same gym for over a year now, and not once was it uh, did we ever, you know, we talked about it after the after we started talking. It was just like did not once did we ever think about this. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't even a thought that went through our heads at all. Um, and so I've gotten to know her through the gym, through, you know, just all that kind of stuff. So I, I fear for who she is. Um, you know, the fact that she's out there winning SBs and, um, you know, just, I mean, like you said, the, the, the star that she is, like, on the, on the movie screens and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's all, that's all great, but that's not really, that's not who I know her as, hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I know her as one of the hardest working athletes that I've ever seen in this gym, busting her butt on a daily basis, um, you know, and through our 
own personal experiences of, of how compassionate and, and really how much of a sweetheart she really is. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't see out of her, you know, they, or, or they see that, but they don't really get to experience that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, she's a huge star and, and, and that's great for her. And I'm, and I'm happy for her and I, you know, I want nothing to do but to support that um, aspect in her life. Last question on this. Uh, is, it, is it a new situation for you? Is it different? Is it something you're getting used to where you're both in, in, in the same gym? And I've never actually been there, but just from you know pictures and video, I, I don't think it's like the biggest gym in the world. It's not the smallest, but you're still in the same uh, location and you're both preparing for a fight and you're both super you know, focused and everything. Is that something that you have to get used to? Because, I mean, I can't imagine working right next to my wife. I think we would we would get pretty intense towards each other. You know, you know, you know what I'm getting yeah, at, right? Not, yeah, not at all. And, okay. and that's what I mean. That's why it's, um, you know, it's not, it's not weird. It's not something we have to adjust to because we've been, we've been doing that the, whole, the entire time that I was here. You know, I mean, she, you know, she was doing her camps. I was doing mine, um, you know, without, without that thought process going through our head. And, and we're both, when we're in the gym, I mean, one of, one of my, my mentality in the gym is that I'm here. I've dedicated however long, say two hours of my, of my morning to being in the gym and busting my butt. There isn't a single damn thing unless it has to do with a family member, like on their deathbed or something like that, that is going to distract me from those two hours and being focused in that gym. When my coach talks, I listen. When he's working with somebody else, I'm watching, you know, and, and the same goes for her. You know, and, and she's actually been a great example of that, um, of, of, you know, just being ultra-focused and, uh, you know, borderline obsessed with with training. And, um, and and it's not weird at all. Like I said, you know, we, 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 started, we didn't start off, say, you know, interested in each other, and then now we have to work together. It's like we were working together when we were just acquaintances, and next to each other in gym, not a problem, you know, and now it's the same thing. We're just, we're together now. And, you know, we're, we're both able to, um, put that aside for, for the time being and, and focus at the task at hand. So you got your next fight. It's Matt Mitrione. I remember talking to your manager, John Fosco about this and, uh, the way he put it was like, you know, we, we'd love to punch Matt Mitrione in the face. Much respect, yeah. but that's a fight that we like. And I was like, are you speaking for yourself or Travis? He's like, I'm kind of speaking for both of us here. Why is this something that you wanted? Well, you know, I mean, ever since my, my last fight uh, or his last fight, I think, which was in June, I mean, he took to Twitter right away and just started uh, anyway, trying to call me out, trying to, trying to be respectful about it and, and just not letting off the gas pedal. And, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, man, I, I was going through a lot of stuff at the time. Um, you know, I didn't respond at all because, again, you know, I, I'm, I'm dealing with a different situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at this point, it, it looks like he's, he's my next opponent. And, and, you know, I'm not one to ever try to choose fights, you know. Um, when, when Joe Call said, hey, I have this guy on this date, it's like, Joe, Let's do it. Whatever you feel is best. Um, you know, I feel like I have the champion's mindset and that I'm going to fight everybody someday anyways when I'm holding that strap. That it doesn't matter when or where. Um, you know, you just you get me there and tell me I'm fighting this guy on this day and I'm going to go out there and whoop smash. 
Have you watched the Arlovsky fight a lot? I mean, that will go down as one of the greatest rounds in UFC history, period. Have you watched it a lot? And do you have any idea now, around five months later, why you couldn't finish him? You had him, and he had you. It was back and forth. It was just, it was mind-blowing to actually witness that in person. But but have you figured out why you couldn't actually finish him? Um, uh, well... Ariel, I tried my damnedest. I know you did. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I didn't really, I didn't, I haven't actually watched that fight yet. I've seen clips of it. Oh, wow. People post on the internet, and and I honestly, I refuse to watch that fight. And the reason why is uh, is I'm so disappointed in my performance in that fight that um, that I refuse to watch it. I know the mistake that I made. I know that um, you know Andre did a great job and and capitalized on my mistake. And, and, you know, he won that fight and, um, you know, we're in the gym now every single day, just about, uh, fixing, fixing that, that problem, um, growing as an athlete, um, you know, and, and, and continuing trying getting out there and continuing my success. You know, a lot of people, they don't realize that I was thrown in, not thrown. I'm sorry. I chose to be a part of the UFC one year into my MMA career, which is about 18 months into doing any kind of martial arts. Um, I signed with the UFC and I've been on the biggest stage in front of the most people for five out of my six, five years out of my six year career so far. And so at this point, I'm, I'm trying to not make amateur mistakes like I did in that fight. You know, I, I made a mistake and again, he did a great job capitalizing on it and he won the fight. What's the mistake by the way? Uh, just, just in my, in my stance, my footwork and, and okay. how I threw a punch, um, you know, is, is where I made the mistake. Okay. And then, and then not, not being in the sport for long enough to know when to, you know, gather myself again or to, you know, get on my, get on my instincts and just fight back, sit down, you know, bite down hard and, you know, just start swinging. And, and that's what I did, which, uh. You know, that's, a, that's born and bred in me. You know, I'm not running from anybody. And, and, you know, that's part of what makes me an exciting fighter. In hindsight, was it tough? That, I mean, that moment afterwards where you guys embraced and he said sorry and you said don't ever apologize, it, it, it was beautiful. It actually got me a little bit emotional. It just kind of encompassed why I love this sport so much. You can go through that and then have that moment. But in hindsight, was it just really tough to fight a friend? No. It wasn't? Okay, no. all right. <laughs> no, not at all. And, and that's the thing. That's what, you know, some of these guys are like, man, you know, it's like, uh, you know, we, you know, this and that and, and, and whatsoever. It's like, it, to me, it's like, man, I have a goal in my life. You know, Andre, to me, is still a good friend of mine. I still care about the guy. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had love for him and his family for a long time now, and it hasn't stopped. It didn't stop that night, you know? And if I would have won, it wouldn't have stopped. And now that I lost, it hasn't stopped. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing is like, man, this is what we do for a living. These, these guys need to start realizing that, that it's not, it's not about, you know, it's not about personal feelings or, or egos or this or that. You know, I know Andre is a good man and I know why he does this for, I know that he does provide for his family to be the best athlete that he can be. And there's nothing that there's no, you cannot like, all you have to do is respect that from him. So I respect him as a man. I respect him as a fighter, you know, and, and, and for him to come out and put on the, put on the show that he did, um, you know, was good for him. 
on my side of it, I will say that it, it was very disappointing in the, in the, in the fight that I put on, the performance that I put on. You know, I showed, I showed heart, I showed this and that, but I didn't show what I'm made of. I didn't show what I'm capable of. And, um, and you know, that's where I stand with it. And, I mean, congratulations to him. People always say that was the greatest round, you know, one of the greatest rounds and stuff. And I, I tell them that they're full of shit because it wasn't one of my greatest rounds. If you want to see one of my greatest rounds, you know, keep watching my fights. And I'm going to, you know, I'm putting, I'm putting it together. And um, it's going to be a good time. Well, you wouldn't be the first person today to say that I'm full of shit, so I take that back. It was not the greatest round. I look forward to better rounds from you, to victorious rounds from you, <laughs> to uh, to greater performances. Uh, anything in, sport, Ariel. In, sport. In, in closing, and by the way, don't forget, I, I, I saw that you called me out on the basketball court. I have not forgotten this, so if you think that, you know, this is just something that will slide under the rug, it's not happening. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care hey, your background. Hey, I will take you down, don't my friend. Stop. Don't tempt me with a good time. You can, <laughs> you can put me on a team with anybody. I call, first of all, I don't think I called you out. I think somebody called me out. Yes, I think it was John Anik. Yeah, so John Anik called me out. And then knowing my name, you're, I think John even brought you into it, did he not? Uh, he may have. I think he got a little bit afraid. I, I think so, too. <laughs> but then I think because he's, you know, he was talking about Ben Henderson and me and yeah. this and that. And man, you know, like I like I just told you, my instincts tell me not to run from a fight. So I'm ready. I'm ready when you guys are. You know, don't tell me it was a good time. You can give me any teammate you want, no matter you know size, shape. It doesn't matter. I will. You know, I think I think uh, John will be asking to switch on defense here after after a little bit once I put it on him. Well, first things Eric, first. You're going to have to end up covering me. You're going to have to cover oh, me. And, you know, oh, bring it, baby. Just saying, that's a tough task. All right, fair enough. Um, before I let you go, and again, thank you so much for the time. Uh, is there anything you, you, you'd like to add to what we talked about? I know this was, you know, you know, it was a, it was a very trying few months for you, and you kept your, your quiet and everything, but now that you're, you're, you're talking here, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to address or add before we say goodbye? No, man. You know, the the... The thing about it is, um, you know, I'm, I'm moving onward and upward mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's, uh, it was a bump in the road and it's a very unfortunate situation, but, um, you know, the truth has come to light and, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, in a sense, the, the truth will set you free. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, even though it's in the, in the, in the court of public opinion, which, you know, again, people are just headline hunting. And instead of doing their own, you know, educating themselves, and and that's just where we're at. But you know, Ariel, I just wanted to, to appreciate you. You know, to tell you that I appreciate you and taking the time to talk with me and and um, you know, get me on here and and uh, you know, continuing uh, our relationship and looking forward to our basketball <laughs> game uh, endeavor. Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Travis. I, I, I truly appreciate you coming on. I wish you the best. Looking forward to this fight, January 17th. What a great card. That will be in Boston on FS1. Dominic Cruz versus TJ Dillashaw. Great heavyweight fight added to it. Mitrione Brown, that should be a lot of fun. Good luck in training, and we'll talk to you very soon, my man. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, Have a good one. There he is, Travis Brown, stopping by. Uh, interesting stuff from him. We 
like I said, appreciate his time greatly. All right, let's move along. Let's go to the Skype machine. Let's talk to the talk of the MMA world. There he is, a man who now needs no introduction. Perhaps two weeks ago, you had no idea who this man was. Now he is a megastar. He is Super Sage Northcutt, just 19 years young. And this kitchen, by the way, has become somewhat famous because I see you do all your interviews from there, Sage. Yes, sir. It has good lighting. <laughs> it, it, it's beautiful, by the way. Uh, but do you still live Thanks. with your parents? Am I what? Do you still live Sorry. with your folks? Yes. Yes, sir. That's going to that, that's gonna end very soon now that you're uh, this MMA megastar, right? Thank you. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Okay, well. You're very nice. Uh, thank you for the time. Um, I want to ask you something right off the bat that I wasn't planning on starting the interview with, but it's somewhat... Uh, New news, if you will. A veteran journalist by the name of Showdown, Joe Ferraro, uh, reported a couple days ago that you're going to go train at TriStar now. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. That's true. I leave tomorrow morning, actually, to go to Canada. Wow. Uh, now, are you going to move there, or, or, or what are you going to come back and forth? What are you doing in Montreal? Well, really, I'm just going up there to check it out and see how it goes and see if it's fit for me. But like my, my jiu-jitsu coaches right now, Chris Mango and Ted Stickle, Gracie Baja and Katie, they're, they're awesome. But uh, also have school too, so I can't actually go up there and live there. But I'll get to go up there for about a week or so and check it out and see how it goes. Well, you know, I'm from Montreal, so I could give you the tips. It's one of the greatest cities, if not the greatest city in the world, by the way. Oh, really? Yes, that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> did they recruit you, or did you reach out to them? How did this come about? Well, actually, uh, they they mentioned they said that they mentioned something that they. They've heard about my fights, and obviously, I always talk about how George St. Pierre is my favorite fighter. Oh, wow. And I look up to him, so I think it's just, like, perfect timing that I get to go down there and get to train with them and get to meet them, and uh, it's going to be incredible. Have you ever met George? No, I haven't. Oh, my Lord. No, sir, I'm looking forward to it. Are, are, are you nervous? How are you feeling before this big meeting? Oh, no way. I, I'm not nervous. I just... I'm pumped up. <laughs> so I'm super excited. <laughs> now, he, ch he, he goes all over the world. He's traveling. He's training. Uh, is he going to be there? Do you know for sure that he's actually going to be at the gym? Yes, sir. I heard he's going to be there oh my. a few days within the week. So it might be three days. It could be four. Uh, I, guess, I guess we'll get to see. And I'm just excited to see him, even if it's one day. Now, I got to tell you, I've had a lot of MMA managers reach out to me and say, tell me about this Sage Northcutt kid. Is he being represented? Does he have a manager? I feel like you're, you're, you're the, the, the biggest recruit in the sport right now. So, so all these managers who are probably watching this right now, tell them. Give them the good news or the bad news. Do you have a manager? Well, right now, actually, my dad <laughs> is like my manager because he has my best interest. So I guess I would say my dad's my, my manager. But uh, – he, I guess he always has been because he's always looking out for me. So he's also my coach too. Of course, yes. He was in your corner for your debut. Are you, are you fielding offers right now? Are a lot of people coming at you? Yes, sir, they are. So ever since, ever since UFC 192, on the fight and from there, everything's blown up, uh, including Instagram, my Twitter, just all the media, everything, and uh, people coming at you. So I think it's fun. I, I like hearing everybody uh, – and, and get, get, just get to hear and talk to everybody. I think it's a blast. How are you handling it? Is, is it overwhelming to a degree or is it all positive? Well, it's definitely different. And <laughs> sure, it's, it's not overwhelming. I enjoy it personally. But so any of the negative stuff that I might hear or um, I, I try not to ever look at that and I try to block it out. So really, I'm only hearing the positive aspect, the positive side of everything. So it's great. Why do you think... 
your debut was such a big story and more importantly, so well received. Uh, as I talked about on my show last week, I mean, your videos on our website compared to even the champion, Daniel Cormier, you are tripling everyone, if not more. Why do you think so many people are interested in you? Thank you. Uh, I would say probably because it, it could be the fact that I'm so young and I'm the youngest current fighter in the UFC right now, I'm 19. So that could have a part in it. And then maybe also because I could be slightly different from most fighters in the fact that I'm always smiling <laughs> and I'm, I'm having fun. So like when I walked out there in the octagon, I was actually smiling right before they said, okay, ready? And like yeah. to go out there and fight. I was actually sitting there smiling against the cage and just like soaking it all in because I'm having fun out there. So that could be a little bit different too. And maybe the fact that also not only that I'm young, but I'm in school at the same time. So I'm not getting to train full time. And if I did get to train full time, I might be a, a complete, like totally different animal for a lot of fighters that I might go against my opponents. So maybe that could be the possibility also. Are you taking any classes this semester at Texas A&M? I am, yes, sir. Wow. I actually cut back classes a little bit. So before I had, I believe the minimum amount of hours to be a full-time student was 13, 12 or 13, I believe. And I actually cut back a few classes so I could train. And like my fight for UFC 192, that was the first time I truly got to train uh, for a fight. So that was incredible. And then my next fight, I'll have even more experience, more training. So I, I can just keep seeing myself go up and up with the more training and technique I learned. What's it like when you walk around campus these days? A lot of people recognize you, more people recognizing you? Yes, sir. <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> Man, it's, you... it's pretty cool. I like it. it it's awesome. And okay, so when you signed your UFC contract and you found out that you're going to fight in your home state of Texas, did you have any idea that it would turn into this? Or did you think, all right, I'll make my debut, I'll get some local attention, and then I'll build my way up? Did you think in the back of your mind, all right, once these people see me, see what I'm all about, see my look, see my fighting style, it's going to explode? Did you think that in the back of your mind? Oh, thank you very much. Well, actually, I've always known that the UFC is incredible at uh, bringing up all their fighters. They're, they're just amazing. And and getting uh, the fighters out there and known. So, but not this much. I, I had no idea it was going to blow up this much. This is incredible. And I'm sure every fighter would, uh, would like it. And that's what they look forward to. So I've always looked forward to it myself. And I've, I'm sure I've wanted this to happen. So I visualize it. This is, it's, it's perfect. It's happening just like I pretty much thought it would. And even more than I thought. Even better. So it all starts when Dana White and his buddies show up to your fight at, uh, at Legacy uh, for his reality show. And of course, prior, as you've probably seen, they were kind of joking about you and, and then you, you, you knocked their socks off. Did you have any idea while you were fighting that he was in attendance? Actually, believe it or not, good thing you mentioned that. So when I actually was back there warming up before the fight, I had no idea whatsoever he was there or he was even coming. And I know he hasn't scouted or gone to any other MMA leagues or smaller events in like a whole entire year. So yeah. when I was actually walking out there, I heard some news, like some people were going, like I thought it was a rumor possibly, but they go, hey, Dana White's here. He's watching people fight. He's going to be watching you fight, Sage. And I was like, man, this is incredible. I hope that's true. I, I had no idea that he was really there. And then once I actually stepped foot in the cage for that event in Lake Charles, the Golden Oak Casino, I actually saw him through the cage and saw him right there. So here's with Matt Sarah and Nick the Tooth. So that was that was just super cool. So I put on a great show and I finished my guy in the first round and uh, choked him out. And it, it happened. It, I don't think it could have happened any better. It was it was perfect. And I I thought it was just so amazing that he happened to be there at that time yeah. and the odds of that. 
And and what did he say to you afterwards? Uh, afterwards, he said, for, for he knew I was 19 years old and he knew the amount of fights I had. So he thought it was funny that I had my hair spiked up and that he said, look, I just walked out of a tanning booth, yeah. all tanned up, didn't think I could fight. And then he said, uh, I pretty much blew his mind that, that he took back his words from what he thought before the fight and then what he thought after the fight. So uh, within a few weeks afterwards, I got the call from Dana White. And uh, Mr. White said that he liked me to fight on the UFC 192 card. And uh, that was just the best opportunity that's ever happened so far. And uh, of course, took took a advantage of that. And I'm so glad that I got that opportunity and so glad he picked me and saw the talent in me to fight. How did you react to that news? And how did you celebrate that all of a sudden you were on the UFC roster just like that overnight? Well, you know what? When he actually gave me the call, I had already had another fight planned with the league that I was fighting in called Legacy. Yeah. So um, I know some people didn't want me to actually fight, but Mr. White had the confidence in me that I could fight. But obviously, if I would have lost the fight or gotten injured, then I wanted to fight for UFC 192. So I knew that going into my fight, and uh, I finished my guy, and that was actually finishing him in the second round, made sure there's no injuries, no possibility of injuries, and try to minimize those risks. And uh, it, it was just such a huge opportunity. So it was awesome. Considering how everything blew up in, in the week leading up to 192 and you were putting the, the, the media workouts and all that and there was a ton of attention and, 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 and talk about you leading up to that fight, did you feel nervous at all? Like in the locker room, right before you were about to walk out, did, did it finally hit you? Oh my gosh, I'm about to fight in the octagon in front of my people, a lot of buzz. You don't seem like the kind of kid that gets nervous, but I'm wondering if right before it, it, it sort of hit you in sort of an action kind of way. Well, thank you very much. Well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> when, I walked, when I walked out there and I was warming up in the back of the locker room, I was actually watching everybody fight. So I saw um, the first two fights before me up on the screen and uh, Sergio Pettis, Andy Pettis' brother, yeah. brother, and I was just watching them fight. So I warmed up a little bit and got ready, but I was just sitting there real calm. And then after uh, the second fight was done, they go, hey, Sage, you're about to go up there and fight. So I was, I was just ready. I hopped up and I had no jitters whatsoever. And actually, when I actually walked out in there, I just kind of, I love the feeling of everybody watching. So when I, when I walked out there, I was looking at the whole entire audience, just, just soaking it all in. And I personally, it might be different with other fighters, but it doesn't really get me nervous hmm. or really even the butterflies too much. Like, sure, you, you kind of get the butterflies in your stomach before you go out there and and because you just pumped up the fight, but not not the feeling of being nervous, but it just kind of gives me more energy, more more uh, more joy to go out there and do my best. So so the answer would be no. I wasn't I wasn't nervous. Did, <laughs> I was loving it. Did the commission tell you no gel in the hair? They did. Ah, yes, sir. They did. Bad. So, I wasn't used to seeing you with that poofy hair. <laughs> it was poofy. <laughs> did that bother Maybe you? I was mixing it up. <laughs> Did that bother you that you couldn't wear gel for your UFC debut? No, that didn't bother okay. me. I just, I just figured maybe my opponent would fill my hair and be like, man, his hair is really soft. Uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of that opponent, uh, he came in overweight. Uh, he complained about the stoppage. He pushed Herb Dean, Francisco Trevino I'm talking about. What did you make of the way he handled himself? Well, you know, first off, speaking of Francisco Trevino, he's, I would say that anybody, and I'm sure anybody else would say also that Anybody in the UFC is in the UFC for a reason. So there are no slouches in the UFC. If you look at his record, he was 12-1. and 1, And 
the only loss he lost to was uh, Johnny Case. Mm. And he mm. happened to go all three rounds with Johnny Case. And Johnny Case couldn't finish him. And Francisco Trevino, and so he fought me, hasn't been finished, uh, hasn't been submitted, hasn't been knocked out. And he only had that one loss. And I would, I mean, I'm sure anybody would say that Johnny Case also isn't any slouch. He's, he's 20 and 4, I believe. So there are no slouches in the UFC. And the stoppage by uh, Mr. Dean out there, he knows how to stop the fights. He's been in the UFC so long and been around so long that, that he's the best. He's one of the best referees out there. So uh, I believe I believe that uh, it wasn't me stopping the fight. It was him. So he knows what he was doing. You've been given this uh, new nickname, Sage Van Zant, and people comparing you to Paige and her rise, your rise. What do you make of all this? I think it's great. That's super <laughs> funny. <laughs> I like it. You don't mind it? Because... I don't mind it. Paige Van Zandt, she's, she's, uh, she's very pretty and she's very outgoing and always smiling. So that's a huge compliment. I mean, we both kind of look alike. I was sure. saying blonde hair, it's a, smiling. It's, yes, it's a bizarre thing. Yeah. You're like the Ken and Barbie of, uh, of the UFC. Are you okay with that? Oh, thank you, Mr. Helwani. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Some people are saying that as an insult, but you take it as a compliment. That's what I love about you. Oh, definitely a compliment. Absolutely. Unbelievable. What, what, what an amazing thing. And, and your sister is also a fighter. She fights for Legacy Kickboxing, right? Colby, I believe her name is? Colby, yes, sir. She actually hasn't fought recently. She's been focusing on school, but, but uh, it's been a few years since she's fought a little bit. Your success, is that going to get her to, to pick it up again? Oh, very possibly because I think she's getting to see me have so much fun and just she's getting to see everything and how amazing the UFC is and everybody how nice they are. So everybody UFC fight pass. You yourself are incredibly nice and awesome. <laughs> everybody is. So I'm having a blast, and she's I'm sure she's seen that too. Uh, what weight does she fight at, or did she fight at? One thirty five. One thirty five. Very interesting. But she's she's six foot tall and she's lean and ripped up. So she she is a pretty big one thirty five. I would say. Your dad said that you never really watched the UFC fights when they would watch for whatever reason you didn't you didn't like to watch. Is that going to change now? Sure, absolutely. It, it changes. I'm I'm watching as much as I possibly can. Okay. And I do watch when I get the chance to. He just might have thought that maybe maybe I was not getting to because I was doing schoolwork or have to study for projects or stuff like that. So ever since I was in junior high, I've made straight A's. Uh, all throughout high school, I had a 4.0. Straight A's my whole entire time in high school while traveling about every single other weekend to tournaments. And then um, at Texas A&M, I'm in petroleum engineering, which engineering for A&M, it's the number one school in the nation for engineering. Wow. So that, that alone is a huge accomplishment. And uh, that takes a lot of time away from getting to, getting to watch maybe all the fights. And, but I love watching the fights. And it's, it's very fun to watch them. Is it important for you to get your degree you know, in, 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 in the straight, you know, four years time, or is there a chance you might take a break now? Well, since you mentioned that, I actually might take a break. Uh oh. So right now from the first semester, I'm now in my second semester. So first semester I was taking full-time classes and now that I'm in my second semester, I noticed that I'm getting a fight for the UFC. So having full-time classes, it doesn't really work out because there's so much workload and so much studying that you really don't have time to train. So I, I would stay up until two or three in the morning just studying and then I'd have to go get uh, a mile or so and a few miles run and work out the gym super late and try to get my working out in like that late at night. So now I've cut back on the workload and in the future too, 
the more fights I go, you could possibly see me taking a break from school for a year, maybe two years, and uh, we'll see how that goes. And then I think I'd be totally different because getting trained full time, it's it's just going to be completely different. It'll it'll change everything about me. I'll be a totally different animal out there in the ring, and it could be pretty scary for some opponents. Yeah, knowing that I'm getting trained and. I'm so young, so I have so much to learn. Have they told you what's next yet? No, sir, they haven't. They, I, I don't know the opponent yet, but I'm hope, hopefully uh, hoping to fight within the next month or two, and I'm ready to fight any day. So uh, I know there's a super fight weekend coming up in December, and even that, that would be amazing to fight on. And yeah. Just, I'm, it's such an honor to be able to fight for the UFC. So pretty much anytime I get to fight for the UFC, I'm going out there to put my best show on put on a show for the crowd and get everybody's money worth and just make everybody have a blast out there just getting to see something different. Do you have a dream scenario if they say, okay, what do you want, which card, which opponent, pick? Do you have an answer? Well, right now, no, I actually don't have any opponent in mind right now only because I would like to work my my way up the ladder and Mm. I'm only 19, so I do have a lot of technique to learn and a lot of uh, things to drill and positions and situations, so I don't want to just go straight into to uh, the fights with, with the number one top guys, top 10 guys yet. I mean, I'd rather work my way up there. And then the num- I- I'm happy fighting anywhere. So if it were to be Australia, if it were to be in uh, Las Vegas, be on a super fight weekend, any of that's great for me. And I'm, I'm just very happy that I get a chance to fight. Here's the big question. Uh, it's around 140 in Texas right now. How many push-ups and sit-ups have you done today? <laughs> so this morning I went to jiu class. And then push-ups and sit-ups, under 500, but I got to mix in the weights later, so. <laughs> I notice every time you speak, like your pecs are going up and down. It's mesmerizing. There, there it is. <laughs> there it is. What a guy. You must get Thanks. tons of people reaching out to you. I, I can't imagine what your Twitter is like right now and your Instagram. This has got to be, a, this is like a dream, right? Have you woken up from this dream or do you still feel like you're on cloud nine here? No, it still is cloud nine pretty uh-huh. much because... It's totally, it's totally different. So <laughs> I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying every minute of it, every second. So, well, you, it, it's awesome. I hope, I hope my Twitter, my Instagram, and everything out there just keeps going up because I want the most people to be able to see what I can do and in my future fights too. You are a, a breath of fresh air, my friend. Congratulations on all your success thus far. Uh, I love the smile on your face. I love uh, your positive attitude. Your father as well. I had the pleasure of meeting him. Just a great story, and I, I wish you nothing but the best. Good luck in Montreal. Enjoy that. Good luck meeting George. Great guy as well. And the whole team over there is great. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to not only your next fight, but watching your, your, your ride in the UFC. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Great to have you on the show for the first time as well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me too. All right. There he is. Super Sage Northcutt. Great stuff from him. A fresh face, just 19 years old. And all of a sudden, bang, a gigantic star in the UFC. New York Rick writing me a bunch of stuff, but I think he's got it. He's a big boy. New York Rick getting married. I, I keep saying that. His his wedding is is this Saturday. I still don't understand the wedding. We'll get to that later. Happy. I'm happy. Someone just asked me if I'm happy outside. I'm happy. I just spoke to Sage Northcutt, for God's sakes, the new face of the UFC. I love that kid. What a great attitude. Calling me sir and Mr. Helwani, like I said, uh, I think I said it on the beat, he came up to me after his win 
And he was like, hello, sir, Mr. Helwani. Uh, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Sage, Sage Northcutt. I'm like, man, you just, you just kicked some ass in the octagon. You don't think I know who you are? What a great kid. People love him. Speaking of TriStar, one of TriStar's own, Joseph Duffy, is going to be joining us uh, right now. He joins us via the magic of Skype. He is headlining the UFC's return to Dublin in less than two weeks against Dustin Poirier. What a big show that's going to be sold out in just a matter of moments. There he is, Irish Joe himself. Joe, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Ariel. How are you? I'm doing great. How's my hometown doing? You're in beautiful Montreal, right? Oh, it's looking good. The sun's shining. Yes, that is a good thing. By the way, happy Thanksgiving to you. You know it's Thanksgiving over there. I do know. I've seen plenty of pictures of grub that I can't eat. Oh, that's right. Okay, we won't talk about that. <laughs> By the way, I was just talking to Sage Northcutt. You know he's coming to Montreal to train at, at TriStar. What, what do you make of this kid? Uh, hard. Um, I've seen his debut. He looked, uh, looked awesome, so it'd be, it'd be great to have him up here. Okay, I, I have a lot to talk to you about, Joseph, and right off the bat, I want to address this because I've been talking about you uh, leading up to your fight, and in particular, what happened at the Go Big press conference. So I feel like, you know, I, I have to be an honest man, and, and, and let's talk about it right off the top. Uh, I talked about how uh, when Connor was at that press conference, he was firing off at everyone, and I thought the only guy who, who had a place to step up and say something was you, because you beat him. Not that long ago, five years ago, but still, you beat him in, in, in rather quick fashion. You could have said, hey, pipe down over there. I beat you. You can't say anything about me. But you chose not to. And I felt like that was a missed opportunity because if you would have done that, people would have jumped on your bandwagon and, and, and it would have just made that rematch that much bigger. And I think it could be the biggest fight in, in Irish MMA history. Why did you choose to say nothing when he was calling you a journeyman and all this stuff? Uh, tell you the truth, Ariel. You know, Connor's opinion doesn't really mean a lot. Um, you know, he, he's, he, he went on a lot of the fighters, but n none of that stuff bothers me. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not my style. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ah. talking back and forth. You know, that, that's not me. So I just felt that uh, I'll, I'll do and say whatever, you know, whatever comes natural. Um, you're kind of breaking up on us and I really want to hear what you have to say. Can we call you on your phone? Is that Okay. No problem, fire away. Okay. Uh, Eric, give him a call on his phone because uh, I, want to, uh, I, I want to obviously hear what he had to say. I want to give him that opportunity to talk about it. I just want to hear from him, period. So let's call him on, on phone. We don't have to do, uh, to do Skype. Just call him on his cell and we'll connect with uh, Joseph. I can kind of tell where he was going with that. And you have to respect that. I mean, who the hell, you know, who the hell cares what I think? At the end of the day, you have to be happy with yourself and comfortable with yourself and conduct yourself as, 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 as you feel like you should conduct yourself as a professional. And if you don't want to go down that road, you can't. I was just saying that I felt like the Aldo fight is gigantic, but in Ireland, if, if there's a rivalry there and you could see that there's a major difference in the way one guy handles himself, that could be just a super gigantic fight. I mean, that fight alone could probably sell out Croke Park, in my opinion. Croke Park, in case you don't know about it, is the big soccer stadium over there in, in Dublin, which uh, Connor has talked about wanting to fight there. They've had some issues with the, the, what's, it, what's it called, the curfew and all that, but you know, that's, that's a road that they'd like to travel down. Uh, Joseph, are you there? 
I know. I said hello, but wait, I just said hello. Hello, Joseph. Can you hear me? It's Ariel. Happy there. Okay, cool. Uh, can can you uh, repeat that answer? Because I couldn't really hear what you you had to say, and I want to give you the opportunity to respond. Uh, it was breaking up a little bit. In short, why did you choose not to respond to Connor at that press conference? I know. I said a little bit. Wait, I just said hello. What's that? Happy there. Is this Joseph? I know. I said a little bit. Wait, I just said hello. Okay, maybe this is not Joseph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric, what's going on? Call him back. <laughs> We're going to call back Joe. I don't know if that was a recording. That felt like something out of uh, the Howard Stern show. When they take those clips and they replay them over and over again. Maybe. You know what's funny? Anyway, I won't go into that. That was a weird thing. I got a, I actually got a prank call from someone in uh, Ireland over the weekend. I was wondering. They were pretending to be Connor. And I was wondering, how did you get my phone number? It's a very strange thing. Who in Ireland is sharing my phone number? It was very silly. They were talking about Red Panty Night and trying to get me to talk to Connor. But it was one of the worst. The number was from Ireland. Maybe you can fake that. But the accent clearly wasn't from Ireland. <laughs> it was very strange. And that sounded kind of like what they were doing all over again. Maybe they've hacked Joseph Duffy's phone. Anyway, that uh, Dublin show is coming up in, uh, in what, 10 days? Uh, 12 days. And they sold it out in minutes. Uh, I believe it's now called the 3E Arena. Is that what it's called? Or it, it was the O2 part of that. It was something else. They keep changing the name. And uh, it's, it's a great card headlined by Dustin Poirier versus Joseph Duffy. Patty Houlihan is on the card. An amazing heavyweight fight between Ben Rothwell and Stipe Miocic. Um, Ashling Daly is on the card as well. Kahal Pendred. Uh, the regular cast of characters that you would expect from uh, a card in Dublin. But I'm very curious to see how the fans react to, to Duffy. It's not Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is not fighting on that card. He tried, as he said on the show last week, to fight on the card. But... Um, you can understand why the UFC wouldn't make that happen. This this is a card that is on Fight Pass. It's exclusively on Fight Pass, so those shows are back. We get to hear from our friends John Gooden and Dan Hardy, um, and, and, and you can understand with that gigantic Jose Aldo fight coming up in less than two months at this point, or exactly two months from today, they're not going to risk that. <laughs> Where's Joseph? Is he having trouble finding him? Okay. I really want to know why he kept saying that over and over again. He's claiming... Okay. Claiming that the number I gave him was wrong. Well, after Joseph, we still got a few... Okay, thank you to Sean Sheehan for telling me that Crook Park is not a soccer stadium. It is a GAA stadium. Whatever that means. After Joseph Duffy, we're going to be joined by Cody Garbrandt, one of the rising stars at Team Alpha Male. And then after that, we're going to be joined by John Fitch in studio. He is in town because he's fighting at Foxwoods 
this Saturday against Yushinokami. Some other familiar names fighting on that card. Colton Smith and uh, Matt Hamill, Vinny Magalyesh, Notorious Nick Newell. Speaking of prank calls, uh, Rampage Jackson, I, I told him this. I actually called him. Some people were on his uh, his Twitch thing last week, and I said, man, you got to come out with one of these videos once every two, three days because he has, he has definitely stumbled upon something here, something real special. If you didn't hear Rampage a day after our interview, he uh, he he prank called me. Hey, he didn't prank call me. He wasn't prank calling me. He just woke me up at six a.m. He was on his his uh, Twitch. I keep calling it Switch. He was on his Twitch, and I, I I wake up and you look at your phone and you see Rampage Jackson on the phone, and it's a bit of a jarring thing right off the bat. But I didn't I didn't send it to voicemail. I did not do that. I just kind of looked at it and thought that maybe he was butt-dialing me or something, so I put it away. Left me that message that you can hear on the clip, and then he called me right back. And so this time I felt like I had to pick it up. Uh, I went to the other room because my family was sleeping, and uh, it was a fun conversation. I think he was drinking a little bit, had been drinking at least, and then uh, someone took it and posted it on the internet. And then he apparently did the same thing with Rashad Evans, and that one was even funnier. When he asked Rashad if he likes, what do he ask? Uh, uh, dragons. When he asked him if he liked dragons, that whole exchange, I was I was literally laughing for three to five minutes. It was unbelievable. If you've missed that, I mean, there's like forty, fifty thousand views. And so I told him, you got, you got to put this out there every, you know, two, three days because this is a real show that I think you can actually make money off of. But I haven't seen any other clips after that. What's going on over here? I'm not really quite sure what's going on with the whole rampage. Jeez. Uh, um, the whole rampage situation with uh, his contract, it, it seems to be unclear. Basically, I think what he said to that he said the UFC won't <clears throat> stand in his way if he wants to go back to Bellator, but I don't think that's the green light for him to go back to Bellator. At least not in the near future. I think he, he he does want to fight in the UFC, but obviously wants to make money as well and fight while he can. Um, there was some talk of him wanting to fight in Japan, but that's that's not going to happen. I mean, it's going to be the UFC or Bellator. There's no doubt about that. The Japan thing is interesting because they held that press conference uh, last week, and uh, I reported on Tuesday that... All right, what I reported was... Sakuraba versus Aoki, that ended up being true. Fuji TV, that ended up being true. Um, I reported they didn't have the name yet. That ended up being true. I, I remember there being one other thing 
but I can't remember what it was now off the top of my head. And then there was the Fedor news. And uh, I, I know a lot of people want me to be wrong. I know they're all dying for me to be wrong. But um, what, I, what I have been told, I, I was told that, you know, from multiple very good sources that they were targeting, as I said, uh, Jadeep Singh. And what I was told was um, Saka Kibara uh, found out that the news leaked and maybe this ended up being a good thing, decided that they're going to kind of stretch out the way they announced the news because, well, the fight's in two and a half months and, you know, why not? Why put everything out there in one shot? I don't think that's the worst idea in the world, to be honest with you. So uh, they, they announced Fedor on the card. They also announced Gabby Garcia on the card. They announced her opponent as well. They announced a lot of the things. There's going to be a tournament. Um, I mean, it's a three-day event. That's the other thing that I, that I reported, a three-day event that, that, that ended up being true as well, 29, 30, 31. Um, and then apparently there was some Facebook page that said that, you know, they're talking to other people and it's not true, even though this Facebook page kind of acknowledged the JD thing. Well, apparently that Facebook page is not even real. Uh, and then I saw some other people saying that it, it, it's not true as well. What I was told from multiple people was um, when I reported on Tuesday, that's the fight they were targeting. And uh, uh, JD even had a contract. And uh, you know how these things go. As I said on the beat, contracts made to be broken. Look, they, they could have... They could have seen the uh, the reaction to the news, um, and 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 got cold feet or said, "Oh, look, people don't like this." What I what I know is that they don't want to pay a lot of money for Fedor's opponent. They're paying for a lot right off the bat, and they feel like Fedor is the draw in his own right, good or bad. That's the the line of thinking. And well, JD is Indian Japanese, somewhat of a draw, competed in K1. That's the line of thinking. As much as you know, the North American fans aren't really feeling it. That's that's the line of thinking right now. By Risen, Ryzen, I really don't know yet how to uh, properly pronounce the name of the organization. But anyhow, uh, when I report it, 100% fact, I, I I check in every day, and I'm told that's still the case. It's just they're they're deciding to uh, spread it. Crazy things happen all over the place in this sport, and uh, especially in a in a new promotion. Who knows? But make no mistake about it, when that was reported last week, that was 100% fact. And you notice, Jerry Millen's on Twitter, other people associated on Twitter, none of them are refuting this. None of them are saying it's crazy. None of the, it's all these other people who are saying it. So just trust me. Trust me. All right. I think we have Joe now. Joe, are you there? How's it going, Ariel? Oh, yes. I can hear you loud and clear, my friend. Sorry about that. Um... Okay. So you were you were given prank calls, sir. Yes. Who was that? <laughs> you know, God only knows. I don't even know what they were saying. It was very bizarre. <laughs> they kept saying something over and over again. And someone from Ireland prank called me this weekend. But anyway, that's uh, that's a different story for a different day. I want to ask you because I, I I I didn't hear what you said the first time. Why did you? I think you heard my question. Why did you choose not to respond to Connor at that press conference? Yeah. Um. Let me tell you the truth. This. It's just not really my style. Um, you know, I, I'm not too bothered what, what Connor's thoughts are on things. And, um, you know, I, I just said to myself the, the day before, I'll just do whatever feels natural. And, um, you know, I, I just felt like, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't really going to get a lot out of, you know, having a, a trash talking battle there. So, um, you know, I'm just concentrating on my fight and, and forgetting about all that stuff. So the the competitor in you, you're sitting there, you hear him saying these things about you, you weren't getting riled up, you weren't tempted at all to say anything in the mic. 
No, 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 I'm the least. Wow. Um, in the day, you know, my job isn't to talk. My job's to fight. So, um, you know, he can he can talk all he wants, but uh, you know, if it came to the two of us meeting in the octagon, then you know that's another story. How close do you think you are to that fight? I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether it's something uh, the UFC and Connor are interested in, or um, you know, e- even myself. Really, it, I suppose I'm just taking it one fight at a time. You know, at the minute I got I got a tough opponent in Dustin in front of me, so you know, my my full attention's on that. And um, I suppose after this fight's done, we'll we'll go back to the drawing board. And, and I 100% understand and respect that, but. For the record, that is something that is of interest, right? I mean, you can recognize that that's a very big fight, right? You probably make a lot of money taking that fight. Without a doubt. You know, at the end of the day, this this is a business. Um, You know, I feel the fact that Phil Crow Park, you know, is, um, you know, two Irish fighters, both at the top of the game. Um, Obviously, there's history there as well. So I I feel this is definitely an exciting fight for the fans. How do they receive you over there in, in, in Ireland, and in particular Dublin? Because I know you did a lot of media when this news came out. They're pushing you. They're putting you in the main event. That's a big deal. That's the spot that Connor was in last year for the uh, the return to Dublin. Do, do, do you feel like, okay, there are two factions? Uh, is there like the Connor faction, the Joseph faction? Because you guys couldn't be more different. I mean, it's amazing. You're, you're a complete 180 from him. Do you feel like that's what's developing over here? Um, I, I suppose, you know, when I was over... Over in Dublin, you know, the, the people received me well, and, you know, I was traveling about us down in Cork. So, you know, all the fans have been good as gold to me, Ariel. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure how, how they feel, and, and maybe that's I'm spending most here in Montreal. Um, but I, I don't feel this is that way. I, I just feel the general Irish public get behind their fighters, and, uh, you know, whether it's getting behind Connor or getting behind me, I, I don't see there's. There's a reason they can't be getting behind us both. What do you think it's going to be like in the uh, in the arena that night? Because weirdly enough, Dustin, I feel like, is getting some support as well for the way he's handled the fight. He was linked to Connor to a degree, of course, because they fought around uh, a year or so ago. Do you think it's going to be 100% pure, you know, uh, in favor of you? You know, the 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 support will be all. Uh, you know Joseph Duffy's way, and 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 do you think it will be like the scene that it was last year when Connor fought in the main event? I believe the the fans will be behind me. Um, I, I think they'll respect Dustin and they'll give him a warm welcome. Um, like you said, because obviously the links, you know, with him and Connor. But uh, you know, I, I definitely hundred percent feel the fans will will be behind me on the night. Do you make a conscious effort to be as different as possible from Connor? <laughs> no, well, uh, that um, I, I just go I go about my uh, my day to day life just the way I am, Ariel. Um, you know, I, I feel that if I tried to be any any different, then um, you know people would just see hmm. see through it. You know, so I, I just I try to be myself, and uh, and I feel that seems to be to be working so far. Is it a blessing to not be in Ireland training, not even be in Europe training for this fight, to be all the way in in Canada, so that you don't get caught up in all the hoopla of your first UFC main event? Um, I suppose that yeah, I, I quite like that. That ideal. I, I like to be away from the bubble. Um, and when, when you're surrounded by it day in day out, you, I, I feel you can get caught up in it pretty, pretty easy, and um, your attention is drawn elsewhere. Um, you know. But when I'm out here in Montreal, 
walk in the gym. You know, it, it's a gym full of UFC fighters who, who's all big names. Um, you know, there's no egos. We get to work and uh, and we turn up fight week and uh, and then it's business time. We're uh, we're all we're all in the groove, ready for the fight. When do you head over to Ireland? I'm leaving a week today. A week today, Ariel. So um, arrive Tuesday morning. Uh, what do you, what do you think it's going to be like, and are you preparing yourself for that? It's going to be unlike your other two fights. You know that. I mean, that's 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 no secret. Are you preparing for the the intensity of what that fight week is going to be like for you? No, really. Um, I, I'm one of them people who just likes to take things as it comes. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm quite excited, obviously, to see the see the difference between this and um, and the other UFC shows I've done so far. So, yeah, I don't look too much into it. Obviously, I know I'm going to have a few more media obligations and, and a few things are going to be going to be different. But, you know, i, I got a, an experienced team behind me and, and they'll guide me through. In your wildest dreams, did you ever imagine your, your first two fights going the way they have? I mean, it's been nothing short of amazing. Is this what you predicted or has this exceeded your expectations? <laughs> That's a good question. Um... Uh, I definitely didn't expect it to, to go as well as it has. Obviously, you know, I'm 100 percent confident in my abilities, and I know I got the the tools to to pull off the the wins the way I have. Um, but every fight I go into, I'm expecting it to be the the toughest fight I've had to date. So, um, you know, I definitely wouldn't say I, I expected them to to go the way it has. But you know, Touchwood will will continue to go this way. And I don't know how much you've been looking at Dustin, but if you have been studying him, do you have any idea why he's looked so good at 155 since moving back up from 145? I can't say. I can't say. Do maybe, you know, maybe everything's just a little bit, a little bit better. Maybe he's a little bit happier. He's walking around at more natural weight, and you know, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. And and tell you the truth, I don't really think too much about. You know them kind of things. Obviously, you know he's looked better at 155, but that that is um, it, it is no part of my game and and what I intend to do in the evening. So um, you know I, I put them things out of my head and and concentrate on on what I'm doing and what I feel I do well. And uh, you know I feel like I feel like I can beat anyone at 155. So when you were offered this fight, were you expecting this 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 progression? Or was Dustin a bigger name than you expected for your third fight? Uh, a, a, a lesser name? Where, where did he fall in with your expectations? I suppose, that, yeah, it, it definitely came a little bit sooner than some I realized. Um, I, I thought being just below the, the co-main in, in Glasgow that maybe this time I'll be the, the co-main, um, you know, especially with it being, being in Ireland. But... Uh, you know, when I, when I got offered, you know, a big name, a ranked opponent, uh, I had to jump at the opportunity. You know, these are the opportunities we, we dream of fighting, you know, main event that in Ireland, um, you know, against a ranked opponent. Uh, and it's a big opportunity for me to progress in my career. And, um, and it's an opportunity I feel is, uh, is right for me at, at the right time. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I'm wondering. You know, the the connections are always there with Connor because you beat him last. But even with Dustin, there's there's a major connection there. 
did you chuckle a little bit? You're like, oh, here we go. Because just if you were fighting a guy who hadn't fought Connor, there, there, I don't think would be as many questions. But because he sort of set a standard against him, now people are going to wonder if you can top him or look as good as him. Did you chuckle a little bit? Like, oh, great. Now another reason to bring up Connor in all the buildup, all the media leading up to the fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's the way they look at it. Um, you know, people always like to to link me and Connor, um, and obviously with, with the Dustin link as well. Um, I suppose it, it raises a few eyebrows and, uh, and it gets people talking. So, yeah, I suppose it, that was the case. Um, but, again, you know, styles make fights, and and I feel, you know, the corner and Dustin fight, there's no, you know, it, it, it is no no place in this fight. Mm. You know, he, he's gone up to 155, and, and obviously he's feeling good. He, he's confident he's coming off um, a, a couple of good wins. So, uh, you know, all them, all them things, they're not linked the way they, uh, they kind of seem they are. At this point, is it fair to say that you are comfortable in all facets of MMA, or do you feel like there's one part that you really need to improve as opposed to the other parts of the game? Honestly, I'm a, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I, I feel like I would like to improve everything. Okay. Um, you know, and, and obviously being here in TriStar, there's so many great guys and individuals are, are very good at different areas. Um, you know, I, I feel like I can learn something off all the fighters here. Uh, so I wouldn't say there's a, a particular area that, you know, needs addressing more than the others. I just feel like I would like to move my whole game to the next level. And, and I'm assuming you're happy at TriStar. You feel like that's the place in which you can do that. Yeah, yeah. Since I've been out here in TriStar, for for the first time, I, I feel like I'll reach my full potential. Um, you know, I, I know how far I can go deep down, and um, I, I know with the, all the guys around me here at TriStar that uh, I can I can go to the top. And you know, for the first time in my life, I, I feel very settled in my training. I know you are a proud Irishman. Your nickname is Irish Joe. I, 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 I get that. I respect that. I have a Canadian flag right in the back of me. I'm proud of where I come from as well. When people question your loyalty to Ireland and say, you know, what Connor says, and then people jump on that bandwagon, English Joe, Welsh Joe, Canadian Joe, does that get under your skin? Uh, nothing Connor says can get under my skin. <laughs> uh, like I said, you know, if it was somebody who I cared about, you know, my family or something saying something like this, then yeah, maybe. But, you know, Connor's opinion doesn't doesn't matter to me. You know, he, he can say what he wants, but it, it doesn't change the way I fight him. It doesn't change uh, the fact that I still feel I would beat him. You know, none of that stuff changes. Um, obviously, you know, it, it draws a bit of attention media-wise and... Um, you know, it starts to get the ball rolling, everything. But uh, you know, none of that stuff will ever get under my skin. Do you think if you fight him again, it goes just as quickly? I, I believe I can take Connor just as quickly. Um, you know, everyone knows says Connor has greatly improved, and and so am I. You know, everything everything Connor does, I, I feel like I can beat him at. You know, now he uses more kicks. I've been doing taekwondo since I was five. You know, there's not an area that I feel he can beat me. How do you foresee the fight against Dustin going? I never make predictions. Hmm. Um, anyone who knows me, I never make predictions. But I feel good. 
I feel very good. I'm happy with the way training has gone. Um, I'm feeling very sharp, and I know that's going to carry over now into fight week. So, uh, you know what? I go out, and I'm, I'm ready for five rounds of war. By the way, who's going to be in your corner? So we got Faraz. Um, he's making the first trip over to Europe. So um, Wow. First time. First time. Whoa. First time. So that's going to be quite exciting. Um, Coach O'Keefe as well, Eric O'Keefe, he, uh, he was my head corner man over in Glasgow. Um, you know, I do a lot of work with, with Eric as well, um, especially in my stand-up stuff. So it's great to have Eric over again. Um, and I got Tom Breeze, you know, as long as, uh, hmm. you know, there's no, no injuries or no complications in this fight, he'll be, he'll be there. And also my, um, my wrestling coach, Matt Miller. And Rory McDonald's going to be there, but obviously not in your corner, right? Yeah, yeah. Rory's going to be there as uh, as one of the guest fighters. So, you know, again, it's it's great to have someone like Rory. Um, you know, just fought for the title. You know, that kind of experience. I, I feel it's very, very important to have these kind of people around who's been there and done it all. Last question for you: If all goes well next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, the following Saturday, October twenty fourth, live on UFC Fight Pass in front of your fellow countrymen in Ireland, if all goes well against Dustin Poirier, and Dan Hardy walks up to you in the cage with that microphone, and of course he's going to try to ask you about what's next and all that, are you going to go the Connor route? Because man, oh man, I'll be sitting at home just wondering how they're going to react to this. A fellow Irishman <laughs> calling out another. I mean, just my mind is going to explode. I want to see this fight. I want to see the rematch. I want to see it at Croke Park. I think it'll be fantastic stuff. Will you go that route, or is that just not your style? Um, well, we'll just have to see what happens. <laughs> um, we'll, uh, we'll wait for the night. Okay. You know, we'll, uh, see, how, see how things go, see how I feel, and, um, and we'll go from there. Fair enough. Uh, I'll leave people in suspense for that. That's good. That's good. That's probably the best answer, because then they have to watch, right? Exactly. Tune in. Exactly. October 24th from Dublin, Ireland on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, Joseph, I really appreciate the time. Sorry about the, the delay and also the, the tech issues trying to reach you. Thanks for being a good sport. Uh, thank you for, for joining us from my hometown. I feel like we have a bit of a connection now that you're joining me from Montreal. And uh, most importantly, good luck in this fight. I can't wait for it. Less than two weeks away, you versus Dustin Poirier. Fantastic matchmaking. Really looking forward to it. So thank you very much. Thanks, Ariel. All the best. Take care. There he is. What a class act. What a great guy Joseph Duffy is. Really appreciate his time. Uh, again, a, a fantastic card and an amazing main event, an intriguing main event. I saw some fans complaining about it when it was announced. Are you kidding me? That's the perfect kind of Fight Pass show and a perfect show for that market as well. Um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see just where Joseph Duffy is at. If he can beat Dustin Poirier, he's there. I'm curious to see what the, the line is. Is the line out there for that one? That'll be interesting as well. All right, let's move along. Let's go to our next guest. Also has been very patient. We've been backed up a little bit today, but I appreciate him standing by. We're going to Skype once again. Cody Garbrandt is joining us in Sacramento, right? You're in Sacramento right now? Oh, yep, Sacktown. Get down. Yes, uh, Cody, thank you for the time. Uh, so this has been an interesting show for us, and I'm happy that, that you're coming on because I don't know if you know, TJ was on at the very beginning, then we had Dwayne, and now we have you, who, of course, is a very proud member of the team, uh, TJ said that he was told he's no longer welcome. Uh, it, it, it's it's been a lot of drama. He's uh, he's upset with the way it's gone, and and Dwayne kind of echoing that. What's your perspective on what's happened in the last week or so? First and foremost, you know uh, I wish TJ nothing but the best. Um, 
you know, it was his decision to leave, just like it was his, you know, he could have stayed. You know, him trying to play the victim and this and that. It's not how it is, you know. Like, it's a, you know, it was a grown man decision for him to leave. You know, it's if we're not good enough for you, then why are you going to come in the gym and, and train with us and go out to Colorado and, and do your training there? Like, I think you're just playing the victim, and it's like, you know what I mean? Like, we're all tight with him. It's all cool. It's like, I think it's just making it harder, like, do you want to stay with us or do you want to go out there? Like, you can't be in between, you know, in between. So, I mean, that's where I stand on it, you know. I mean, like I said, I, I talked to TJ before. I said, you know, I wish you nothing but the best. But, you know, when and if it's when we come down to fight, like, I'm going to look forward to it. I said, you're the world champion and that you have what we all want, you know. So, as I said, the best of luck to him. And, you know, he's out in Colorado now and this is whatever you know so so for the record you, you support this decision to to say you know what you can't come to the gym anymore you've left that's what i'm saying like if, if, if we're not good enough if you don't feel like that you, we're not good enough for you to train with us and, and be here then why are you going to just pop in you're going to train here and there like i don't i don't understand it really but i'm not against his decision for leaving you know what i mean if he feels like that's the best thing that he has to do for his career right now hey best of luck to you tj you know it's like that that's that's what i told yeah. him you know but it's a playing the victim thing that they, oh, we don't want them in here and, and this and that. It, we're going to be fighting each other, you know. There, you know, There's possible matchups. Like, why would you be in here watching, working with each other when you already have announced that you were leaving and going to Denver and you have your coach out there? Um, you know, for me, it's like it opens a lot of doors for me, a lot of, you know, his decision to leave, you know. it's He's a champion. It's like it's I'm on my own I'm on my own journey, you know. It's, I want to get a title, title run, you know, get a title run going, whoever's next for me and, and, and get in that spot, you know, that's why I got into the sport, and I wanted to be a world champion since I was 13, long before I knew T.J. Dillashaw was. Is this a blessing in disguise for you now Now that path is open to the belt? Maybe before when he was a part of the team, it would get a little dicey? Man, it's not like a, not a blessing in disguise, because, I mean, I, I like T.J., and, and we're friends, but at the end of the day, it's a business, and, and, and you know, holding the title is what we're all in it for. If you're not in it to be the champion, you need to get, you know, you need to get out and do something else, go get a nine to five or whatever. I'm here to be a champion. And, uh, it just makes, it makes it easier to make a title run. Now it's, it's more, I'm more motivated. I'm, I'm driven. My vision is clear to go, you know, to, to, to go after the belt. You know what I mean? Like now that he, I would have fought him here. You know what I mean? Like it, it would have been, we would have to split the gyms up. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. I can focus on really, you know, my vision is, like I said, my vision is clear when, I, when I'm holding a title. So it's just a matter of time, you know, get these fights and, and make a title run. How big of a distraction has this been for both you and the team this past week? Man, the most distraction was that lady shitting and puking in Fabry's bathroom. You know, that <laughs> what was, was that all like, about? You know what I mean? Like, Jesus. We, were, we, couldn't quit laughing. we couldn't quit laughing today about it at practice. I mean, that girl, I heard that she knocked on the door shouldered favor tackled him down ran to the bathroom shit and puked in his bathroom so that was like the biggest distraction you know what i mean like, <laughs> it's business at the end of the day man it's we're at, we have fun training we enjoy each other you know what i mean like it is like a family out here it's like you walked away from the family you know what i mean i'm from i'm from a family that's broken that we try to we fight and we try to stay stay together you know what i mean you just i just i don't know you just don't walk away from family like that but uh, like i said best wishes to him and uh we're all on our own journey out here, but it's business as usual. You know, we're training, we're we're having fun, we're gonna keep being successful. We just have a uh, Rick Rufus in here right now. He's hitting pads, uh, you know, coming in. We're just you know trial, trial, trial and error with coaches. You know what I mean? Like we're always gonna be here. We always, you know what I mean? So we're bringing in coaches that is gonna adapt to us. And he's got a good mindset. He spoke to us after practice, and 
what his goals were and, and his personal goals with everyone and the team goals. So it was nice. We'll see what you know how it goes. That's it. Is this his first day there? Yeah, first day here. Yeah. Okay. And and in case uh, people do, go ahead. Sorry. All right, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say in case people don't know what you were talking about with the favor thing, uh, check out your eye on on Snapchat. Also, I think some people posted the video on YouTube. Someone apparently broke into his new home and had an accident, and the police had to come. Just so <laughs> a wild scene. He handled it. <laughs> he handled it very well. So in case they don't know, it might have gone over their head what the heck you were talking about yeah, there. Yeah. Um, you have to check that out. If TJ goes over and you say you're still friends, he goes over to Denver and is like, this is amazing must farm. It's a great facility. I've been there and says, man, you'll be a better fighter if you come here. Would you entertain that idea? No, I like, you know, I, I, was, I told TJ that I would go out and train with him, you know I mean? Help him out. You know, we was, you know, post, you know I'm, I'm hopefully have a fight coming up soon and maybe in the same time frame that we could have used camps together and now, but now he's left, you know what I mean? Now it was like him coming back, like, like he did before, like he was going to go there for two weeks at Dwayne's and come back here and there. You left, man. Like it, it's, you know, it's either you're with us or you're against us, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's how it's got to be. Yeah. Has this divided the camp at all? Or are you guys pretty much on the same, you know, the same wavelength now? No, I mean, like, you know, favorite, like favorite said, like, we're all going to have our own personal, you know, relationships with TJ and how, how it goes about it. Favor's not, you know, you know, pushing away from a friendship with TJ. It's just like, he just, why, you know, it's, if he believes that he, our gym's not the best for him, why would we let him in the gym and train with us and, and that you can't have the best of both worlds, you know what I mean? It was your decision to leave. You're there, you know, like I said, you're either with us or you're against us. So, I mean, yeah, they're all, you know, we're all going to be cool. And, like, I mean, after whatever, however this plays out, I'm just sitting back and waiting for my next fight and focusing on that and letting everything, it's a domino effect, let everything fall into place, you know. And I believe everything happens for a reason. And, uh, like I said, my vision is clear. You know, I can, I'm just, I'm dedicated. I, I mean, I'm uh, motivated. This motivates mm-hmm. me to, uh, it's a motivation, you know. Very big motivation. So, speaking of that next fight, when is it? I don't know yet. Um, uh, hopefully, in January. We, t- we talked. Uh, so, just waiting on an opponent. Um, a few in mind. Um, what do you got? I just saw. I saw an article that John Lineker said that he can knock out TJ and uh, Cruz. So I say, hey, you know, let's. If you think you knock those guys out, you know, let, 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 let's us scrap and then go for there. You know what I mean? I think that's a that's a good fight for my career a fan you know a fan favorite you know yeah he likes to fight fight i mean it makes sense caraway he's ducking and dodging everyone i just want to beat his ass and you know get him out of the rank he's in the top 10 for what reason you know um you know whoever though i'm ready to fight i'm hungry you know i'm very motivated i was, I, would, I would like to fight before christmas but jan christmas december january whatever i'm, I'm in the gym I'm, I'm i'm ready whenever did you specifically ask for caraway um, I asked for Lineker. Okay. I asked for Lineker. And, uh... Are they open to it? I, I don't know if Caraway is. I don't know if he... No, uh, I mean Lineker. Real, hey, real, oh, Lineker? I don't, I've never heard back from Lineker or anything about Lineker. So okay. I mean, it's, I, I just trying to push for it. You know, I think that's a great fight, a great win for my career right now. And it, it sets me up for that tighter run. You know, TJ leaving, I think it's a perfect time. Like I said, I believe everything happens for a reason. But like I said, you know, whoever Sean Sean has in mind for me, I'm I'm ready for and just ready to fight. You know, I want to get back in there. I know a lot of the guys that are in the top ten right now have fights lined up. So two week notice, three week notice, two days, the day of, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm I'm always in shape. I'm I'm just staying ready for a call. How's my man Maddox? Max is doing great. He just uh, we actually uh, uh, Facetime yesterday. He's doing great he's in school. He's, you know, he's learning. He's getting big. You know, he's about to be ten. So 
doing great. He's ready. He wanted to get on the Orlando card. He was like, Cody, ask to get on the oh, Orlando yeah. card. We can take him to Disney World after. Or, I'm sorry, Disney, yeah, Disney World Yeah. after. But uh, we pushed for that one. But, I mean, that would have been cool to go beat someone up and be able to take him to Disney World after. And it would have been nice. But, yeah, whenever he's excited just to watch me fight, you know, he, he enjoys it. He thoroughly enjoys it. And, you know, he gets the – you know, be a part of that fight week with me and, and whatnot. You know, it's 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 awesome week with him, and he's doing great. His family, everything, high spirits, healthy. Is he gonna walk you out every time now, or is that just a one time thing? I don't know. I, I kind of you know put a lot of uh, it was very emotional. You yeah. Know what I mean, and, yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was gonna be that emotional. I really control my emotions in there, and just like I said, watching that kid for four and a half years fight for his life and almost give up, and 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 virtually it was a phone call and, and, and a Facetime that saved it. You know. Basically saved his life and took you know let him take his medicine and just I didn't think that impacted that much. I mean I had so many like walking down to that cage. I wanted to be mad. I wanted to be pissed off. I yeah. wanted to be happy. I wanted to be I wanted to cry. I wanted to hug him and you know just tell him that I loved him and everything's gonna be fine and just for all to unravel. So now it's like I got in my mind like he's gonna walk me down when uh, I'm I'm uh, fighting for the title. You know what I mean? That's the goal now. Walking down to the title and uh, he's gonna be there. I told him I was going to give him that uh, world title. He's going to put it in his man cave. So uh, oh, wow. that's the goal now, and that's uh, that's what I'm uh, running for right now is that world title uh, within you know whenever. So just keep grinding every day, getting better, and just uh, enjoying life. You know, enjoying the journey. What a story that would be. Um, here's the big question I've been wanting to ask you for quite some time. What was it like when uh, Paige knocked you out in training? Oh yeah, I saw that in the interview. <laughs> she don't want these hands. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, yeah, she's funny. That was, that was, that was a good one. All's good there, I right? I laugh about that one. Oh, yeah. It's all good. I'm actually using her iPad right now. I should probably take some selfies on it. <laughs> okay. Selfie in the background. Well, I don't want to get in trouble or anything uh, between you two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, by the way, i just curious, since you were talking about title fan, of course, the champion is TJ. Did you guys ever spar, train together? Like, Do you feel like you got some intimate knowledge on this guy that you can you can use if you ever did fight him in the near future? Hundred percent confident. Hundred percent confident. That it comes down to it. That's what I told him. I texted him, you know, about that. I said, when if it comes down to fighting, when it's time, it's gonna be a fun fight. You know, I really believe that's gonna be uh, just a just a just a scrap that I'm looking forward to. That you know, that's a that's a scrap. These scraps, Lineker, these guys are yeah. are are scraps that I look forward to. That like keep me up at night. I wake up in the middle of the night like oh fuck, you know what I mean? Like this is the fight I want. You know what I mean? These are the fights that I got for fighting for. The ones that bring out the warrior spirit. You dig down and just scrap and and you know you learn a lot about yourself from these tough fights. And uh, that's what I want. You know, I'm hungry for one of those that you feel like you're just you know just a modern day warrior in there. And, and that's the fights that I'm looking for. Yeah, all of a sudden, bantamweight has become super interesting. Uh, last thing before I let you go, and again, thank you for the time. I've been seeing on these clips for The Ultimate Fighter, there's a bit of a dust-up between you and Conor McGregor, and I know you can't really talk about it because we're, we're about to see, I don't think it's aired just yet, but when I say the name Conor McGregor, what comes to mind? Did it air yet? No, it hasn't aired yet. Okay. No, I mean, it's cool. Like, hey, Conor, like I said, uh, with what happened with me and Conor went down, yeah, uh, I think I think if this went down, I've really been watching. But I mean, it's a great show. You know, I've been, I've been super busy traveling and stuff. But uh, yeah, really, just Conor was talking shit, man. It's like I don't know. I'm not a one to like just talk shit. Not like if you're gonna ask, like do something about it. I'm gonna do something about it. And it was just like it was all TJ situation, but it wasn't more so about the TJ situation. It was more about like him and Faber and Feely 
like we're, we're, we're mouthing and she's like, what, the, what are you twerps going to do about it? What are you twerps going to do about it? I was like, man, this guy wants, you know, this guy's asking me to get ass kicked. You know what I mean? So he's asking for a fight. And I was like, man, it's got to get physical. So I was like, man, I'll do something about it. And he stood up and that, that was it. You know what I mean? Okay. And then the next week it was like, cool, like, yes, I mean, next week, whatever, it was cool. Like I went up to him and was like, hey, man, like, you're not so bad when there, you know, we had the pool party and everything. You're not so bad when there's, you know, girls and alcohol involved. You're not a bad person. I was just joking. He's actually not a bad guy. It's just like the tension of being in there and, and the teams and, the, and having the hooting and hollering and running his mouth all the time. Just, you know, and then he asked, hey, what are you going to do about it? Like, if someone asked me what I'm going to, if I'm going to ask them what they're going to do about it, I expect, you know, it's, it's time to quit talking. And, right. And, 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 you know, but, and, you know, I forgot we're on TV and I kind of <laughs> lost a little control right there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. That's what happens, you know. Nothing against. Him. I think he's a good guy. I mean, with the cameras and everything, it's entertainment, you know. He's an entertainer, and he uses his mouth to get to where he's at. And I think it's great for the sport, you know. It's it's really good, but it's enough. I think sometimes you don't know when this needs to stop and these need to go up. You know what I mean? That's I think that's where he was kind of shocked about it. But other than that, he's not a bad guy. Well, Cody, keep doing your thing, my man. I'm looking forward to that next fight. I really hope it's against John Lineker. What a great, perf- what a great fight that would be, and I, I, I look forward to seeing your performance in that fight. That would be, uh, that would be fantastic. Like I said, bantamweight's super interesting yeah. these days. So, uh, great stuff as always, my friend, and uh, and good luck in training and good luck in that next fight. I'm sure I'll talk to you whenever that happens. You want to say something? I appreciate it, best. No, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, hope we get that Lineker fight. All right. Good luck to you, my friend. There he is. No love. Cody Garbrandt joining us via Sacramento. Okay. Um, uh, We got to take a quick break. Uh, We're a little late to John Fitch, but he is here. He is joining us in studio. So this is what we're going to do. I know I told the guys in the back. uh, 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 I just... Yeah, uh, let's go to the let's go inside the vault. Let's go to November of two thousand eight. Let's go to AKA. Let's go to John Fitch and myself when I was a part of MMARated.com. Uh, this is right after that whole thing happened with him and Dana White. Super interesting to look back on. Uh, that's our clip inside the vault, and then we're going to be joined by the man himself, live and in living color, right here in studio. Here we go. For MMARated.com at the American Kickboxing Academy in San Jose, with the most talked about man in MMA in the last twenty four hours. John Fitch. So, John, I'll start off. I hear there's a, a new breaking development in this story, so give it to me. Um, yeah, uh, communication kind of broke down with Dana. So uh, we uh, talked to Lorenzo, um, just got off the phone with him a little bit ago, straightened some things out, and uh, came to an agreement. So we're going to move ahead, and I, I believe I'm going to be back in the UFC. So you're back. Yeah. After all that, you are back in the UFC. That's, that's the case. Is uh, We're going to sign off on the video, and... Um, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. So, so what was the sticking point? I mean, what what changed between yesterday you know, and today? Uh, like we said before, it was never even about uh, the agreement or the or the contract. It was nothing. We had a problem with that. It was the approach that we felt that uh, Dana was a little hot headed and and was threatening us right off the bat. And um, you know, it didn't didn't seem like a professional way to do things. So uh, that was the big reason why we we didn't sign off. It has have the terms of the agreement changed between yesterday and today? No, uh, and we never had a problem with the terms of the agreement. Um, we were asking to renegotiate, but uh, after talking to Lorenzo, it's not a big deal. Um, more or less, it's just uh, um, getting a phone call there. No problem. Um, that was the question again. 
the question was, have the terms of the agreement changed? Because obviously a, a lot of people were saying that maybe you didn't want to sign your, your life away, so to speak. So now just trying to figure out why things are different 24 hours later. Um, the reason for that is, is uh, it was never really about the agreement. It was about uh, the way Dana approached us with the agreement. It didn't, didn't seem professional. We didn't want to, uh, you know, sign off on, on being treated that way. Um, but we talked to Lorenzo. He explained, explained the agreement further. Uh, the video game, it's not a big deal. Um, it's not like I've got video game companies knocking down my door to do video game deals with me. Um, so a lifetime exclusive, it's not a big deal. Um, and Dana gave us uh, his word. Or Lorenzo gives his word that it's not. It's not a permanent thing. If we ever did want to leave, there's a possibility that they would, they would allow us to leave uh, and do something else. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was never about the agreement. It was about the way it was brought to us. And in the last 24 hours, Dana has actually echoed those sentiments that it wasn't about the agreement and that he's had some issues with, with the gym itself and that uh, it's been more of a management issue. So does this mean that everything's cleared up between the UFC and AKA? Um, well, I mean, that's the thing is, like, Dana, Dana can't really blame the management uh, for all this because they had been telling me from the beginning to sign off. But uh, we, the fighters, felt that it was inappropriate the way they were talking to us. Um, there may be miscommunication, whatever. Um, but, yeah, that, that was the whole principle of the whole thing. It was just uh, we didn't want to be talked to in that way. Now everything's done. You look back on the last 24 hours. Do you wish things could have been you know, handled a little differently? And, 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 and really, ultimately, does this change your relationship with Dana White? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I never had that much of a relationship with Dana in the first place. Uh, you know, uh, we speak, we've spoken briefly throughout my career, um, but I've had actually spoken more with Lorenzo, uh, especially lately. So, um, you know, as long as we have someone to go to and somebody to decipher what's going on, um, it'll be a big help. All right, and so let's talk some good news. UFC 94, is it official you'll be fighting Akihiro Gono? Uh, hopefully, yeah, we haven't worked out all the details, like the dust is still settling, but um, hopefully that should be the fight. When you think back now, the last 24 hours, now we're talking about you fighting. Were you worried there for a second, ultimately, that uh, maybe your MMA career could have been over? Because not a lot of welterweights outside of the UFC, not a lot of options outside of the UFC, and now things have changed on a dime here in the last 24 no, hours. I've had to fight up in weight class before just to find fights because, you know, early in my career I couldn't find anybody to fight me at 170. Um, so, I mean, if I would have to put on some weight and fight other places, go to Japan, you know, I, I'm a good fighter. I sell, I sell tickets. You know, I, was not, I was not worried in one bit. But, I mean, UFC is my home. It's where I want to fight. So, I mean. All right, back on the Mixed Martial Arts Hour. So that interview was November of 2008 at AKA. Uh, a crazy time for our next guest who joins us in studio. Also, a crazy time for me professionally. I don't know if I ever told you this, John. And, by the way, welcome to the show once again. Great to have Thank you back you. in good studio. I got fired that morning for my job, yeah. and that was my last day. I so remember I, you did tell me. Oh, I did tell you. Okay. okay. Um, so it was a very yeah. strange time. But when you look at that clip, I don't know when's the last time you saw it. What goes through your probably mind? When, probably when it happened. A day or two after we, sh we shot it. Yeah. What goes through your mind? Uh, just the fear and the disbelief of uh, the situation that just happened yeah. on my face in that time. Um, yeah. Wasn't really free to speak at all with what was going on at that time. It felt like you were a little rattled, right? Like yeah, look and, on your eyes. and being careful with what I said because yeah. I didn't want to, you know, get fired again for saying the wrong thing. In hindsight, do you wish you didn't do what In you did? In hindsight, I wish I would have not uh, signed and left and went to Strikeforce. Right. Was that on the table? Yeah, definitely. And it'd be leaving them and, uh, you know, I had a good relationship with Scott Coger. It was definitely something I could have done. But uh, I stayed to save my team and my management and everybody under my management's team. Do you feel like you were pressured? Yes, absolutely. Really? I was threatened. 
By by them. By them. By, by your managers. No, by oh. Zufa. No, I mean, do you feel like you were pressured? Like, okay, no, guys. I took it upon myself. Okay. My my team was threatened, and my uh, my management and everybody they represented was threatened, and I felt that I needed to uh, bite the bullet, take one for the team, and uh, save them. That's what I felt. But the decision to ultimately. You know, come back to the came table. To me. Came it was to all me. you. All me. It was all you. Do you think about that a lot? Uh, a little bit. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've been doing the things I've been doing lately is right. because I don't think that anybody should ever be put into that that situation where they're they're threatened into a contract. Let's kind of work backwards here, of course, because you you are in New York because you're fighting in Connecticut. Yep, Yushinokami. Yushinokami, which World Series twenty four. Twenty four on NBCSN Saturday yeah. night main event. Solid card. Nick Newell, as I mentioned, I went through the card a little bit mm -hmm. earlier. There's a bit, to me, a little bit of an irony involved in that matchup because both of you were top 10 UFC guys. Mm -hmm. And when you were let go, it became this huge story. But you were in different weight classes. Never in a million years did I think John Fitch would fight Yushin yeah. Okami. Did you think of that as well when you were offered the fight? Uh, well, I actually had thought in, that it was a possible fight in the, on the horizon when he got released from UFC also because... Uh, in order to stay busy, I was considering fighting some at 185, and it's still kind of on the table. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I understand it's hard to, you know, when you're one of the big names in the company, it's hard to get you a fight every, you know, every few months so that you're fighting three times a year or four times a year. Right. Because of the amount of time they, they put into prom promoting. So I was hoping that I could, could uh, be a little bit more of a gatekeeper at 185 and then be a contender, possible champion at 170, and then still try to fight three, four times a year. What do you think way. of him going down to 170? He's a big guy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see him. Are you concerned that he might not make weight? Um, you know. I try not to think about You try okay. not to think about those things. I okay. try to think everybody's going to be professional Positive, and, yeah. and, and do their job. So, you know, prepare for the uh, best Yushin Okami there is and uh, take care of things Saturday night. Considering what happened in his last fight, where do you think he's at in his career right now? Still think he's tough. He's he's been tough. I mean, uh, guys that fight um, the way Yushin fights and even the way I fight, we don't generally take that much damage. He has uh, he has had some knockouts and taken some uh, some shots to the head uh, more than I have in uh, you know the most recent part of his career. But um, you know he's a durable guy, and I still think he's he's just as powerful and as uh, and dangerous as he has been. Are you thinking about that a little more these days as you get older and what we know about concussions and head trauma, all that? Um, I mean, a little bit, but I, I'm not a, I'm not somebody who's taken a lot of uh, head not worried trauma. About it. I'm not too worried about it. I, I mean, it's, it kind of it makes me mad sometimes when people are talking about um, brain trauma and what we got to do to protect the guys. And ultimately, if if we're getting paid a value for value exchange, if we're being paid correctly, it shouldn't matter. Uh, we know the risk. We know what's going to happen. Um, if I want to fight until uh, I'm slurred in speech and can't remember where I put my keys, um, it's my decision. If mm. I want to do that, I should be allowed to do that. I could go climb a mountain with no, with no ropes. I could ride a motorcycle with no helmet. Um, I can do those things, but uh, I can't go out and earn money if I want to. I, I don't think that's correct. Um, if I sign off on it, if I know the dangers, if I'm educated correctly about what the dangers are and what the outcomes will be, I should be allowed to do what I want to do. The, the thing that should happen, though, is that I get paid a fair amount, a fair percentage of what's going down. Because then, uh, you know, I'll, exp I'll, I'll, I'll trade some brain cells for some money for my children so they don't have to work when they're, when they're older. That's fine with me.
Are, are you happy with what you're getting paid at World Series of Fighting? Uh, I feel that they're doing doing a fair job, you know, with what they're putting into the shows and what uh, what they're making, you know. Um, but again, you know, uh, one company does drastically control the market. Hmm. Well, by the way, before we get into all that, what's going on here? Your eye. That's just makeup. Don't worry That's about just it. makeup. All right. <laughs> Who gave you that? Uh, I gave it to myself. Okay, fair enough. Where yeah. did you train for this fight? Uh, I was in Vegas at One Kicks Gym, and then okay. I went up to Dethrone Base Camp and trained with Koscheck. Okay, uh, so no more AKA for you? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't been uh, there since. I trained uh, some for the Hallman fight. Okay. Yeah. How come you were in the area? Um, well, I moved. I moved last August to. No, I know, but like if you're in Fresno, that's relatively close. Relatively right? close, but uh, Josh had some bigger wrestlers, and okay. I wanted to work with. There's Josh, and then. Uh, um, um, Chris Honeycutt is yep. there also. So I wanted to work with big, strong, top top game guys. Um, and then uh, AKA there's Rock Hold and DC and Kane, yeah. but there's not as, you know, the wrestlers aren't there, the same type of top game. Also it's amazing before. how it's evolved, that gym, right, in a short amount of time. Yeah. From when you guys were there and now with these new faces. Are you on good terms with those guys? Yeah, they're still, okay. it's still family. Okay. Yeah. Um, they don't have as much of a, a presence at welterweight as they did back back in the day with Meeswick and Koscheck and everybody. Um, but like even like Rockhold's too big to mess around with anymore. Right. You know? And he's a 185-er. Yeah. But he's gigantic. But he's he, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, are you still a Zinking guy? Yeah. Okay, so still they still Zinkin. manage your Yeah, your still manage my, my, uh, my sponsors and... and uh, fight career stuff so you know i you probably know this unless you changed your number on me i've reached out to you a few times in the last few months i wanted to try to get you to clear the air on what happened after your fight your last fight in december mm-hmm. can you clear the air you, you, according to california you tested positive right mm-hmm. but they didn't say according why to california according so what um i i've been restricted by my uh legal team not to speak of it okay yeah. you've been very open about pds in the past yeah. So, I mean, is that tough for you? Because all it's something I want to talk about, but I, I you can't. Uh, can't even moment. touch yeah. it. Not this moment. You don't want to even clear the air. There's nothing to clear right now. But do you feel like it kind of tainted your career at all? That people were saying, "Oh, you were talking about it, and now California is accusing you." Again, I'm limited. Okay. Are you Are you appealing? I'm limited with. Yeah, okay, you I've, can't said, say. I've said what I can say. Okay, fair enough. Um, so you're staying in Vegas. You're happy there. Happy in Vegas. Really happy at One Kicks. Um, I'm I'm coaching the MMA team there. Uh, we have uh, Chidi and Jikawani and Mark Dickerman are fighting in Bellator coming yep. up in November. Um, Chidi's a young guy, and I'm working with him a lot. I'm going to turn him into the Anderson Silva 170. Really, that's high praise. If, if he gives me if he gives me the work that I'm asking of him. I'm going to turn him into that guy. Is it not there yet? Like, do you feel like he's not 100% invested? Trying to get these, yeah, I mean, making people kind of believe in themselves and believe in the system and the madness that Mm -hmm. I'm I'm teaching them can be hard. uh, But, you know, there's money to be made in the sport, and and, uh, that's the biggest thing I'm trying to get across to these guys, getting them to show up every day, whether you got Mm -hmm. a fight or not, just show up. Chidi, of course, the younger brother of Anthony and Giovanni. Better than him, you think? He's he's a monster. Yeah. He's like six three. He's a scary dude when he comes forward. So you'll be cornering him. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make it out to corner that fight. I'm going to try. Okay. Are you going to eventually? But we're sparring and working every day. Really? And, wow. Yeah. Are you eventually going to be the the head coach over there? Is that I'm the head coach of the MMA. You but, are. But it's Nick's gym, and he's the stand up. We have uh, Nick, and then Luke Chang is our Muay Thai coach, uh, and then I'm doing the MMA. How many more years do you actually want to fight for? I, there's really no uh, end in sight. You, you still know? enjoy it? Yeah, I like I like what I do. I'm like uh, I like fighting. I like training. Um, 
I like come up with new systems and new strategies. Uh, it's just like Phil Baroni always says, till the till right until the wheels fall off. Right. Well, sometimes that's not the best way to go about it, right? But why not? Why not? I yeah. mean, if you can, again, like I said, if you're making sure. appropriate amount of money, why yeah. not? You know, if I can afford somebody to push me around in a wheelchair later, that's fine. So I'm okay with it. You uh, you've been a part of this uh, this lawsuit against the UFC. Mm-hmm. I saw that you were in Vegas not that long ago uh, with uh, Vanderlei Silva. I believe Stitch Duran was there and Juanito Ibarra. Right, mm-hmm. I saw in the video blog. Maybe other fighters were there as well. Uh, yeah, Kyle that Kingsbury. was the uh, well, Kingsbury. They were at the the uh, the actual hearing. Oh, that uh, was a, that was an old, older motion. Clip? Yeah, I was with uh, yeah Vanderlei's guys. That was the ABC conference in San Diego. Okay, my apologies, my apologies. Yeah. Um, I saw that in the Vanderlei blog, but it came out after, so I, I tied yeah, the yeah. two together. How did you get involved in this? Um, just uh, talking with the lawyers, the class action suit lawyers, and the. Uh, and Rob Macy, he's actually reached out to me a number of times in the past. Uh, he reached out to me that with that video clip. He was around at that time. Okay. Um, he's been working on this in the Fighters Association for a decade now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I kind of went along with things because I knew uh, that they were operating in a non-competitive type of environment. So I was supportive of of uh, of going into the lawsuit and then. Uh, once I got into the lawsuit, I started talking with uh, Rob about the Fighters Association stuff, and I didn't really, really didn't get it. Really didn't think it was a possibility. And then I went to the uh, NFL Players Association uh, meeting they had oh. um, a year over a little over a year ago, about some some like a year ago. But anyways, sitting through their meeting and their talks and and everything that they were doing, uh, it really let me know that uh, it's possible. It's within our future. It's within our grasp, uh, and we need it. We we definitely need it. Can how does one actually show up to an NFLPA meeting? Like, do you? You need a special invite. Yeah. You do. Do you? Do you ask them? Uh, Rob, I think, had connections with uh, Demarius Johnson. Okay. Who? Uh, Who's the, the president? Yeah. yeah. Who, who runs things? Yeah. And, and and when you saw that, that's what clicked. Yeah, he did a, like a history of basically oh. he basically did because it, it was a, a rep training. Okay. Um, I can't go into details about what they talked about, but. Um, it was the little uh, history of where the association came from and, and why they were there and what they were doing it for. And Socks and Jocks was the original. They wanted clean equipment and clean oh, clothes. That's it. That's socks all they and was the first thing. <laughs> sock, clean socks and jocks uh, because they're getting infections and sicknesses yeah. and whatever, and they couldn't play. So that was the stage one. And, uh, you know, the health and safety and the treatment of fighters after their career was like one of the first things that I uh, was motivated in getting involved with about. Do you feel like this, above all, and, and I'm wondering if this is what motivates you at this point, could be your legacy? Like I don't care. You don't care about that I don't stuff? I care about legacy. So yeah. I care that? about my friends and, and my children not having to go through what I went through. In terms of what? Because, I mean, do you want your children to be fighters? No, uh, but if they choose to do so... I don't want them to have to go through the same type of crap I had to go through. I don't want them to be bullied and, and forced into contracts and, and not given options or opportunities. There should be a free market. Uh, fighters should be allowed to go to the highest bidder. Um, and they should have some health care for their uh, lives after their career. Knowing what you know about fighters and the way MMA is structured as opposed to a sport like boxing where, you know, you can kind of bounce around from promoters a little more. It's not so much like organizations or leagues. Well, uh with uh, with boxing, they have a great deal more security now because of the Muhammad Ali Act, which sure. was passed like in, around in two thousand. Yeah, 
Um, but You'd they, like to see that in MMA. Yes, that's one of the things we're also trying to do is get the Muhammad Ali lack to encompass mixed martial arts because that would also afford some level of uh, um, some protections against uh, promoters like Don King or I think what Zufa is doing now. In terms of what? What do you mean? Um, why, why, why connect King to... Unfairly, um, uh, you know, keeping most of the money to themselves, but mostly ranking your own fighters, uh-huh. matchmaking your own fighters, um, holding the belt in your own organization. Um, all those things are very unscrupulous. The, those lead to corruption. They lead to manipulation. Again, knowing what you know about the fighters in this sport and the way it's currently structured, mm-hmm. are you confident... Absolutely, because fighters are smart. Most of us are college-educated, yeah. quite honestly. Um, I think that's where um, a lot of the things and tactics that are used against boxers aren't going to work against uh, mixed martial arts fighters, because a lot of us have college educations. We, we know better. Yeah. Why do you think it's taken so long to happen? I mean, maybe I shouldn't say so long. The sport is pretty young. I mean, let's be honest. It's it's ed- education. Education. Yeah. I mean, you talk to some guys, uh, they don't even know that the Muhammad Ali Act exists. Really? They don't fighters? Know. fighters don't know. Wow. I've talked to boxers who, who don't know it, it exists. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's the big thing is education. I think we have a website, MMAFA.TV, and people, uh, fighters can go to that and get all the education they need about what we're doing and the Muhammad Ali Act and what it would do for us as uh, fighters. Have you read a lot about, you know, uh, Marvin Miller and Kurt Flood? yes. So, so is this something that's always interested you or only No, on? just recently. Okay. Um, you know, I always knew that this kind of environment was unhealthy and not right. It's not professional. I never thought it was professional, never felt professional, and uh, I didn't like it. And um, I started getting the education through Rob and other people and started le- reading things and started seeing, you know, that the... the the clear similarities between what happened in those other sports and what's happening in our sport right now. Um, and it, it needs to change. We, like, do you, do you have a timeline in your mind how long this could take? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it took much longer for, like, football. It took, like, 20 years or yeah. something like that and multiple lawsuits and, and things like that. But I think the way that things move nowadays with social media, um, it could go much, much faster, much quicker. Uh, one big thing that we see in MMA quite often, uh, managers being promoters. Yeah. Would that you like would, that to end as well? Yeah, that would, uh, that would, that, that's a direct conflict of interest. Right. If you can manage and promote and give the rankings and belt, well, why wouldn't you just give it to the guy who sells the most tickets rather than the best athlete? To a degree, that would affect World Series of Fighting as well, right? It would affect a lot of people, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so so do you, do you get that a lot? Like these days, do you feel like all you're talking about is like, I mean, it's kind of funny that you're involved in this and you're fighting because you can almost be like this spokesperson. <laughs> you feel like you, you are talking more about this stuff than your actual fighting, and are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. People need to be educated. and if uh, Because people, a lot of the people aren't fighters. You know, I mentioned yeah. Vanderlei and stuff. You're one of the guys if, who's actively... If, if people aren't talking, um, then nobody's going to be educated. Nobody's going to learn. Right. Man, John Fitch, all grown up. Look at you, <laughs> suit and all in front of us. It's Not like, really, though. It's just a T-shirt well, and jeans. you're wearing a jacket. Yeah, I've learned how to fake it. You've, come, you, you've certainly come a long way. Did you ever get to a point where you were like, enough of MMA? Uh, the fun went away? No, I'm, st- I'm still having fun doing what I'm doing. I don't, I don't watch it as much as anymore. I don't read as much of the articles, whatever. But um, I'm still very involved. I, I, how come you don't watch? Um, 
again, because I know how it operates. I know. But just for the, like. It's, I stopped watching a while ago before because they're never, they're never the matchups I want to see. Okay. They're never, you know, when you don't have an independent body doing the rankings, like you're never going to get the right matchups. Not even a World Series of Fighting card? No, I mean, they do, they're, they're doing a good job, but at the same time, um, you know, if we had the Muhammad Ali Act enacted in MMA, then they would have the ability to uh, bid on and put on uh, Kane versus, uh, versus uh, uh, Verdum. Right. They would be able to put the money up and have that as their head, main, main card on their fight. But Chael Sonnen is broadcasting. Yeah. Did you hear this? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? He's doing a great job. He's great. Yeah. I think that's a huge addition to their broadcast I think, team. Yeah, I think he's doing a good job. But I think it would be even greater would be watch Shale and uh, Vanderlei fight. Yes, okay. I think that would be even better to have them fight on World Series card. And under the Muhammad Ali Act, that would be sure. a possibility. If they want to. I feel like Shale is kind of a UFC guy. Like he wouldn't, But if, if they want to. I mean, under those circumstances, money would talk. Sure. By the way, with this... I mean, when you, when you think about... Uh, who, who's with the, the heavyweight, the Russian heavyweight champ right now in boxing? Oh, Kl- well, Klitschko, Klitschko uh, right? Ukrainian. Yeah, Ukrainian. I'm sorry. Um, don't want to upset any of the Ukrainians. Yes. But, we have um, a big fan base in the Ukraine, yes. by the way. <laughs> well, h- him and the last guy he fought, I don't even know his name. Okay. Right? Uh, somebody, do you even, do you know? Um, well, I know he's fighting. Oh, God. Well, see, you have to, you, you're me. having yes. to think about yes, it, right? Yes, 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 yes. Well, that guy, you know, he's not that big of a draw. Um, Tyson he, Fury, I think he's fighting next, but go ahead, yes. Well, I meant the last, yes, the last yes, yes, yeah, he yeah. beat or whatever, but uh, he's not that big of a draw, yet he still um, won fights, which granted him a, a title shot because he won. Yep. Um, so winning put him in that situation where he could uh, draw. The uh, IPO, the initial purse offering to that fight, to two guys most people don't even know who they are, and probably if you put a lineup on the wall of guys, you couldn't pick them off of it, um, was $23.3 million. Um, the, and then where the, did they fight? Somewhere in, in Russia, okay. probably, or Big Ukraine somewhere. Because he usually I draws so. pretty well. Okay. But um, still, uh, it was a 75-25% split, so his opponent made $5 million. Mm. Um, and that, those two in that card is nowhere near as exciting as Cain Velasquez and right. Fabricio Verdum. How was is, how is the money divided throughout the card? Um, somebody did a division of Mayweather's last... Okay. A fight too, and there was a non-pay-per-view Showtime fight where the fighter made one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Really, the one against uh, uh, his last Manny fight. Pacquiao. I don't think it was Pacquiao. I think it was his last fight. Oh, against Andre Berto. Yeah. Just recently. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A non. A non-pay-per-view okay. fight, which was put on Showtime. Showtime. The guy made one hundred fifty thousand. You ever think about going to boxing or the ship is sailing? No, I just think that uh, if we had the Muhammad Ali Act enacted into MMA, those pay opportunities would be possible for fighters. There are some people who will... Guys like Conor McGregor could go to Ireland and do his own show. Right. And he could be a Mayweather making $100 million. But not freely. I mean, he still has a contract. Like Mayweather couldn't break his... Well, he's a different one because he kind of is his own promoter, which... But that would be a possibility... Under the Muhammad Ali Act, he Conor McGregor could be his own promoter. George yes. St. Pierre could be go up in Canada and be his own promoter, and put on a show. Once his contracts expire with the UFC, it, it wouldn't happen if, overnight. If, or if those contracts are found to be illegal, right? You think you think the government will really get involved in MMA? Why do you think they they don't ever look at it for any reason? Um, I mean, they kind of only uh, care about things that make them money, or yeah. if it's really sexy and and stirs people's attention. If people pay enough attention to it they'll, they'll get involved have you seen what's going on in new york here 
No, you, no. you like a good conspiracy. Yeah, I love conspiracies. Yeah, you look at your Twitter feed. It's all a bunch of conspiracies there. Why are you so The thing about conspiracy theories, though, is that they're real. There are... Well, not always. They can't always no, be No, there are things that people conspire to make happen. Fair enough. Who killed JFK? Uh, well, there's a very strong correlation between George Bush Sr. What? And, yeah. JFK? Yes. George Bush Sr. But, yeah, he's been involved with some very shady things over the You think the years. he's the one that... Pull the trigger? No, but I think he... No, of course, he wasn't the one pulling the okay, trigger. Yeah. They always have other people doing I've actually never heard them. of this one. I'm fascinated with the JFK yeah, story. Yeah. What's the, can you tell me the story? I can't remember. He okay. was somewhere... He was involved with the CIA, I believe. And you think that they had a hit on him? Um, it's possible. What? There's a lot of possibilities. <laughs> sure. Like, possibilities our government are... does a lot of weird, terrible things. How do you feel about the government? Uh, I, don't, I don't really like what they've been doing. Do you vote? Uh, I don't think there's a purpose or a point to it. Why? If everyone uh, said that, then no one would have a say. Because uh, they're all one party. It's all the same party. You think so? Yes. They distract people on little issues like gay rights, which yeah. I'm not saying right. to, trying to diminish gay rights, but people get emotional and worked up about it. But when it comes to your day-to-day life and your taxes, it doesn't affect you at all. What two people are doing with their life, Fair enough. It, doesn't, it doesn't affect you. But... Uh, spending $250,000 per bomb you're dropping on some person in the desert, that does affect you because that's your tax money, mm. right? The, the, the millions and millions of dollars they're spending on spying on you and going through your phone and making your technology less secure does affect you. But wouldn't you agree that Donald Trump is the savior? He's the one that's <laughs> going to fix all of this? I have a feeling that he's just a distraction. You think that, that he's going to pull out? No, they'll use him as a distraction and then they'll sneak Hillary in where they want her. Mm. But who? But I mean, people have to vote. You don't think you think that's rigged? What, what about uh, uh, George Bush uh, Jr.? Yeah, there going the, the ordeal in Florida. His yeah, brother yeah. helped rig the election in Florida, <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> and then and then the popular vote didn't matter. Sure. So I mean, they're all one party. They're all all they want to but do. But really, is what do you think about Donald Trump running for president? And okay, um, yeah, how about this? I like watching uh, the media squirm. 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 Because mean? he's not playing the normal role. Sure. But do you think this is good that he's, he's, he's gaining so much attention and, and he's leading in most of the polls? Like, what does it uh, say yeah, about he's America? He's gaining the attention, but the, the actual things going on in the world aren't getting the attention. So is it bad that he's distracting? I think. I think we need somebody like he's taking a lot of attention away. I'm not a, a full on Bernie Sanders supporter, but okay. like, he's at least bringing up some things that are affecting people. What about Canada? That's a good place to live, right? Free health care. Not if you're an indigenous person. Okay, fair enough. Jeez. <laughs> if you had your way, where would you live? Um, I just, I want to live here. I want to live in America, oh, but too? free. Okay. I want people to use technology and live on their own. I think uh, we can do fine taking care of ourselves. I don't think we need Big Brother looking over our shoulders all the time. I think we should stick to the Constitution and, and keep government small and, and uh, focus on our own small communities. Last thing, because we run out of time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk to you about all the conspiracies. Screw mm-hmm. MMA. I just want to talk to you about conspiracies, conspiracy uh, UFOs, uh, Bigfoot. We haven't brought it up, and I've made a, a promise to my audience to bring it up every single week. Nick Diaz. Mm-hmm. Surely you have a take on this. Absolutely. I, I think it's uh, just ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous is suspension. The, the scrutiny placed against anybody who's a cannabis user. I'm a cannabis uh, medical marijuana a- uh, activist and uh, patient myself. Okay. I have been since the uh, shoulder surgery in 2011. 
Um, it's just nonsense. Read, read, read something. There, there's plenty of uh, science out there for the, over the last 20 years from the, the medical movement in California and legalization in Colorado and other places. You can't find, if you look for it really hard, it's hard to find a negative article that has any uh, substantive scientific evidence saying that there's anything bad with marijuana. Did you see that hearing, the way they treated him? Yeah, it's, it's a joke. It's ridiculous. This guy says Fifth Amendment, and they uh, they use that against him. Passes <laughs> two of the tests, right? Two of the tests from Iwata yeah. approved. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's it unbelievable. Sounds, sounds See, like there's a conspiracy going on. You said it. But here's <laughs> going back to my earlier point. How come but more But I also would like to say about Nick Diaz please. is he is honestly kind of a hero. Coming anybody else, most people coming from the background and life that he came from yeah. to be as successful as he is. Yeah. Come on, like that's 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 applaudable, easily applaudable. I love the fact that all the fighters are rallying behind him, but is it enough? Is this a litmus test to what of a bigger picture? Like everyone will agree that what was done to him was wrong. Yet mm-hmm. I don't feel like I see I, I people hope, being asked. I hope that it is uh, clear evidence and a push from fighters to join the Fighters Association, because this is a clear uh, example of where the Fighters Association would step in and, and do something. Mm. You, you can look at uh, uh, NFL Players Association and what they just did with Tom Brady, mm. right? He, he, he uh, did something that the players, other players and coaches would probably be upset about, you know, deflating the ball or whatever. Yeah. But they still stepped in and said, no, 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 you're not suspending this guy, suspending this guy for four games. Well, the Fighters Association would be able to do the same thing. They would go to the commission and say, hey, no, but nobody on the, in the Fighters Association is going to do business in your state. Remove this absurd penalty. Will you not fight Nevada until they rectify this? Um, you know what? Should I go on record and say that now? No, I'm not telling you. I'm just asking you. It's not, I'm not pressuring you to do anything. I, I, would, I, would, uh, I would consider that not, not fighting in Nevada. Yeah. I feel like you're having an epiphany right now. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, I know you live there. Well, because it's my, one of my things is I, I don't want to have other fighters just individually coming out and saying things. I want them to come together as a okay. fighter association. No one fighter should have to be put out sure. in front. Henry Cejudo said this. I don't know yeah. if you saw that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, there was another a female fighter, I think. Yes, uh, Leslie Smith. Leslie Smith, yes. Yeah. And uh, I support that, but I think... It's stronger if they all come together in the association and we send one representative saying, we have 500 guys mm. right here aren't fighting for you. Well, hopefully that's being done behind the scenes. Strength in numbers, Working as on they it. say. Yes. I wish you the best, my friend. Thank you. This Saturday from Foxwoods in Connecticut, it's John Fitch against Yushin Okami. Now, one of the interesting fights on that card uh, pits Vinny Magalhães versus Matt Hamill. Mm-hmm. Matt Hamill. Yep. And now we're going to have another Inside the Vault clip like we just did a few minutes ago. This is my interview with Matt Hamill at UFC 121. It was October of 2010. He just defeated Tito Ortiz. Remember that fight? Yeah. Were you there for Kane versus Brock? Yes, I was there. There you go. Locker room interview with Matt Hamill. fighting. Yes, it was great. Gave him a big scar. Unbelievable. So here it is. Interview with... Uh, with Matt Hamill following the biggest win of his career. And then we'll be back to answer your questions right here on the MMA Hour. Thank you very much, Mr. John Fitch. Ariel Hawani, post-fight at UFC 121 with Matt Hamill, who defeated Tito Ortiz tonight. And uh, Matt, congratulations on the victory. A lot of people had sort of predicted that the fight would play out this way. Did you think it would play out this way? Uh, 
oh, I, I just believe myself no matter what. You know, I love to be the underdog. You know, because Tilo, I mean, he's making a name for himself. He's a five-time world champ. He's a former um, world champion. But it's, it, now it helps me boost my career. So I'm just happy where I'm standing right now. Kind of uh, surprising since he's from this area. Uh, he was booed heavily by the crowd. The crowd very much in favor of you. Were you surprised at how much they cheered for you and booed him? Oh, I didn't I did hear what people say boom, but um, you have to understand, uh, the deaf community, I have so many people from uh, California and Fremont, so it seems like they're like equal, and Tito told me they, and they have a deaf band, but um, they gave me all the hammers down. Yeah. I don't know if you see them. Did you see them? Yeah, I saw that. Oh, that got me more motivated. So I don't want to let people down, especially my family, especially from Yorica and um, Loveland in Ohio. So I'm doing really happy and all the hard work is paid on. Yeah, there are actually a bunch of those signs uh, all across the arena, so clearly they're very much in favor of you. Um, you talk about just in the first round, um, I actually scored it in favor of him. I thought he looked good, but then he seemed to get a little tired as the fight got on and you really imposed your will. Is that how you saw it playing out? I agree. I agree. Tito won the first round. I agree. Totally. But when, when my heart starts to warm up, you know, I've always, it's really weird. I've always doing the second round and trying to finish the fight. But when uh, Death came up to my face, and, and I mean, he felt like I, I don't want you to let them down, but he gave me all that, like a class ticket. Man, you got to do this, but I watch him. Every, uh, lift, every movement, when he said, I said, no problem. Lock and load, I'll be ready. So I make the movement, movement. I don't want to make a mistake. So I, I, um, I finally broke, broke his will. You know, it's like, like second, third round. I tried to finish fighting, finally took him down. I haven't been doing a lot of takedown, so, but now I'm starting to get more comfortable with takedown. And I, I mean, I, I've tried to go for a mission, but I never go for a mission, but I'm still trying, you know, so. Your game is certainly evolving, and uh, it, it almost seems as though since the, uh, the Rich Franklin yeah. loss, you've become a lot more confident, and you continue to develop every single time we see you out there. What happened to you mentally, and, and perhaps even physically, after that fight that gave you this confidence? Well, it's just, it's just not really easy. You know, I'm very friendly and I'm just too nice. And sometimes I have a hard time getting killed or anything. And I can't get aggressive. There's only two fighters in the world that I'm really close to. And then I can't finish the fight and I can't be really aggressive. But now I'm starting to learn my lesson. And I don't want to make the same mistake against uh, West Franklin. And I mean, fighting, I will have to worry about West Franklin and Taylor. The other fighters I'm not really close to, so I mean, the price is off my shoulder. So I just want to, you know, get, get everything out of the way, you know. So I mean, it's, it's really an honor to fight with the former uh, teachers. So it's, I, I'm the only fighter to fight with the former teacher, you know, and Tito is pretty good. I mean, he did a lot of kids and try to go for takedown, you know, but I have a good hip and I have a good wrestling background. And um, yeah, I have more tools on the table than Tito, you know, but, but I, I wanted, you know, to thank Tito for all the fight. So there's no question. He hasn't won since 2006. Do you think he's done? Do you think he has a future in the UFC now after this loss? Yeah, but... Yeah, but you have to understand, Taylor fought a lot of fighting. He was really close in the top 10 fighters. Um, um, Rashad Evans, Forrest Griffin. Machina, um, Machina, um, Machina. They're all real close fighting. Real close. Uh, uh, Rashad Evans. Yeah. I, don't, I can't pronounce the name. 
all over the floor, the drawers don't up. One of the day, you know, so I, I'm gonna go back home and you're like, work on my mistake. I have a top, top notch of training and just try to improve from my mistake. Of course, I make a lot of mistakes, you know, but I'm just smiling, I'm just getting more comfortable, you know. But the bottom line, I just want to fight, you know, so I just want to, you know, ease my mind. Two final questions. Uh, first, um, a little satisfying considering some of the things that he said about you before the fight to beat him this way? <sighs> well, I, I, I don't know, but it didn't really bother me at all, you know, but I was hoping, yeah, I was hoping to affect through the deaf community, you know, but I mean, if, if a lot of people were making fun of me when I was a kid, you know, it didn't really affect me at all, you know, because I look up to my grandfather, he's, he's done my stage just in Northern. And then, I mean, I would have a temper problem or an emotional problem, you know, but I would hope he'd stay more trash to me instead of to the deaf community. But, I mean, I understand that's his job. That's his business to stay a lot of trash to the deaf community, you know. But, but the more I'm healing, the more I'm starting to get my heart on fire, you know. And uh, tears can't stay there. So, let's bring it on one-on-one, -on -one, man to man. So I got to the business done. And you proved your point tonight. Final question, is there anyone you want next? Okay. <laughs> I let the UFC take care of it right now. I just want the fight, you know. But, uh, but I know the next fight is not going to be very easy. So I'm just going back home and reveal my mistake. So I'm, it's my birthday, so I want to celebrate. Okay. Happy birthday. Today? Thank you. Uh, it was October 5th, but I haven't celebrated, but I've been really training. <laughs> you, know? well, you deserve it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right, inside the vault with Matt Hamill. He returns on Saturday. He is coming out of retirement. Last fought in October of 2013, so that's a familiar face on the World Series of Fighting card. It airs live on NBCSN. Thank you very much to John Fitch and the WSOF guys for stopping by today. All right, questions, comments. New York Rick, are you there? I'm here. I'll start with a question for you, as sure. I've been bringing this up all show long. So, Mazel Tov to you. You are getting. Okay, I keep saying this. Yeah, You're I don't know. You're not getting married. Your wedding is this Saturday. That's right. Um, now, here's my big question. So, today's my anniversary. Congratulations. My Thank you very How much. How many years is this? Uh, seven. I said at the top of the show, it'd be nice if you paid attention from time to time. Now, listen, what's your anniversary? Is it is it October 17th or is it. When you actually got married? Well, we'd have a few. So, that Oh, come on. Well, when I we mean, first got together. Oh, my gosh. You should, we're still going to celebrate that? Yeah. What, what do you mean? Give it five years. I've been together with my, with my girl for 10 years. No, I understand. But you can't go through all. You got to pick one anniversary and just stick to it. Trust me on this. Um, There's a bit of piece of advice here. Good advice. Trust me. I guess from this moment on, this would probably be the anniversary, right? Okay. This is the big ceremony. This is the big shebang. Um, but my wife will for sure have me remembering all three. Are we nervous? Are we excited? How are no, we feeling? I mean, I'm already married. So what's the nerves? You know, it's, the nerves are gone. It's more just a celebration for friends and family. Now, why not do it in one shot? Why go the unconventional route here? Um, well, I mean, it was beneficial to get married first for uh, timing reasons um, because... I would get health insurance through my wife. Um, ah. 
so that worked out well. And it, it, I asked her, you know, at the time and it, and it just made sense to do it then. Um, and then the wedding was something she wanted to plan. You know, she didn't know when she wanted to do it. So it made sense for that. Well, it's all very exciting. Uh, I, I wish you guys the best. Now, two other things I need to clear up. Is it not true that you were in Denver this past uh, weekend for Glory? It is true. Uh, well, you know, I left Saturday morning, but sure, sure. The, the end of the week, yeah. I mean, how old are you? I am 28. 28. Missing flights. I mean, what's going on here? What's, what's the skinny? What do you mean missing flights? You missed your flight home. No, no, no. Yes, no. that's who, the rumor. Who told you this? Please address it. Why did you miss your flight home? No, who told you this? I heard you were stranded for six hours. No. You false. Not, somebody, false. Somebody fed you uh, false information. Did you go to, did you go to Supercuts? Uh, no, sport, Sports Clips. How does someone, a week before their wedding, go trust Supercuts to cut sports, their hair? Sport Clips. Sounds and even worse. Don't... <laughs> Don't you I saw dare the, I saw question your the integrity. Was the, was the, was the now, barber wearing... Wait, wait a minute. I have a beef here. Yes. Selfie. Yes. The word selfie. That was a selfie. No, you have to take the picture yourself for it to be a selfie. The one of you getting your hair cut? Not a selfie. Who Pro took it? Professional photographer took that. BS. On your Twitter? Tim Kim, the man. Why is he all up in your face? It was a super close shot. He was, he was taking care of business. You know, uh, if you have the iPhone, the new iOS, which I don't like, it screwed up my phone, but there's actually a selfie album now that they've created. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Now, there are some pictures in there, if you look, that actually aren't selfies, but they're super close, so I guess it just thinks that it was super close. Anything taken with the front camera is a selfie. Does it know that? Yeah. Well, it looked like a, it, it, it looked like a selfie to me, all right? Dang. Anyway. Qu- dang, Tim. Anyway. You got to get it, Ariel. He's questioning your photography Was skills. the barber wearing... Uh, a name tag? Yes. That's a problem. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say before your wedding, Listen I mean, thankfully me. I was it not, looks okay. I, I was, I was not, it's uh, a bit of a problem. You know, I was not gung ho about it. I was a little hesitant, mm-hmm. um, when it was proposed, but you gotta, you gotta look right and tight and, and the people at sports clips in, uh, in Glendale <laughs> took care of me. You know who gets his haircuts there? Who? One George Carl. George Carl? Yeah. He still lives in Denver? Well, I imagine at one time he got his haircuts there. Hmm. He's apparently he's a frequent uh, patron. Okay, fair enough. Um, are we going to stick with the bun for the uh, the wedding? That's a that's a good question. I told, Here we are asking all the hard questions. I told my wife. Uh, At least you appreciate my questions, unlike other people today. Oh no, I love it. Okay, Th- throw the throw the fastballs at me. I uh, my wife doesn't want me to, but I let her have the. Uh, we did essentially. Uh, what's it? What's it called? Um, what's it called when you propose? Uh, the, the photos that you take beforehand. Uh, I don't know. The photos you take beforehand. I guess. Whatever. The, so we took photos after. The, you know, we were already married, but we took photos in, in anticipation of the wedding. And uh, I didn't have my hair in the, in the, in the well, top a long knot time at ago. that point. No, no, no. This was, you know, earlier this year. August, maybe. Okay. Um, so the compromise is I told her I'm going to do, I'm going to have my top knot for the, uh, for the wedding. Oh, wow. And now she's saying, but our kids are going to see it. Blah, yeah, blah, you're blah. definitely going to regret this in like 10 I'm years. I'm like, uh, let, our, let our kids see all its glory. All right. Good luck to you with that. <laughs> Thank you. Now let's answer some questions. Okay, let's start with Twitter. Way. We got one question from Twitter today, and then we're jumping to the website. Okay. Should the UFC immediately book Faber against Dillashaw Cruz if he defeats Signs in December? Um, should the UFC immediately Oh, book? engagement photos. Thank you, Bill Steinmetz. There you go. Always count on him. 
Should the U? Whoa, I lost it. Uh, sh- what was it again? Should the UFC book uh, Dillashaw Faber? Right away. Um, regardless of what happens in the cruise fight? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, of course. That's the money fight. I mean, look, if, if, if TJ beats Cruz and Faber wins against Frankie Science, is there anyone... I guess there's the Hafel Sunsal fight, but what, what's going to make them more money? And, right? and also... Faber versus Cruz is also uh, a fight people would want to see. You're right, Faber. This guy, I love when people tell you. I know you get. Uh, I hate it for Bisping and Faber. Oh yeah, Josh Donaldson hit a first remaining home run. My man, bring of rain. Okay, I'm sorry. I feel now. I feel like this is the least MMA show we've <laughs> ever done. What are you talking? By the way, someone keeps calling me from an unknown number. Literally, we went into, we went into conspiracy theories at the end with John Fitch. Well, I mean, I had talking to go down about that my road. wedding. Now we're going into baseball. Right? I'm sorry. Is that baseball? I don't even know. You don't know about Bringer of Rain MVP? Come on. I, I could not care you got less it. about baseball. You got well, you're missing out. You you got to book that fight. I mean, look at it. Look look at look at where it's at now and just think about where it's gonna be in eight months. It's a money fight. And listening to TJ today, you think he doesn't want that fight? What's great is TJ set himself up against a bunch of people at Team Alpha Male. And he could he could fight all of them. Cody Garbrandt licking his lips. And I will say this about TJ Dillashaw. I feel like he's handling the situation at least publicly. Man, should I just answer the phone? I've literally had eight times. Please answer it on air. Let's all hear right, it. Let's do it. Hello? Hello? I think it's that same guy who uh, whose Hello? number you had for Joe Duffy. Yeah. Um, that's very annoying. Can you stop calling me? Uh, TJ, I think he's handling a very tough situation as well as can be. And, and, and look, I, I'm just happy that they're, they're just saying how they feel. It's awkward. It's, it's probably going to get even more awkward. There's no escaping this thing. And you could see the animosity there with Dwayne. And, and, and obviously, Uriah has his issues. Even Cody, you could tell, is sort of licking his lips again. Stop it. I, should I just, I'm just going to close my phone. Um, it's, it's inevitable. If it doesn't happen in 2015, now, now, if Uriah loses, I think it might be tough, don't you think? You can't make the fight, right? For sure you can. <laughs> For sure you can. All right. Um, Uriah Faber, I mean, he just lost. Uh, did he lose? Like, I don't feel like Uriah Faber has any ranking or status to really keep intact. He really just, ha- he, at this point, it's just fights we want to see Uriah Faber in, and that's one of them, for sure. Yeah. I don't think I thought if I think if he goes on a three fight losing streak, you could still sell this. The, the yeah. heat will be there. They they are most certainly, uh, they are, they are most certainly like they're happy. They're happy over there at Zufa. There's it's no doubt about it. It's a red panty night, as one might say. Yes. Oh gosh. All right. What okay. else we got? Next question. How important? This we're moving over to the website. How important is it for an MMA gym to have a UFC champion? With all the talk of TJ leaving Team Alpha Male, in your opinion, why is it a big deal having a champ train at your gym? Is that an important thing? Um. I don't know. And, I mean, and does I, that is, does that affect? Is that affected by I'm the fact that Alpha Male had so many guys who couldn't finally make that climb, and now the one who did is gone? You know, that's that's maybe a question for them. I, I think it's, this is a very unique situation. I truly feel like those guys are not jealous guys at all. Like, I don't think this had anything to do with 
TJ getting the UFC belt first and this. I mean, have you ever spent some time? Just listen to Uriah. He doesn't feel like a jealous guy at I. And I would try to bring this out in him. Like, really, is it possible that you're not jealous in the slightest? Chad Mendez as well, Joseph Benavidez as well, all those guys. I really think this had, you know, had everything to do with two sides. There was the Dwayne side, there was Uriah's side. And TJ felt like Dwayne got him to this point molded him into the fighter that he is today and he had to make that decision oh and by the way i'm also going to get paid to train over there and i'm going to be the top dog over there uh, I, I think he wanted to try to continue doing both and i 100 understand why uriah said that's just not going to be possible especially especially when you know you have these 135ers there you have at least you have at least <laughs> people sending me tweets Three nothing Blue Jays, baby. Yes, uh, you you have you know you you have these guys like Cody Garbrandt and your eye favorite. It can't happen. You can understand that. And, oh, and by the way, a guy who has a reputation of being a bit of a hothead and injured. Oh, Chris Holdsworth as well. You can't. It, it was never going to happen. It was Benavides could go back up. Yeah, it was idealistic. John Dodson, uh, who should welcome him back to the one thirty five pound division if Dodson wins whatever you know fight they do give him in devastating fashion do you think the ufc should throw him in a title match with tj uh, assuming tj gets past cruz so wh yeah. what would you rather see dodson or faber can i just say one thing right off the bat i feel like 135 in the blink of an eye has become so interesting right i mean remember like absolutely we thought hen and Burrell had it on lock for yeah. quite a while Dillashaw, Dotson, Faber's still there, Cody's there, Cruz is there, Asuncao's coming back, Aljamain Sterling, Caraway is always somewhat of a lightning rod, uh, Johnny Eduardo is coming back. Uh, I feel like I'm missing. And let's not forget that Hennenbrough has oh, only lost yeah. to well, he's TJ. Going, no, but so he's, he's, he's going up to 145. Oh, that's right. That's right. Whoops. Um, so... I feel like we need to we need to figure out this whole alpha male thing, and then uh, Dotson is there, but let him fight once or twice and and, and build them up. You know, I don't hate Dotson Garbrandt. I think they'll they'll probably do Garbrandt Lineker. I mean, if both guys want it, why not do it? Um, but Dotson, I think Dotson, if he keeps beating the right drum, yeah. The the the, the bigger story out of Dotson is he he recognized that he's in purgatory at one twenty five, uh, so he's not going to get a tail shot anytime soon. And he already beat the champ. Yep. If he didn't move up after the loss to DJ, it would have been incredibly dumb. This makes all the sense in the world. A brilliant decision by him and his manager. Brendan Schaub has Big Brown, that's his nickname, quit at the right time. Was he realistically ever going to crack the top 15? Love the show. Keep up the great work, Wes. I don't know about that. And honestly, I don't know if that had anything to do with his, his reasoning. Um, he said on the Joe Rogan podcast on Friday night that it was about, you know, his 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 uh, rising podcast career, entertainment opportunities. I believe he's filming a pilot, he said, and also the the Reebok deal, which he's been quite open about. But I'm happy you brought up uh, my good pal, Brandon Shaw, because uh, it was last week during this show that people kept telling me that him and his co-host, Brian Callen, were... Um, were talking about me as 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 the kids say they were throwing shade on my uh, on my reputation and someone a few days later actually sent me the the little clip of them talking on the podcast with Dwayne Ludwig and actually on my way home on Monday uh, I, I sent 
Brendan a text saying, you know, thanks for the plug today. Thanks for talking about me with a smiley face. And he was like, oh, it was total misunderstanding. You know, it, it, people are trying to make it out to be a big deal. And I was like, cool, man. I'm a big fan of you guys. A big fan of what you've been doing as of late. You know, all the best. No, no hard feelings, certainly here. Then someone sent me the clip. And as I texted him after hearing the clip, I, I was very disappointed in, uh, in what both of them had to say. Uh, for Brendan to say that the reason I had Uriah on and not Dwayne on was because I'm somewhat of a UFC shill or I favor the UFC is absolutely ludicrous. What does this have to do with the UFC versus anyone? Dana White has gone on the record multiple times in saying that he is a big fan of Dwayne Ludwig. Dwayne Ludwig was a big part of the UFC and retired as a UFC fighter. Dana White even, I remember, sort of endorsed Dwayne Ludwig as coach of the year before he won it the first time. Uh, so I don't really see how this can be a UFC issue. I expect that line of thinking from, you know, one of the dummies on Twitter. I don't expect it from two very talented and professional guys on, on a very popular podcast. And, 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 and Dwayne Coach is a UFC champion who he appears to have a good relationship as well. So why would I favor? In fact, I feel like he, he, he has had a, a lesser good relationship with Uriah than he's had with those guys. So I don't see where where the, uh, where the connection comes from. And, and then for Brian to, to keep hammering this point that, you know, I'm not being a good journalist um, after saying repeatedly that he, he, he didn't hear the interview and wasn't quite sure what was going on. I know he's not trying to be a journalist, but it just felt, I don't know, it, it felt very disappointing to hear two guys on a Fox show, no less, try to, you know, kick me in the balls like that. And, and I, said, I said that to Brendan, you know, I, I know you're not a journalist. I know this stuff may not mean as much to you, but this is my reputation. This is my livelihood. This is how I make, you know, if people don't believe me and trust me, I'm in a bad spot. So for you guys to just carelessly throw this around, oh, and by the way, he said that, you know, Dwayne, as he said on the show, that I was, I was, I was big timing him or brushing him off. And that's, you know, the side that they were going with. Well, let's practice what we preach and, and ask me for my side of the story. Again, one last time, and I'll never talk about this again. Uh, uh, Dwayne did an interview with Fox. Uriah wanted to respond. He came on this show. Dwayne didn't like what Uriah said. We called him up, did an article about it. And uh, I guess he didn't like that article too. How many times are we going to go back and forth? I, I said, I'll call you right now. I'll have someone call you right now before I even leave the studio to get your side out. And, and then we could you know, move, move on from this. How many times are we going to go back and forth? He didn't like the article, wanted to come on. I said, look, we have 299 and 300 coming up. When this gets out of the way, when these shows are done, I will have you on 301. You have my word. That's on text. And... Apparently that was blowing him off. So uh, again, I'll apologize for that again, but I was disappointed uh, in those guys. And, 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 and Brendan, uh, for the record, said that Brian apologized. And I said, apology accepted. It was a slip of the tongue, whatever. But when I heard it, I, I, I was hurt by what they said about me. Right time to step away for Shab? That's based his on, call. Based on the you know podcasting stuff that he's doing and all these other things, I think, I think it's a, a good idea. At this point, I mean, if you're passionate about that stuff more so than fighting and training, um, he, I think he, he expressed himself very well on that podcast with Joe. I think he, it's very, under, you have this new venture, this new life, these new opportunities, it's exciting. Why not try to tackle that? And, and if the MMA stuff is still there and that's still, you know, fire that is burning and all this stuff kind of goes away, then yeah, go for it. But if you can make more money doing that stuff and you're excited about it and more passionate about it rather than getting punched in the head, then yeah, it's the right time. For sure. Oh, pardon the pun. Next for Hendricks. What do you think the next move for Johnny Hendricks should be? Do you believe he can resolve his weight issues and reliably make 170? Or would you prefer to see him make a move to middleweight? 
again, that, that, that's it's it's weird for us to say when we want a guy to move or not, but um, he's putting his body through a lot of trauma. And uh, I'd like to see him hook up with, if it's not Dolce, if that ended poorly, I'd like to see him hook up with a, uh, a George Lockhart or one of the, the trained nutritionists out there because I don't know if I feel comfortable with him doing it on his own. Um, it would be good maybe if he gets like a 185 sort of tune-up fight to get back in there and then can go back down sort of like Kelvin Gaslam. Uh, he, he doesn't, I get why he doesn't want to do that, but what's, you know, I don't know what's worse. You Those one eighty fivers are pretty big though. They are big. I Dolce, mean, Dolce outlined it pretty well. I think yeah. when we had him on the show and it seemed like Johnny was open to, to working with a, a nutritionist again. So I'd like to see him stay at one seventy. Um, I just think he has to be a little smarter about his cut, which this, this is probably a big wake up call for that. Let's not forget, not that long ago, Johnny Hendricks was on top of the world, and a lot of people, including myself, thought he beat George St. Pierre, the greatest of all time in that weight class, and arguably ever. So he's not far off. He just needs to figure it out. And I think the main thing for him is don't get so big in the quote-unquote offseason. You, yep. you have to have some discipline. You look at other guys, like I, I see what, what some of these other guys are eating, and it's, it's, it's commendable just how disciplined they are. He has to be that disciplined himself. What are your thoughts on the building feud between Nick Lentz and BJ Penn? Did you hear Lentz's poem slash promo on Chael's podcast last week? Any interest in seeing BJ return, or do you agree he should stay retired? <laughs> and that, and that, that, that covers everything. I don't want to see BJ Penn fight again. Uh, you're the biggest BJ Penn fan out there. Do you, do you echo my sentiments? Don't want to see it. Don't want to see him. I don't want to see him in this sort of grudge match. And, you know, my, my, my colleague, uh, Chuck Mindenhall, wrote a fantastic piece about Douglas Crosby. Uh, That's it right. It was posted on MMAfighting.com, this, this really interesting piece about the mind of this man. Um, and, and I thought he did another incredible job. Um, he touches on, you know, the relationship between Doug and Chael and other people. I think saying that Nick wrote that poem is inaccurate, if you catch my drift. My guess... But that's the way I feel about the matter. Uh, I like... Uh-oh, conspira- conspiracy theories. Uh, Let's get John Fitch back. By the way, I, I like... I'm a, I'm a fan of build-up. I'm a fan of all that stuff. But it has to feel real. It has to feel authentic. That's not Nick Lentz. When Nick Lentz showed up to that fight in Sacramento where the bow tie and just looked a little different and said a little different things, that was perfect. I don't, I don't need to see Nick Lentz doing poems and things of that nature. That's, that's not who you are. And I don't want to see BJ Penn fight again. So count me out of all this well kudos to whoever wrote it i thought it was entertaining it was pretty funny was it i thought it was okay as a bj penn fan you're gonna admit Look, that i mean i'm you know i'm gonna be unbiased here i thought he, he did a good if you were gonna take digs at bj penn those were the digs to take for sure yeah. ufc 193 bj penn is a freaking legend well, I mean, let's, we're not comparing careers here. No, we're just no saying, I'm just at saying. At this moment, and BJ with Penn, that poetry. No one should be digging at no, BJ Penn. No, BJ Penn has point. nothing to prove. That's why he shouldn't fight Nick Lentz. But how about some respect for the legends of yesteryear? Uh, you're trying to sell a fight? No respect okay, for anybody. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Fair UFC 193. What was your re- initial reaction to the full UFC 193 promo? Better than UFC 189's Las Vegas promo. We didn't have oh. a chance to talk about yes. this promo last week. We didn't have a chance to talk about this. I have watched this. Pro- I think I watch this promo every night before I go to bed. This promo is, without a doubt, if you are one of the unlucky ones who has not seen the UFC 193 promo just yet, uh, you're missing out. It was, it was amazing. It, 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 really, it really exemplified why the Ronda Rousey experience has been so special. Because when 
did we ever think we can highlight this kind of journey from two completely different athletes with different backstories for an upcoming UFC mixed martial arts fight? Uh, it was inspiring. It was emotional. It got me even more interested in the fight. And I mean, it was just, it was great. It, it just hit on all the right nerves. The way they, they released it via Ellen's Twitter was brilliant. And then everyone's belly aching, bitching that there's not, you know, both sides of the story. And then, of course, the next day they come out with the Holly Holm version. Uh, I, I thought it was great. Do you, do you not agree? I do agree. Great promo. Um, fantastic stuff. And Rhonda's mom was in it and her sister was in it. That's which right. Which made it even cooler, in my opinion. I just think they've gotten into kind of a rut with the same style promo. And this was a nice change of pace. Please, no more yelling. No more same cookie cutter stuff. I know... All the events can't have this this sort of tr- I can't, they sure. can't get this tree. I mean, it's very expensive. Can you imagine how much money they they put into that particular promo? It must be incredible. They did it at Eddie had the part where they're in the uh, the octagon with the fake Herb Dean. Um, v- very expensive, but it feels cool, like the Jose Aldo one, which was fantastic with Connor when they up their game and, and put on something like this. Just so beautiful. Something that I would show to to anyone, including I mean, I showed my wife, my my mom. Amazing. Does anyone really care about Nick Diaz, or is it just lip service? Is everybody blowing smoke? It's very clear, quote-unquote, we the people don't care about Nick Diaz and the problems he brought upon himself. Only two days left, and still 22,647 signatures short. Even Cher tweeting to her millions of followers didn't get it done. Do people truly care about this? I wonder how many of those followers actually clicked on it, because, I mean, it's not the audience. I'd also argue that, Falling 22,674 short is, you know, disappointing. But alternatively, um, you know, over 70,000 people have signed this already for Nick Diaz, which is incredible. Let's focus on the positives here. Okay, uh, point number one. Nick Diaz is one of the most popular fighters in MMA history. The bond that he has with his fan base, as does his brother Nate, is second to none. He has an incredibly loyal fan base. These people will watch, support him, stick up for him no matter what as they continue to do so. So, yes, people care about Nick Diaz. That being said, as I've said on this show, this has nothing to do with Nick Diaz at this point. This has everything to do with John Fitch and and Henry Cejudo and Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown and Matt Mitrione and Aljamain Sterling. This has to do with a commission abusing its power. And... Who's the next fighter that they're going to do this to? You know, what's his name? What's her name? This has become much bigger than Nick Diaz. And if anyone, and I see some people still saying like, oh, Nick did this himself. What did he do to himself? A, he has a medical marijuana license. B, in my opinion, he didn't break any rules because he uh, he passed two tests from the WADA accredited labs, failed one from the non-WADA accredited labs. So there's there's a sliver, even more so than a sliver of doubt out there. And, and, and C, they can't even... They can't even prove when he, uh, you know, smoked marijuana or anything like that. Maybe it was in California when it was legal for him to do so. So, uh, it, I mean, just just the whole thing with the Fifth, uh, the, the, the fifth Amendment and, and their behavior and what they were saying in the, in the hearing was just, it still gets me all riled up. It still bothers me. And we won't stop. So it really has nothing to do with Nick. It, you could have put anyone in there. You could have put, you know, my least favorite fighter. I can't even think of who it is in that seat. And I'd feel the same way. Abuse of power is abuse of power. No due process is no due process. This is, this is wrong. So I can't speak for everyone, but this is why I feel so strongly about it. Speaking of the fallout and how it might affect other fighters, 
What do you expect the outcome to be from Vanderlei Silva's rehearing with the NSAC, which is due to take place at the end of the month? Do you think the backlash that NSAC has received uh, over the Nick Diaz situation is likely to influence the outcome of the hearing in any way, perhaps resulting in a more lenient punishment for Vanderlei? Well, this is a very interesting development because it could give us some insight into how they're going to deal with this whole situation. You know what I mean? I mean, it really could tell us, is Nevada capable of saying, you know what? Upon further judgment, we messed up, and we're willing to admit that. Well, yeah. If they were willing to do that, they'd rescind his suspension and alter it. Who are we talking about? Nick Diaz. No, I'm talking about the Vanderlei thing could be a very interesting litmus test because I believe that will be resolved before the Nick Diaz situation will be resolved. So if they're willing to say we're, we're willing to look at this again and you know maybe we jumped the gun, maybe we were too aggressive, I mean, look, Vanderlei Silva was given a lifetime ban and he ran away, yes. But A, he wasn't a licensed fighter, so he was under no obligation to take that test. And B, he never actually failed a test. Now, the guy who failed two tests was Chael Sonnen, and he was given a two-year ban, right? So how do you justify the lifetime? You can't. You could justify a punishment, but to take away the man's livelihood, which is essentially what they're doing to Nick Diaz, yeah, five years, but I mean, by the time he comes back, he's going to be almost 40 years old. So if they relent and they look at the facts and say, all right, we were wrong, you deserve two years or whatever, that could give us some insight into what they're going to do with Nick Diaz if it goes back to, to them in the near future. Well, what I'm saying is if they actually felt that way, they could do it for Nick Diaz now. Why wait until after the Vanderlei situation? If, if that's the way they were leaning now, they could rescind it and then give him a, a new suspension. Um, yeah, but they have to have the hearing again. They couldn't call a hearing. Mm, if, they it, usually go, you know, based on when it's scheduled. They're not gonna. They're gonna get up in the morning just to address this. Okay, last one from the website. Oh, we got to promote this on Fight Pass. We got to get the air, t- get the haircut, some makeup. You know, sports clips. Glendale, Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> I believe marijuana is legal over there. And by the way, this coming from a guy who you know is no marijuana smoker. Sure, far from it. With Ronda's movie about her life coming out, which fighter would you like to see have a biopic movie in the future? Oh, my. Um, How, wait, before we go on, do you call it biopic or biopic? I think it's a biopic. I call it biopic, but I, I've heard it both ways, so I just was curious. Biopic what, sounds yeah. like some strange disease or like a Or a, thing a medical on, treatment of yeah, some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, putting me on the spot here at the, uh, the three-hour and 45-minute mark. Whose life story do you want to see? In I mean, MMA? there's so many. I mean, obviously, I mean the, the obvious ones like Connor has a great backstory. Um, gosh, I mean, Weidman has a great backstory with Hurricane sure. Sandy. Wouldn't be surprised if something happens there. Uh, uh, Nick Lentz. Um, <laughs> actually, Nick Lentz does have a really great Shout backstory. Shout out to Chuck Mindenhall. Chuck Mindenhall. Um, hmm. Sage North. Sage Northcutt. I feel like that would be the Northcutt shortest movie ever. Has, has accomplished enough in his career to where it's time to. I think they they put out that it was the the, the clip vine? of him doing a, a flip. Was it a vine? Yeah, it was the vine of him doing a flip. That was his. Uh, I just love that guy. He's incredible. His energy. His energy is just unbelievable, and the fact that he keeps calling everyone Mr. Dean, Mr. White. I mean, that takes a lot of concentration. Very impressive. Very impressed. All right, wait. Oh yes, we're gonna give you some odds. First of all, you asked about the main event, um, so I'm gonna give you. Actually, let's see, let's save it, right? We're we're still a little ways out. No, no, no. You want to do it? Just just say yeah, because I asked about it. Okay, so main event. Who's the favorite? Wait, we're talking about Ireland. Yeah, I thought you were asking about uh, Fitch and Okami. 
That, weren't you asking about... Yes, I'm kidding. Um, that's a good question. Joseph Duffy against Dustin Poirier. Poirier? Joseph Duffy is a big favorite. Really? Minus 245. Poirier wow. plus 205. Wow. I think essentially what's happening here is they feel like the book is a little bit written on Dustin Poirier, which I, I would tend to disagree with. Um, wow. But I guess by MMA math, Joseph Duffy beat Conor McGregor, who beat Dustin Poirier. So, got to go with Irish Joe Duffy. Wow. Um, that surprises me, no? That surprises me. Yeah. Um, I, th I thought if not the favorite, he he'd be a little bit closer, Dustin Poirier. Um, what about we'll uh, Rothwell Miocic? That's, that's the question for you. Oh, because you saw it already? I've seen them all. Uh, Miocic. Uh, yeah, big favorite. Minus 335, Rothwell plus 275. Hmm. How about the returning Reza Madadi versus Norman Park? Park. Yeah. Two, minus 280 for Park, plus 240 for Reza. Uh, Darren Till versus Nicholas Dalby. Till. Slight underdog, plus 115, Dalby minus 135. Really close fight. Okay, let's save the rest for next week. Let's do that. Perfect. We'll leave off with yes. uh, Patty. Uh, Patty, give me, give me Patty. Give me Patty. You want one more? Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. My Patty main man, Hulahan Patty. Patty yes. and Luis Smolka. Oh, yes. This is a grudge match. Remember? Remember you asked for him yep. after Scotland? Who is it? I got to go with the hooligan. Another super, super razor close one. Oh. Smolka, very minor favorite, minus oh. 120. Oh. Hulahan, even wow. money. Sadly, I will not be in Dublin. I'm sorry, but uh, I know a lot of people asking me and, and want me there. I'd like to be there as well, but you know what? Can't always get what you want. I don't think the odds for WSOF are out yet, but I'm, I imagine they will be sometime this week. Let's get let's get some Rick's picks before your wedding, all right? Uh, for for what fight for WSOF? For World Series of Fighting? Yeah. Well, there's no odds. What am I supposed to? No, when when they come out? Oh, on Twitter? Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that sounds good. Well, maybe we'll watch for my wedding. Uh, but your wedding's during the day. Yeah, that's okay. We can set up the party. Well, I'm not staying there. Let's not get crazy. All right, we're done. That's it. Yes. Uh, again, Mazel Tov to you and your lovely wife on your wedding this Saturday. And uh, again, happy Thanksgiving to all my fellow Canadians. For nothing Blue Jays, I was just told this is going to be a great day, my friends. You can hit my music. What a show, huh? What a show. Yes. Feeling good. Episode 301. They said we couldn't top 300. We come back with 301 with the 1-2. If you don't know, now you know. Often imitated, never duplicated, there is only one mixed martial arts hour. Recognize. Now, at 12.40, we spoke to TJ Dillshaw. That was a very long time ago. By now, he's probably already in Colorado. He's probably already found a house, a mortgage. He's already cut his lawn. But I thank him for coming on. Insightful stuff. Appreciate it greatly. Thank you very much to Dwayne Ludwig. Appreciate his time as well. Hopefully all is well between Mr. Ludwig and I. Thank you very much to Johnny Hendricks. Always a pleasure talking to him. Thank you for clearing the air. Speaking of which, thank you very much to Travis Brown as well. Best of luck to him in January. Super Sage Northcutt. A breath of fresh air. It's just fun saying that name. Super Sage Northcutt. Good luck to him in Montreal. I'm sure you'll hear from him again in the very near future joseph duffy good luck to him as he faces dustin poirier in less than two weeks can't wait for that ufc fight pass should be a lot of fun oh cody garbrandt 
Good luck to him. Thank you very much for his time. And John Fitch gave me these signed gloves, World Series of Fighting Gloves. I'm going to give it to one of you if you play your cards right. John Fitch, thank you very much for stopping by. Good luck on Saturday. Uh, I actually have two signed gloves, so you can start begging from now. All right, we're done. If you missed anything, check it out. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, all that good stuff and more SoundCloud. We'll see you next week. Until then, say peace. Somebody out.